Better fasten up your doomsday clock. It's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> What up, Get Fresh crew? We're looking at episode number 152. Whoop, whoop. This is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, and I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And we're about to dive deep into annuals week. Annuals week, indeed. Eric, oh, what a week it has been. What tales this week would tell, Eric. It does. Hello and welcome one and all to the official, unofficial podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for December 2nd. 2017 we're recording it's december eric it's amazing how this calendar of ours goes every day the the numbers change i don't understand how that can be we're proud members of the comics podcast network the weebie weeks network the batman podcast network and the tangent bound podcast network you can find us on facebook at weird science dc comics on podbean at weird science dc comics at podbean.com on twitter at weird science dc and i told you our award-winning website weird science dc comics.com now i know that you heard that little intro by wrong turn uh he said Something along the lines of fasten up your dooms click clock. So I think it's I think it's gonna say Doonesbury clock. I, I'm telling you, I, I can only tell I can only ask you if you're surprised if what I told him to say was. <laughs> it, just hear him say it, it's screwing me up. What what I want him to say is wind up that doomsday clock, girls and boys. It's gonna be a bumpy ride. And that, that that's not what we Fast got here. Your <laughs> Here's what we got. Now remember, it was it was gonna be wind your doomsday. You know what I mean? I wasn't fasten up oh is nothing. Wind your doomsday. Well, he clock, knew it was gonna be a bumpy ride. He wanted to fasten up because it's he gonna be a bumpy ride. Around. This is what we got. Better fasten up your doomsday clock. It's doomsday going to be clock. a bumpy ride. At least he got the bumpy doomsday ride. Clock. But doomsday clock. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, we also have a Patreon. Yeah, no time for Hypertown. Yes, we have, oh, you, you want to hear, he doesn't have time. I got no time with a Hypertown. No, he does not. He does, no time. We're, you're gonna hear a You're going to hear a lot more of these later on the podcast. I promise all of you wrong turn fans. Uh, we do have a Patreon account. If you go over to patreon.com slash weirdscience, you can support us. We have over 100 exclusive shows. Eric, and one of the big shows that we have each and every week is the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Poop, 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 poop. Uh, get to pick what we do as the Patreon exclusive spotlight. And it's usually a double header. It has been for a bit, and it's going to be for a while in the future. So this week, they ended up picking Batman Creature of the Night number one and Justice League of America annual number one. So you will not hear that tonight nobody on that. this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, they picked it. And uh, with that, though, if you go and support us, you get that and a bunch of other shows. But like I do occasionally like to, I wanted to play a little of each of these books that we talked about. Mainly, I want to play a little bit of the Batman Creature of the Night number one because of all those people who think we're miserable pricks. Uh, we love this book. We we really did. And I'm just going to play You mean a, our friends and family? Yes, everybody on the planet. So you can God. just sit back and listen to a little of us talking about Batman Creature of the Night. Mainly, this is going to be part of my 
award-winning blurb. I don't know if you realize this, Eric. I have received five awards since Thursday recording for my oh, blurb. Shit. The Blurb uh, Academy, it's called. Blur, blur Academy is what it is. And I won a blurby is what you get. I You would never know that, Eric. You, you always mess these I would these never up. know that. You are I don't never think up for a blurby. Called a blurby. I, I know that you have never gotten a blurby. I didn't even know I was nominated, Eric. That's how pretentious I am. And oh. really, the award show was held in New York, and I had a video call from Australia, is what I'm doing. I, I wasn't even in Australia, though, but somehow I had a video call from my blurby. It was here, here is a little bit of that. We get to see a meta-parallel origin of Batman uh, that may have been the single best example of showing the despair and helplessness of a child who lost his parents to violence. And because of that, this story is the most compelling evidence of why such a boy would pledge his entire life to stop every crime and criminal until the day he dies. Possibly from cancer, 40-some years in the future, or by Shut the hands up. of Gotham Girl, or by possibly dying before the Tim of Tomorrow takeover, uh, possibly whatever, possibly after Batman Beyond takes place. There's a lot of uh, you know things with that, Eric. But I do think that this book, like you have the whole Batman story, and even Tom King alluded to it in his uh, Rules of Engagement, where Selina was talking to Talia while they were fighting and said, listen, we're never, none of us are going to win. We're never going to be the first thing from a 10-year-old quest against crime and, and criminals yeah. and things like that. We'll always be second fiddle, so, you know, why bother? But the thing to me is most of the stories that I've read about Batman and even seeing that origin a trillion times, yeah, you, you get to see Bruce at the funeral. You know, you, you see that. Yeah. And I'm going to stop there. You're going to have to listen to. But, yes, we went on and on about how much we love that. I just wanted people to hear a little of my blurb. I should have played the whole thing. Blurby. But, yeah, uh, we went on and on about how much we love that book and had a lot of theories on it. So if you want to listen to that, you can go over to our Patreon. Now is the next one, Eric, which was Justice League of America uh, annual number one. We did not like that as much as Creature of the Night, and part of us talking about it on the spotlight is I ended up taking my blood pressure before we talked about it, and then after we talked about it, I retook my blood pressure to see if, in fact, Justice League of America uh, makes my blood pressure go through the roof, and this is what we got, Eric. This is fucking bullshit, and I don't know how, like, you know, is it just the fact that he can maintain a schedule? It's the reason that he keeps a job, because the stuff that he produces... It's I, I don't know. Is he writing for wrong turn? I can't he tell you anymore. Pay. He's not he's yeah. not ready for anybody that I know or anybody that I want to hang out with. I'm relaxing. I hate I hate getting my blood pressure taking that squeezing deal. Oh, God damn it. So angry. I talked about this book way too fucking long. I know. Like it Just always happens. Up, I know. There you go. Let me check. One eighty two over one. <laughs> It went up. It almost went up twenty points, Eric. We gotta stop it. This is killing me. This book, yeah. Just think of that. Anybody out there? My blood pressure right now is one eighty-two over one hundred six. That, that's like I, I should be in the hospital. Oh, it's a labor of love, Eric. Labor of love. There you go, Eric. That was me taking my blood pressure, and in fact, yes, it, it, it spiked, and I probably should have went to the hospital. Everything I've looked up uh, has told me. That I should have been in the hospital after that, but I'm not Eric. Right, that's for sissies. Come on, tonight. Now. I'm here for tonight to keep it going. 
Uh, but yeah, go over and we have a bunch of other shows at patreon.com slash weird science. But Eric, we also have what we like to call the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. You know those guys, the badasses. Let me hear you light up, Eric. I want to hear that lighting up. Let's hear it. Hold on, man. I have to reach for my cigarettes. I was not you prepared. You should have known this was ready. I should have known. always right after the thing. I was watching now a, you're gonna make you know, a big me go Korean the... guy saying there he was go. a Hulk. There you go. A big mm. Korean guy. As I'm trying to, you know, pay the bills, you're there worried about a, a goddamn Korean guy saying he's the Hulk. Here we go. Oh, it's it the badasses. All right. It's the badasses, Eric. We're back on track. Not, not th- No thanks to you. I, where's my blood pressure monitor? I think you're the one. It's not Justice League of America. It's you. Here's the badasses, Eric. Toby Hagen, the ultimate badass. Reggie met him this weekend in jolly old England. We'll hear more about that later. We got Rob Lewis, who got abused mom on the Verizon. Oh, Lone Wolf Marv, uh, Andrew Belfast, Dave J, all new J, Richard Richardson, Simon, G-Man, Monty, Hakeem, Jolly Drew, Manship, T. Werner, Ian, we're going to hear from Ian later in the mail. D-Man, Reggie Hancock, who's over in England. B, Brandon, Murray, Murr, Do, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, we'll hear from him later as well. We got Missy T, Bobby, Jazz, Havlin, Pete from NYC. We got Batman Beyond, Mark, and the OG, Christopher Hyden. Yeah, hey, last last uh, week when we were talking and I felt like my head was going to explode, which led me to go and go to the doctor, uh, I feel a lot better right now. Until I talk to you. And, and you drive me nuts. You and wrong turn. It's both the same. I, I hear you clicking away. I, we're doing these things. You're looking at videos. Sure am. We have stuff to do, Eric. We have a long road ahead of us. Fasten up that doomstone clock. It's going to be a bumpy ride, Eric. The doomsday clock. Doomsday clock. But yes, thanks everybody. Thanks to you, to the badasses. But also thank, thank you, everybody who support us over there on Patreon. We try to give uh, give it our all and make it worth your while as well as your money. So yeah, if you want to go check that out and join them, go over there. Uh, but we are now going to move with what we call the rant and raves. All right, the rant and rave line, Eric, and you know. That you can call in at 641-715-3900 and enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign. It's just that easy, folks. Welcome to the podcast! You know it's gonna be a long one But when you need your partner You know it's gonna be a strong one If you're thinking of some nonsense Then it's time to phone it in If you wanna share your problems Then you can tell them on the gym you can bitch about your car, bitch and bitch about your job You can bitch about a hoodie, cause heck is a slob You're a raving You're calling in the website, CC You're a raving Raving You're a raving You gotta hear some real nonsense Look out! Rave! 
<laughs> this is the Red Raves. Obviously, we're going to start off with Keith Giffen calling it oh. again, Eric. Uh, he may be celebrating 152. Uh, I'm He's got a not lot of sure. free time. He's got a lot of free time now that he's not on a title. That is true, and the guy likes to celebrate. We heard he's a, uh, a fun-loving, happy guy. I heard once that if he joined Twitter, it would implode, Eric, is what oh. I heard with his wit and humor. <laughs> but here we go with Keith Giffen. Hiya, fellas. Keith Giffen here, famous artist and What's writer. I just wanted to send you boys a little congratulations because you deserve it. Thank you. On episode 152, 152. anniversary to he end celebrates all milestone. <laughs> Look, here's the deal, boys. I don't do this for many people. Jesus Christ knows my fucking wife. He never heard none of this shit. But I <laughs> well, wanted to do you it for you. She doesn't have a because I want to there. encourage you to take my advice. Nice. You need political slams. The kids will go crazy. You'll get the brains burning. Bing, bam, boom, bam, boom. Boom. But to encourage you, I wanted to seduce you with a little oh, song that I prepared yes. for you. Sexy. So here we go. <clears throat> That's not <clears throat> Congratulations, yes. boy. You've come a long, long, long way. Voice of an angel. Episode <laughs> 152. Do not act like it ain't nothing new. Case, you're making me cry. You reached an episode. That sounds like what Jim Neighbors would sing. It is. Or Mel you Tillis. Think you're yeah. Both of them rest in peace recently. All right, Pete. Not everyone can go as far as you have. You have to reach as far as you know you will expand. Yes. You reached a big accomplishment. <laughs> gonna talk, Do not ever reject this type of compliment. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. All right, boys. Y'all have a good night. Uh, yes, thank, thank you, Keith. you, Keith Giffen. Yes, and and out of nowhere, also thank Chris from the DC Squadcast as well, Eric. I don't know why I want to do that uh, yeah. since this is Keith Giffen, but I yeah. like to thank him as well. Voice of an angel, Eric. Voice of an angel. Speaking of that, here is the next rant and rave. Voice of an angel as well. Richard, Richard, stand uh. here. <laughs> And today I'm calling, I'm calling today to say how much you missed me last week. I know you did, Eric. I know you missed me a lot, but you I come to you? see uh. Jim last week. Yeah. I was at Shady Maple. Jim did not show the for the date. With me and Grandma, he did not show. I looked for you everywhere. I looked in the bathroom. I saw. I thought I found you, because <laughs> I don't really know what you look like. That yes, is true. I thought I found you. This was a rather large man wearing sweatpants, and he kept pulling them up over yes. his Check. man boobies. I thought that was you, Jim. I guess I got a little embarrassed when. I was trying to talk, and he had food in his mouth, and he was 
He was spitting it out. I'm sorry. That doesn't sound like me. I don't waste that food. Uh, Unfortunately, Grandmom had to be taken out of there with a forklift. Yeah, it was not a pretty sight. So I just wanted to call and let you know because I know how much Eric missed me. Yes, Eric did. I will see you later. Later, Eric. He's going to see us later. And here is the next rant and rave. It is actually uh, from across the pond. It's one of two that are from across the pond. But this is Toby. And I think Toby here is reviewing Reggie's London visit. He's going to review it. Eric, here we go. What up, Jim and Eric? It's your boy Toby calling from the UK. I apologize for the tone of my voice right now. I'm absolutely exhausted after a a bit of a bonkers weekend. So... uh... I, I don't know what that means, Eric. It sounds like things may have gotten a little sexy between Toby and Reggie. I'm not sure. Maybe that's the review. It's more of a grinder review for both of them. We're going to see. Uh, last night I went down to London and uh, London a uh, certain New Yorker was in town. This is uh... Mayor Koch. It was Are he. From Wilconey Island. Aaron Judge. Who? Who? Are... His name is Reggie, and Reggie? Uh, you may know him from uh, No, I Comic don't know anybody named Reggie. CC Comics podcast, uh. and uh, his lovely wife Lizzie, and uh, met them. See now, do you do you take any offense in the fact that now Toby knows Reggie better than me and you, who have talked up to him for two or three years? I know you'll say no, no. because you don't like to meet people. <laughs> but yes, uh, I have never, nor have you, ever met Reggie. In person, face to face. Uh, we have never been in the same room or city or, you know, whatever. At one point, he was close to us and hinted that we could uh, meet up and, and we didn't answer him. I was busy <laughs> that week. Oh, yes, you were. We're, we're shy fellas. That, that's that whole problem. week. Yes. That I think that week. what we have with Reggie is a deeper connection than meeting in person. I just tell him, let's keep it professional. <laughs> I go by what you say and we keep it professional. Someday. Someday I will meet Reggie, and when I do, I'm going to jump up into his arms and hug him and kiss him. What do you think? Can you imagine if we did meet him? And you, you know what I'm saying? I'll jump up so he has to catch me, and then he hurts his back, and then that's yeah. it. Reggie's done. For, I just expect uh, dinner, he lets you fall. Uh, yeah, very yeah, too. It's like a, a stage dive gone wrong when I meet Reggie. Well, well as Simon in the uh, Get Fresh Crew uh, chat well, laughed at us, and. Um, we went to a Weatherspoons pub. It's the most generic chain of pubs you could ever go Sounds to. Sounds like it'd be um, like a Friday's. Yeah. yeah. But hey, they wanted the British experience, yeah. and uh, they they got the uh, the absolute peasant treatment. Um, but it, it, did did they go to their grandparents and start a fight and get kicked out? That's why. my for British experience. Reason, for some reason, in my mind, the whole American exchange of this is if like Toby came over and we took him to McDonald's. Yeah. Man, that'd be fine. He wanted the American experience. We'll give him the Quaker Town experience. I just, I just had some McDonald's before we got on. Oh, nice. I'm not allowed to have that. You yeah. son of a bitch. We'll, we'll have the Quaker Town experience. Toby will come over. Uh, we'll punch him in the face, make him do mm-hmm. heroin, and then drop yep. him off down the corner. And then kick him a couple times Actually, I was we walking leave. to the bank earlier today, and I was actually looking on the ground for needles. I'm just thinking to myself, hey, yeah. where, where are they at? Come on. Uh, keep it classy. You found them, didn't where you? Are they at? You yeah, found them. I'm I did. sure you did. They had the uh, Christmas tree lighting. Last night. They have a Christmas we, tree? We did. Yeah, yeah, it's downtown. Actually, 2,000 people went. Uh, yeah, 2,000 people came, and I didn't, Eric. Here we go. Oh. It was great. We uh, we had a good time. 
uh, last night. He and, sounds uh, tired. He then does. we uh, did a little walk around the Tower of London and across Tower Bridge and along the uh, south bank of the River Thames. Um, and then I went home. I left them. Uh, I abandoned them to uh, survive on their own. And then uh, I went uh, went home. Came back. Uh, to- it's weird. Dead now. It's weird. He says that. I've been trying to get to uh, Reggie all day, and he hasn't responded. Today, I, I don't know what happened. Uh, we went to the Tower of London itself and actually went inside and did a tour, which was awesome. Um, I got to learn a lot about my own sort of, uh, you know, monarchy and stuff. And uh, Reggie and uh, Lizzie were both uh, completely bewildered by the uh, stories like of um, I don't like to learn. just the sheer volume of beheadings and uh, the amount of murders. Who wants and, to learn you know, on vacation? All kinds of. Crazy. What I learn on vacation is I hate my family. That's yeah. what I learned. You, you have to Good be on. with them. Oh, my goodness. This was going on in the Middle Ages, but uh, we had a great tour guide. Very humorous, very educational. Uh, and then we uh, were left to our own <laughs> devices, so we walked around the castle <laughs> for a little bit. Then we left there, and um, we went to a crazy burger place. I can't remember. I think it was just called Patty and Bun. Oh, uh, Patty and Bun. <laughs> Don't um, ask for lettuce great. there. I had a, had a really good burger. And then uh, we uh, met up with uh, the legendary... I've told you when I went to England as a kid that I there was a burger cart. Didn't I tell you that? And the burgers were like 40 cents, and I ordered like 20 of them, but they didn't come with buns, and they were all soaked in butter. (laughs) And then I went to Wimpy's, the chain that I I hear may be out of business by now, and you you went, you ordered, sat down, but you paid as you left, and I thought that uh, somehow there was a mistake, and I thought if I got up to leave... I was going to be arrested, so I ended up sitting there for like an hour and a half before I realized I was a young kid. Here we go. Simon, he uh, made Simon. it into uh, to London as well. Um, so first Reggie and I went in, uh, with Lizzie to uh, Orbit, or, sorry, Orbital Comics, um, and then we migrated from there to Forbidden Planet, where uh, we nice. tagged up with Simon. And Simon is so fucking good, uh, cool. Like he's a really nice guy. <laughs> Uh, even bought me a He's coffee, good. which I uh, really appreciate. That kept me awake <laughs> on the train. Spit out my drink. But uh, yeah, we uh, we 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 had a great time. It was He's a good. a small but a uh, uh, powerful uh, uh, gathering of like-minded people. We got to talk comics. Oh, I- I'm sure Lizzie was enjoying all of I this. <laughs> I could just imagine the eye rolling that Lizzie was doing here. Lizzie. Didn't even know that that was her name. <laughs> Toby knows so much more about Reggie now. Holy moly. Let's talk about the Get Fresh crew, how much we love you guys. Whoop, whoop. Poop, poop. Um, and yeah, uh, we even uh, ran into, uh, uh, what's his name? Big Tony? Big Paulie? I can't oh, remember. Big Tony. Big Tony. Crazy New Yorker just came bumbling out of the he darkness at one point out. and uh, was screaming at me about hot dogs. Um, I just had to tell him that we only have uh, sort of of bangers and mash over here. Hopefully he wasn't mad at me for that. He just kind of walked off uh, looking. There has to be a band called Bangers and Mash. As he he did when he approached us. But uh, yeah, it was uh, was a hell of a night. uh, Hey, where's this river famous? We had to say goodbye to Simon. And then uh, shortly after that, say goodbye to Reggie and Lizzie. Um, And yeah, that was uh, my... It makes me laugh every time he says it. Those words have never come out of my mouth. My weekend, I'm now home. It's uh, quarter to 10 p.m. and oh, I'm absolutely it's shattered. It's late for you there, Toby. Uh, my feet are killing me. My spine is absolutely crippled and I'm barely conscious right now just from uh, being tired. So I'm going to have a coffee before I we crumple like me. a B-movie henchman. Um, so yeah, but I just wanted to say that uh, yeah, thank you uh, to uh, especially to Reggie and Lizzie for 
<laughs> you know, they they pay for dinner and cool, they uh, cool. they even pay for my entry into the. Uh, the t- wait, wait a second now. Now that I Reggie, you're listening here. Me and you are getting together. I hear there's free meals going around. <laughs> what the heck did I not meet up with him the last time? Holy moly! Tower of London, which I did not expect. That was a very nice uh, treat. So thank you guys. Uh, I love you guys. Uh, hopefully I'll uh, see you next time I'm in New York. <laughs> Oh, no. uh, and, uh, I thought he was yeah, second Meeko to London. I'll look forward to tagging up with you again soon. Uh, Wheezy, Jeremy, Andrew in Belfast, all the uh, UK Get Fresh crew, we need to get cool, together. Cool. Uh, and uh, you guys over in America as well, I highly recommend that uh, you guys tag up because it's uh, it's good fun just meeting everyone, putting a, a face to the voice or even to I the, like to the words the if they're only the typing in the uh, Slack chat. It's funny because I was thinking the same thing. It's like almost like we've all gotten together already, Eric. So why would we have to do that? I'm telling you, I'll tell everyone here when we do eventually meet up, because I'm sure at some point we'll meet up with yeah. a lot of people. I will be, I'll be definitely my move is to say like, hey guys, uh, me and Eric will show up. I'll be wearing a red shirt, you know, things like that. I'm wearing a green shirt, Eric. There's no way I'm wearing a red shirt in there. That's my move. That is my full move. And if I go in there and I don't like the vibe, I'm the, I'm fucking. Anyone- None of your blind dates ever worked out. The girl never found you. That's right. Well, yeah. Well, because I literally have blind dates, Eric. That's the only people that would date me. Um, and uh, yeah, we were uh, Reggie and I were talking a little bit about perhaps uh, me going over to New York and then uh, driving over to a uh, certain little town in Pennsylvania. Um, cool, cool. Called uh, Quaker Town. Oh, wow. Seeing uh, who we might meet on the Run streets the over there. So uh, don't worry. Um, <laughs> I, I promise not to give anyone an STD. Um, Reggie's yeah. only going you home with three. Toby can't make these promises. Don't make promises you can't keep, my man. With them, Simon narrowly escaped uh, yes. getting one of his own. Um, and yeah, Lizzie's just uh, too awesome to uh, to do anything like that with. And plus, uh, you know, her husband was watching. I didn't want yes, that going down. So. Cuckolding's not really my thing. But uh, anyways, I've been uh, rambling like crazy. It's my thing. Um, I'm going to eat a toffee crisp, by the way. Uh, that's the what? official sponsor. This is this is a lot of uh, pre going to bed preparation. So for this uh, week's run and rave, if you don't have toffee crisps in America, <laughs> then I'm sorry that you people. are missing out. They're one of the best chocolate bars ever. It's like he's gonna brush his teeth with goddamn syrup next. Uh, and I'm gonna have a coffee and pass out. So uh, yeah, um, episode 152, Two. I believe, or 151. Yeah. I'm not no, sure which 52. one this is. But congratulations, milestone, bit in this you. bitch. Milestone. Uh, Eric, hope you're good. I worry Happy about bed. you. Uh, you know, just uh, I love you, baby. I miss you. And uh, Jim, miss one of my all-time you. favorite people oh. ever to exist. Um, I'm really looking forward Me to uh, catching up with you. It's been a while since yeah. I've been able to uh, drop you guys a, a rant and rave. I've been yeah, super gonna... busy, but now that the uh, Reggie and Lizzie and Simon of it all is uh, <laughs> is done and dusted, I can uh, now look forward to a, the rest of 2017 with zero social engagements, which means that I have uh, sounds amazing. Nothing but time to. Uh, start filling uh, this Holes. time up that you guys are uh, no doubt wishing was over because I've been talking for six minutes now that and that means fine. that probably Dancing Mike is cheering on his ice bears and uh, meanwhile is. getting mad that I'm still talking. So anyways, one love to the Get Fresh crew. <laughs> whoop, whoop. And uh, yeah, I'm going to send you something whoop, whoop. a bit more coherent um, next week when I'm not so tired after walking around my capital city for the whole day. So uh, yeah, much love everyone. Thanks uh, again, Reggie, and I will see you guys next week. Yes. Thank you. We love Toby. And the next rant and rave, Eric, is a guy not as happy or friendly 
as Toby, this oh. guy is pretty miserable. He likes to get upset at us, Aaron. You're never going to believe who this is. Jed? It's Jed. Yes. That's right. <laughs> never Been believe a while, it. boys. You miss me? Yes. That's right. It's Jed. You never told me. So you never believe it. Yeah, come on. Now that it's the holiday season, I just figured I was in the spirit of giving. He's in the spirit of giving. Giving knuckle sandwiches. Not that. He's out knuckle sandwiches. I'm in Q-Town. Oh, That's right. Uh-oh. I, he's, in, he's in Q-Town with knuckle sandwiches. Yeah. I want three. I'm in Quaker Town, boys. And yes. I'm looking for you. Keep looking. Place smells like shit. No wonder yes, you does. boys are it from does. here, especially you, Eric. Oh. <laughs> but I could get you something down. I like it. I ran into an interesting fella down at the grocer. Oh, the grocer. Talking about the new Leatherface movie and the all the killing people and Uh-oh. the Wolfman. I think I can't <laughs> get along, but that's beside the point. I guess he was at Aldi's. I'm here in town looking for you. Ready for some knuckle sandwiches to be passed out generously. Yeah. You can call me Jedediah Claus. Wee! I'm standing in the intersection. You know the one. I do. Come on. Yeah. Come on now. You're right. Get a little bit of this. Little knuckle sandwich action, boys. Extra knuckles. Before I go, if you see that dancing mic, tell him I like to cut his jib. Yeah. Might pay him a visit next. Ooh. Just see how he's doing. I like his songs that he sings. Well, Jedi will strike as soon as you arrive. I'm not arriving. See you soon. See you soon. Mother. Mother. Fucker. I don't, I'm not cursing anymore. I've given up cursing. I'm trying desperately. Good for you. Curse. Yeah. Uh, just, I, I have a swear jar. I should have a jar here. Every you should. <laughs> Make that noise. Ah, uh, yes. I'm trying to uh, be a little more rested, a little more positive, Eric, a little more uh, just nice to the world. Uh, I want this podcast to be an olive branch to the human race, Eric. It's what, it's what I want. And, and Jed, he doesn't want that. But somebody who does. Knuckle sandwiches. Is, <laughs> knuckle sandwiches. Extra mayo, extra knuckles. Uh, this next guy is somebody who was just referenced. And he's here for the fun and the love of it. All right. Hey, it's Joey Dancing Mike. So, oh, hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric. And hello, mother. Yes. Anyway, huh, let's see. So I went off the to Disney World actually last week and had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time and drove back all day Monday, which is a long, long, long drive yeah. from uh, lovely Lake Buena Vista, Florida, up to Maryville, Tennessee. So I was kind of wiped out uh, Tuesday through Friday this week, a very busy week. So I did buy two DC Comics this week and uh, Batman Annual Number 2 and... Batman, uh, I think, Creature of the Night, number one, no, which I no. have actually not read yet. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. I thought he was going to like it. Uh, we'll probably get to that next week. Anyway, let's talk about the Batman annual for uh, Before he does that, I hope that he tells us about Batman Beyond, if he read that. Because remember, we were talking. He was I'm on vacation. I'm thinking he didn't pick up that or Wonder Woman. No, he did. He told me legitimately he had it. I talked to him, and I told him, hey, you might really like this Batman Beyond. And then he said, oh, good. That'll give me something to look forward to when I get home. Right. And so hopefully he does bit. mention it. I liked the art in the first half, liked the story in the second half. 
Um, the first part of the... And again, he's talking about Batman annual. The annual, the first 30 pages or so, complete garbage nonsense. Just a bunch of back and <laughs> forth, um, bat, cat. Kind of ridiculous. And I did see something pop up on Slack about the second baseman missing his first start. Also confirmed yes. with a huge baseball fan, Mrs. Dancing Mike, who also appeared that... A second baseman would just be missing a game. A, game. a pitcher misses yes. a start. Only so pitchers yes, Jim, miss you starts. Are correct in that. Yeah, I said that this. Is... I didn't want to get too into it when we talk later because everybody thinks I'm insane. Yeah, but it's true. A, a, a regular player does not miss a start. He misses a game. A pitcher misses a start. Boom. There you go. Again, Tom King showing that he has no knowledge of sports. No, whatsoever. and that's fine. I, I just and that's fine all around. I just hate when and I, I told you this. This is the innocentism of trying to write something that you don't exactly understand what you're writing about, and you end up making it do. And and if you are somebody who nitpicks stuff like that, like me, it does throw you out somewhat. But uh, I will give you a little spoiler ahead, Eric. You know already. Uh, I may be the most positive person in all of the land for this Probably. book. So, yeah. Okay, so let's Call see. Me crazy uh, like all I week. said, I like the last half of yep. the annual actually gave That's me. What happens when you don't really read it until before the podcast? It feels a bit. I thought that was really touching and nice the way it went, but it kind of takes me out every yep. time they do this bat and cat stuff. I think Tom King is thinking that he is going to make that stick. And that's going to be a big thing He's that everyone's going to glom onto and say, oh, they call each other bat and cat. That's just week. wonderful. And no, it is not wonderful. So that being said, that was uh, the annual, I don't know what I would say, maybe a 6.5, uh, something mm. like that. Not great. I did like the, the story at the end, like I yeah. said, but not, yeah, it's still, it's still Tom King's um, Batman, so... It's not getting better right now. So let me backtrack to last week's books, which I rated without right. even yes. giving them a without look. So I've look. read those now. Batman Beyond, I was pleasantly surprised. I it feels it. a lot like the Batman Beyond universe yep. from either the animated series slash 2.0. So maybe they're getting that one back on track. I kind of go with what Batman Beyond Mark said on the podcast. I'm, I'm hopeful that it will get better. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that it continues in this direction, but I have been burned before by that series. So that was Batman Beyond number 14. Just going through my little stack of books here from last Wonder week. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman number 35. <laughs> Boy, that it's was nothing. just a lot of rehash. I think it could have been okay if they had had this issue with Jason's origin and maybe whatever next one goes on and then maybe come back after that and have the explanation of it because if you explain it first and then why go back and show the big issue detailing it because if they had had this first it might have been a bit better it had some good points to it but still a lot of rehash so yeah that's probably uh it's close to a fu5 the art was pretty good but yeah that was Ooh, yeah Larry. that's not a that's good way to go about that i, I don't know what dope. robinson is doing on this series just doesn't that, see, it just doesn't seem like he's giving it his all, right? Not at all. I'm telling you, I was like, just, all right, I have this story. 
I got to extend it as much as I can. So we're going to have a bunch of prequels to talk about stuff we've already discussed in the issues. Yeah. Is is it something that along the way that he knows he has a set number of issues kind of like we've seen like Chris Sabella on Blue Beetle or even that Kevin Graveau on Cyborg that he's been told like, listen, you're going to get eight issues. Uh, tell a story and that's it just doesn't seem like he's really that into it. it it just it's not it's even i can't even say it's not big because it doesn't seem like anything it, it just well, it's saying, so I, I can't weird. say it's big anymore no well i mean it, it's not big little whatever it just is nothing but detective comics fall of the batman part one this was actually going okay uh, okay the meeting between steph and tim it he had about as much emotion for me as I don't know. Toby meeting flipping Reggie. a hangnail before it starts hurting. I don't. It doesn't. Yeah, Toby it, meeting it, Lizzie. Tim no, was, no, that has emotion. All, all Toby could do is wax poetic about Lizzie alive. They missed so. They had so many things where you know. Oh wait, you know Tim's alive. After after Steph walks off, someone says Tim's alive or yeah, doesn't say it. Too. And then you know she meets him, and but it was it's been it, all it set up flat. and just drawn out and the fact that we knew he was alive in the same issue just there's no real yeah steph has not no, been a very likable um she isn't likable she uh, hasn't been likable in this, at all uh, series so far so yeah it's it's detective comics and like i said though it was okay it's like the issues go along okay then the victim fucking syndicate i don't yeah. care i don't no. want to see them again Nobody i don't does. want to see colony no. again i don't want to see no. the monster man again where's my dick? let's move on batman has the biggest rogues gallery in history although half I'll of them been, have been reimagined now. and ruined by scott snyder but he does have a <laughs> large rogues gallery that maybe <laughs> you could play with that some in. but no we're going to go back to these same three things that detective comics yeah. has been doing ever what since all the rebirth, rebirth. Books seem I, to be doing. yeah yeah and then there was the big, the big issue, Doomsday Clock number one. I, I feel like Obi-Wan needs to pass a hand in front of my face and say, this is not the Jeff Johns story you're looking for, because it mm. really is not the yeah, Jeff Johns. Doesn't it seem like that was like three weeks ago? Because we, I know, it's so long ago in my mind. story I was looking for. No, it I'm does look them. very Watchmen-esque. I will withhold judgment on any of the political stuff, only to say that I think it's complete and utter bullshit <laughs> and liberal claptrap. But of course, this That's is from bad. the guy That's who his, did you know, decide to insert President that, but... Poindexter mom jeans into uh, Flashpoint. So that's enough said about that. And yeah, the issue, it was I don't want to see. I don't want to see a Watchmen reboot. I don't want to see a Watchmen do-over I hope it turns into something. I don't really know how no. the characters are going to fit into this universe. I hope uh, issue two inspires me to like it a bit more because uh, issue one really didn't do much for me. I would lean to maybe a 5.5 or something. Art was great, but the story was... What did I give it, a six? Six or yeah, six? It was a six. Yeah, it was a six. Yeah, it just... I, I, I'm still getting a little... Uh, uh, gripes or, or you know grief for it uh, for my score and not liking it as much but uh, when people it, it is funny that it is kind of that divide and most people who have said that they didn't like it as much kind of are in my boat where it's just not what they expected and not what they were looking forward to and then going forward they're not that excited I don't think anybody's going to say that it was written poorly or the art was bad it just it just didn't feel like a rebirth book that 
was supposed to get us excited going forward. Uh, yeah, there's a new Rorschach, and there's some stuff going on, but it's not really grabbing me. I read Watchmen once a long time ago. It was interesting enough, a product of its time. I, I think it. a bit overhyped, uh, and I've never gone back to read it again because it's uh, it's a bit more dark and dystopian than I like my yeah. uh, comic books to be, and it was a lot of... I don't know, just the, the takes on the heroes. I mean, it had some good... Watchmen was pretty good. I, don't take me wrong, but it's not something I'm going to go back and obsess over and not being a huge, huge fan of it. Uh, not really hyped for Watchmen to electric DC Universe Boogaloo. So, All right. uh, like I said, <laughs> I'll see where it goes. I was kind of disappointed by Doomsday Clock because I usually enjoy... Jeff Johns comic books, and this did not yeah. feel like a Jeff John scripted, a Jeff Johns scripted book. And let's see what else happened this weekend. Well, the Ice Bears, the Knoxville <laughs> the Ice Bears, Bears uh, won eight to one on Thursday night, which I did not need a middle of the week game on a short week where I'd just driven back uh, about he twelve get, hours he on stay Monday. Away, though, but could he? there you go. I had to go, and yep, it was of scoring goals in bunches. So. I wonder if there was a fight in the last minute of this play, if it was a playoff game. That was a good game. Yeah, a and <laughs> Friday night, uh, Mrs. Dancing Mike and I went and saw Justice League. Yeah. I was very, very impressed. Nice. I love that movie. I did not expect to. Um, not going to give any spoilers. If you haven't seen it, go see I'm it. It's very, liked... very, very good. We saw it while it was still on the big D screen, which is uh, similar to means. iMac. And I... yes, I've got your big D right here before <laughs> anyone else says it. Uh, so, yeah, so we saw Justice <laughs> League. And um, I, like I said before, I don't like my future so dystopian. So i not a huge... I know Bobby's probably the exact opposite of me on this, so sorry, Bob. You know what? Screw it. Dance and Mike liked it. I may go tomorrow. I may go and see it at the theater. Screw it. Do a Ragnarok instead. I'll wait for that on the stick. Actually, we were going to try to watch it on the stick today, but then nobody wanted to. They, it's weird how my kids are just as bad as me. If, if you don't get them when it's hot, they're done. So. I don't like Man of Steel that much. Like I said, I thought it was way too dark and moody, and and Superman should be about hope. Superman, and was, Superman drinking. was all about brooding and violence Stealing and destruction clothes. and death and grrr, arg. And uh, Batman v Superman I liked a bit better. Uh, it had a bit more of... A little bit of humor to it and a lot of darkness, but still it was, it you know, brought some characters together, had some things I thought it moved along a lot better. And Justice League movie, uh, Mrs. Dancing Mike said it does jump around a bit at the first, but has a lot of really good humor in it. It's not jokey, but has lots of genuinely funny moments. Uh, character work is good. Cyborg does a lot other than standing on monitor duty. It's my favorite character uh, all in the, the characters movie. do well. I was one of those people that was upset when they cast Ezra Miller as Me Flash as well. instead of Grant Gustin, but as Mrs. Dancing Mike pointed out, she said that she doesn't think that Grant Gustin's Flash would really fit in with this no, darker universe, which yeah. it is still a bit dark because it is one of the DC Universe cinematic films, but this one was a lot more watchable, I thought, and once all the character introductions get out of the way, I think it moves along really well. It's very exciting, has a lot of, lot of good action to it, and uh, like I said, Mrs. Dancing Mike said that the Grant Gustin Flash might not fit in with this uh, DC cinematic universe very well, which I do agree with. But I did mention that uh, Stephen Amell's Arrow probably would fit in with that universe because he's a bit of a darker show. 
And so anyway, um, Plus, I've, got got all, shows, really. I've got, oh, this morning I got a couple of Cokes oh, yeah. and I put it on Twitter <laughs> and people lose their minds. Well, this yes, is what I don't think you're getting. You say there's too many steps. No, no. So what, what you're not getting is actual Cokes. That's what you're not getting. Well, you said, oh, so this is what it is. You want a Coke? Yeah. yeah. What kind? And you go get whatever it is. You know. If I if I say I want a Coke and you say what kind, I I would be like, well, a diet or a regular or maybe a, a zero. I wouldn't say a Sprite or a Mountain Dew. Diet Coke. Oh, please. Diet. Dr. Where's Pepper, my monitor diet, again? There. Those are our usual choices between the two of us. So I was, and you said that's too many steps. So I say, you want a Coke? Yeah. What kind? And then you say, what kind of you go get it? So I guess up north, it's, do you want a soda? Yes. Yes. No, and no, no. Here's no. the thing. Up here, I, I want a there, ain't, there the is end. no, yeah, there's no question. We just demand shit from people. You just go up to somebody and go, yo, Mountain Dew me, prick. I don't know what you say. Uh, what ends up happening to I'm me. I'm trying to figure out the situation of where we're at that somebody's asking you, do you want a soda? I always assume that he is. It's a diner a, in my mind for no, some no, reason. No, actually, I always think a picnic. He's uh, having a, a barbecue, picnic. a backyard barbecue. In December. Yeah, this is, yeah, December. You know, I, I don't know. I've never been. Actually, I have been to Tennessee, but in my mind, it's like a, you know, 78, 78, 78 all year. So he's at the barbecue and I say, yo, Dancing Mike, hit me up with the Mountain Dews. I don't say, you know, hey, give me a Coke. What kind? I'm like, I'm about to start. Me and Jed are going to start serving knuckle sandwiches in a minute. You don't get me my Mountain Dew. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew here. <laughs> I, yeah, it's such a great picnic going on here. I always have the problem. Here's my problem, and it drives me nuts. And to this, I'll never get over this. This is a little Jim has issues. We now live in the year 2017. It's almost True. 2018. I know that people are going to say, you know, they have to do this. But if I go to, say, a Taco Bell and sure. I say, hey, I'll have a Coke, don't give me this. We have Pepsi business. Just give me a Pepsi. I know that you'll say, well, I like Pepsi more than Coke. It doesn't matter. They don't have whatever the other one is anyway. Well, one if they don't have it, I want to change it to a Mountain Dew then. Yeah, but, but that's the thing, though. If you want a cola, you get a cola. The, the thing is, I like that people actually say, would a Pepsi be okay? And then I feel bad. that, And I go, yes, it would be. I don't give a rat's ass. When I'm when I'm having Taco Bell, if it's a Coke or a Pepsi, I, I don't really care. It's a Baja no, Blast Mountain Dew, Joe. Out no. west, whatever you see. You want a soda? Or or if you're way up north, you want a pap? And <laughs> pop. you say yes, and then you go in and get it. No, no. Here, this is the weird thing about it with me is usually, and this is where I think that I have the problem with the, you know, Coke, what kind, whatever. If somebody says to me, you want a soda, I will return with a yeah, give me a Mountain Dew. Hopefully, I know what they're if, – if you don't know what's available, then you're always going to have that extra step. But if I see that we're at the barbecue and I've already seen some people walking around – I've, already, I've hey, already scoped out the area. Come on Yeah, now. somebody says you want a Coke and I'm like, well, what are you trying to make me live my life You know, the way you want to? You're not living it. I want to pick my soda, Coke. I don't like regular Coke. I prefer a Diet Coke, Eric. Oh. And then I, you know, or I may say no, a Diet. You know, like that, but – Without I asking what kind. I'm telling you, if I was there at Dancing Mike's Barbecue and he said, do you want a Coke? I'm like, boy, this guy didn't buy a lot of different sodas for this barbecue. <laughs> What's he doing? Not everybody likes Coke. You know what I would say to him at the barbecue? 
Yeah, sure, whatever. Give me a coat. Give me a coat. And then he'd say what kind. And then I'd fucking run away. I'd run away (laughs) thinking that there's black magic going on at this barbecue. Except apparently. So you say soda instead of coke. And then you go in, but I realize what it is. In your... Uh, I I don't know that you... You don't know this. Mike, he does not really like beer, Eric. I Uh, I don't know if you've seen his Twitter. He will never tweet out beer. ...worldview... There is no one soda that is more valid than any other soda. If you said a so Coca, if you equal, said a cola, and whatever you get is just as good as any other soda. So apparently, up there, it's, it's like you're there, and somebody's like, "Hey, uh, you want a slinky?" Uh, yeah, what kind? I'm not. I don't want any of those. It rolls stupid, downstairs. I don't want that pairs. plastic one. You know, I, you're giving me a brand name. This is where my whole problem with it is. You're starting with a brand name and then veering off into wrong-turn territory then. You know, if I said to you, you want a Big Mac, and then you said, yeah, and I said, what kind? You're like, what the hell are you talking about? What kind? A well, Big Mac. There, then there I'd slap you. There are situations like that where Band-Aids are the brand name, but we yeah, use that for the, any kind of band so, name. But, band-aid but Coke is. isn't. Coke isn't. Because really, what you want a Band-Aid? Yeah, what kind? Well, the one that goes on my knuckle. <laughs> Jerk off. <laughs> if I said also, I'd, hey, you want a Big Mac? You're like, yeah. I say, what kind? You say, you know, the normal. Then I'll slap you for even wanting a Big Mac. Then the hell like you I want say, a Big Mac? Hey, that uh, was a you test. Hand me the Channel Locks. Well, we don't have Channel Locks. That's a specific brand. God yeah, damn no, it. I, yeah, this is what drives me nuts with people at work when they pull that crap. You're like, no, I just want Channel Locks. Son of a bitch. It's a free-for-all in Quakertown. You want a soda? Yeah. And it's whatever comes out. <laughs> it is. It's what grab, you can beat the hell out of the guy from. Specify what kind. It's so a fist fight going on. That's how you save the <laughs> extra step? Hmm. I don't know. But anyway, that's yeah. So that's Please tell me where you and are when you were ordering these. I need to know. <laughs> from Atlanta. Ooh, Atlanta, the big city. Atlanta's the, the Coke capital of the world. Central. That's not the South sure anymore. Don't say Pepsi there, we so, heard. So, Missy T is on my side. She's got my back or had my back in the Mixler chat. Don't even know it what we're talking Coke. about anymore. We're down Coke. in the South. It's Coke. Coke. So Just weird. like uh, so when weird. people weren't looking, I was slipping peanuts in my Coke. I was what? country when country was, was not cool. Not cool one Eric. little tiny bit. Yes. So that's about he all. He also I've went down to the Chattahoochee. Um, yeah. so I hear busy, busy, busy week. Uh, looking I know forward that. to getting caught up on the podcasting and the um, all of the Gary books Coke. here. So uh, until next Band-Aid. week, let's see. I'm going to uh, keep it weird. Uh-huh. There's going to be a spotlight I need to turn off. Yes, Hold sure on. is. Or turn it on. Whatever, baby. That's, I can't reach it. It's a Patreon uh, spotlight. Okay, <laughs> I just turn the Patreon spotlight off. And so now I will see you in seven. See you in seven. You, now, if if you remember this whole thing with the Coke and whatever, this happened from when I was a younger fellow. And I was somewhere, whatever was going on, and somebody said, hey, I'll have a Coke. And, and then the person handed them a Sprite. I did not hear Anything in between. So my whole idea was there was some sort of wink, wink, nod, nod. <laughs> so weird. But yes. It's Southern funny. black magic. It, it was. It was at that barbecue. I'd like to you know. I want Dancing Mike to give uh, on his next rent rave next week. I want to hear what he would serve at the barbecue. And uh, I may join him at the next barbecue if I like what I hear. Which it, all he has to do is say food and I'm yeah. in. Right? I, I wonder – 
Free do you food, think, Don. Do you think – I don't think uh, – I wonder if potato salad is uh, something that a southerner would serve. That's big here. I mean I it's would huge imagine here. so. Potato salad is universal. I would think more of a macaroni mind. salad uh, down south and then some other – you know, crazy again, black magic stuff. But I'd like baked to hear beans. what he would serve. Maybe, maybe some baked beans. But this next rant and raven, thank you, Dancing Mike, but I shouldn't say it too much because he called in again, Eric, because he forgot to say uh-huh. something. Eric! Hello, <laughs> Eric! Hello? Hello? It's Michael! Michael! Michael, son! So I have to apologize for sending another rant and rave. This one will be it's short. Okay. I forgot to give a shout out to the Get Fresh crew. I deeply, deeply apologize for that. So, shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Dancing Mike and this next rant and rave again. Another guy who called in again. Here we go, Eric. You love him. You know him. It's Richard yeah, Richardson. Yeah, I said uh. mac and cheese. Mac and cheese, not spaghettios. Mac and cheese. <laughs> mac and cheese. Oh God. I'm on the phone. <laughs> Richard Richardson uh. here. I'm back in. He's back. A shout out to the get fresh. Now, in your last episode, the Hollywood kid called in and mentioned something about riding with Richard Richardson on the Get Fresh Crew bus. Yes, I didn't particularly fond of your shade that you were throwing. I caught your shade and I threw it back. Yeah, that's right. I caught that shade. He did. Now. Shade caught. Uh, the Hollywood <laughs> kid doesn't want to sit next to Richard Richardson. Everybody wants to sit next to Richard Richardson. That is true. I've heard I don't know a single person that wants to not yeah, sit. Yes, because everybody will leave you alone then. Next to Richard Richardson. Jim wants to sit next to I Richard do. Richardson. I'll sit on his lap. Eric wants We'll talk about the first thing that pops up there. Wants to sit Ooh. next to Richard I, Richardson. Brandon wants to sit <laughs> next to Richard fella. Richardson. Trevor wants to sit next to Richard Richardson. Everybody wants to Trevor. sit next to Richard Richardson. Everybody loves Richard Richardson. Uh, yes, I do. Let's say it all together. Everybody, Everybody loves loves Richard, Richard Richardson. That's all I had to say. Even Trevor. I'm going to go eat some mac and cheese. Mac and cheese, not spaghetti. I will see you in, in seven. seven. Trevor. <laughs> that, was, that was good. Uh, yes, we're going to go back over across the pond now to hear from one of our favorite New Yorkers. No, not Lizzie, Reggie? but Big Tony. <laughs> 
Oh. Yeah, uh, this is uh, Big Bounty from Goning Island. I'm out here in uh, London, England over there by yeah. uh, Leisda, Leisda Square. So funny. He's going over there at the same time that Reggie went over there. What the? What a quinky thing. What is this over here? What do we call this over here, guys? Hey, it's called Leicester Square, Big Tony. Oh, uh, yeah. I had an uncle named uh, Leicester, too. He was uh, <laughs> hung out with Chester the Molester, you know? Hey, you got a nice place this is over live here. Going you know, on I, I want to know where can I get a fucking uh, Nathan's hot dog, you know what I mean? Just like they have over there in Goning Island, you know? You don't got that out of here? <laughs> We don't, we don't do hot dogs over here. We do bangers and mash, my friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to have a cousin like the bangers and mash her, too. You know what I'm talking about? That's how we do it up <laughs> there in Tony Island. Anyway, this is Doug Big Tony signing off here from London, England. Let them know, fellas. Whoop, whoop. This is Toby. Whoop, whoop. This is Simon. Hey, get fresh brews. Hold on, guys. Hold on, fellas. Love yous oh, over there. Right. Yes, thank you, Big Tony. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> they're doing they're doing routines in the streets of London. Uh, all right, here is our next rant and rave. Uh, this is a guy who I always love. Uh, he is one of a trio of guys, uh, starting with the cellar dweller, also with the attic animal, Eric. So you know oh. that this has to be the crawl space creature. Of Oh, it's a crawlspace creature! <laughs> hey, Jim! Hey, Eric! It's the crawlspace creature! I'm living oh, in your crawlspace all damn night! <coughs> oh, jeez. Oh, so if you wonder what the sound is, the sound is a crawlspace creature! <laughs> hey, guys! Oh. Hope y'all having a good... Is this the crawlspace creature, or is it possibly Fat Albert, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I'm going in the crawlspace today! Good night! Uh, I'd like to invite you all to my show later this oh, week. Awesome. It's called Stomp Thing! It's like Stomp, Stomp but it's for... Uh, Characters from the DC universe, we incorporate that into our show. So let me give you a little sample of it. Now, before we do that, I give the crawlspace creature full credit. This, the voice he's doing, it really does mess with your throat. <laughs> he probably couldn't talk for two days after this. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go and grab a uh, a broom uh, or something, and I go. And, and then I grab some pots and pans, and I clap your hands. Clang a boom, chick, boom, chick, boom, clang a lang a lang lang, boom, chick. <laughs> and if you show up early. You might see my best friend in the whole world, Ooh. Rocket Raccoon. Uh, He's going to be doing groundwork and warming up the crowd, yeah. asking people where they drove from, uh, if, if they're with a significant other, they ask him some questions about that. You know, crowd work. That's Better watch man, out, Rocket Raccoon's a rascal. He's going to be flying all over the place and shooting his gun. And if you mess with him, you'll have to answer to Groot. And Groot's going to be playing songs from the 70s and 80s. We love those songs like 
Electric Light Orchestra, Electric Light Orchestra. Oh, what? I, I think the crossface creature might be drinking. There's a very good possibility so. of that. There's a very good possibility. How about this one gets everybody uh, pumped up? I had stopped this feeling. Believe gotcha. it to be. Also, the crossface creature, I can only imagine, I hope that he is in a bus and people just are avoiding him like like the plague, even if he's driving. He's in the front of the bus, Richard Richardson's in the back, they don't know what to do. No, they're all crowded in the middle, they don't know what to do. Oh no, what's going on? Trap Oh, call. hey there, guys. Jolly Drew here. Uh, oh, sorry, wait, the uh, crawlspace creature got out of the crawlspace, so I had to open up the trap door and let him fall back I through. I do like the melodic um, But uh, he was just doing some free promo for uh, his show yes. next Friday called Stomp Thing. Uh, I don't know. The premise seems kind of weak, but, uh, it's, it's you know, Rocker Raccoon's going to be there playing songs from the 70s and 80s. Like That's that. going to be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so I'd, uh, I'd catch that next week. Um, but what I wanted to do... I uh, share with you my $25 pull list because there's been some changes. You know you know what? The minute that I hear Jolly Drew's, it makes me so happy. <laughs> I just all of a sudden I have this huge, I don't even smile in a, the normal walk of day life here. And uh, yeah, I'm all smiling. Uh, these uh, double shit books uh, I'm not really into anymore. Uh, there's not a whole lot that I that I uh, still have. Uh, Superman and action comics, I'm still really enjoying. And those, you know, who likes the double shipping books? Trevor. I heard you. Like <laughs> double ship books, but I dropped Batman. I dropped Detective. Wasn't doing it for me. Uh, I, I just kept putting them off. I didn't want to read them anymore, so I, I decided to finally drop them. And a lot, I'm a lot happier for it because we got a uh, Batman Creature of the Night. Yeah. Uh, we got some other Batman stuff. Uh, we got metal. So I'm getting my Batman fixed in other places. And you know, Detective and uh, Tom King's Batman aren't doing it for me. So uh, see you later, suckers. So uh, here goes nothing. This is my uh, DC only. Uh, pull list. I do have some uh, some other books from other publishers that I enjoy, but for the purposes of this podcast, twenty five dollar DC only pull list. I've got. Uh, do, what do you have? Any? Do you have one book that you definitely think he has on his pull list? Do you think Red Hood? You think Red Hood? Uh, I don't on know that? anymore. The thing is, I can't remember what Jolly Drew enjoys. I kind I kind of look to see what he gets uh, each week when he sometimes he'll like shout out or, or yeah, have yeah. some things. So I'm thinking. I'm trying to think. Because I'm saying one, action comics and Superman. Yeah, no, no, there was one that I really thought he really liked, but that's I don't think it's a Deathstroke. I am a Deathstroke convert. Ooh, yes, he ended uh, up I, reading when uh, catching up. issue 24 and 25 Damn came it, out. I, I was that. catching all the way up. Yep. Uh, love it. Looking forward to uh, Christopher Priest. Um, Justice League, uh, Justice League coming yeah. up. Uh, we we also got Super Sons at three ninety nine. I really yeah. love the annual. I just love those little critters. Uh, I'm a big fan Says of Streaky you. now. I, th- I feel like we need a uh, <clears throat> a Super Pets book. Be careful what you wish uh, for. I would be really into that. Uh, we got uh, new Superman, which has been on my twenty five dollar yeah. pull list Actually, for a while yep, now. I forgot three ninety nine. That, that brings us to twelve dollars. Uh, then we got metal at three ninety nine. Okay. Let's assume that comes out once a month. Yeah, uh, uh, so assuming. that brings us to sixteen dollars. Then we got uh, Batman White Knight 
I love He's got that. A lot of shiz. I love the art. Uh, let's see, I that's like another three ninety nine. So what does that bring us up to? Uh, Twenty dollars. And then the last one is Wildstorm. Oh. Gotta love Wildstorm. Uh, international guess, intrigue. Oh boy, spy stories. Uh, uh, international operations versus Skywatch. Oh, it, it, it's it's tons of fun. And John Speaking Davis's art is spectacular. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's it. I'm gonna let you guys go. Uh, that's my list. Uh, please don't make fun of me. Uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm a helpless child in a man's bullshit. body. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, see you later, guys. Oh no, it's a crossface picture again. <laughs> oh no, it's Fat Albert. Super Pets is the best. Oh, Go Streaky. Super Pets, Eric. Uh, yes, we have one last rant and rave. Uh, and this is very topical for you and the Get Fresh crew, poop, poop. because you have told me, and the Get Fresh crew, Eric, I have to hit it poop, again, poop. that uh, this week you thought that your apartment was haunted. You had True. some things happen. You, a door open that you may or no, it no. may or may Thursday, not be, Thursday or it cracked before, or something. Uh, Thursday evening, before we got on recording, I wanted to take a nap, and I was laying there in bed, and I, wa- I heard a crack, and then I opened my eyes, and I just watched as my bedroom door closed by itself. And then I had yes. to immediately get up to make sure that nobody came home. There wasn't any some kind of like, you know, a vacuum pulling it closed. And then Friday, I wasn't at work, and I was just sitting around drinking coffee. And on my second cup, I'm finishing that cup up. And my last gulp, I have something in my mouth. I'm like, what the fuck? Mm. I pull a pin Sexy. out. Who the fuck pulls a goddamn pin out of their mouth? And then I look at my coffee cup. There's another pin in there. It's I like have no David idea Blaine. where these things came from. Yeah, so uh, that is – so you thought that either Jess was trying to kill you or no, your apartment is, was haunted. I couldn't, come to, I couldn't even come to that conclusion because I had washed out the coffee pot and my mug before I got oh, started. Maybe, maybe she did something crazy with the coffee. I don't know, Eric. I don't know. Maybe there's something spicy with the pepper there. But this but is actually going to solve the issue because, in fact, this is a rant and rave from the ghost from your apartment, Eric. Oh, shit. Hi, weird science. This is the ghost from Eric Shea's apartment. Eric, I just want to say I'm sorry I scared you. I didn't mean to frighten you with my my car slamming and my needles in your coffee. Now, is this a ghost or is it Herbert? (laughs) Family guy. I was just trying to get your attention because I want to be friends with you. I'm so cold and lonely. Friends don't make friends by putting pins in coffee. I just want someone to play with. Sometimes I try to play with your He-Man figures. But I can't move them with my little ghost hands. Oh. And then I get sad. Oh. So I lay down in your bed and smell your pillow until I feel better. Oh. But what I really want is just to be alive again. Like you ever see that movie Casper? Where the ghost yeah. dances with that beautiful girl at the end? Yeah. And then he's alive? Eric, I want you to be my Christina Ricci. And bring oh, me back to life. Just to be your Christina Ricci. Dance Call me with Kat. me. Or else I'll put more pins in your coffee. <laughs> He's gonna be pinsing. At night I watch you sleeping. I'm always creeping. Dance with me. Oh. Dance with me, Eric Shay. And we can dance and float forever. Cause we all float down here. Oh god! We all float down here. We all float down here. And we all float together. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, Eric won't be sleeping now, but Stop thank you. Stop watching me masturbate, Ghost. Thank you, Eric. No, no, that's Jess who watches you, Eric. You, you weren't aware of that. Uh, but that is the rant race. Thanks, everybody. 
who called in tonight, especially oh, Richard Richardson, everybody. Eric, hey, Richard Richardson. Uh, but now we are going to go off to the mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. section number one of mail call mail call (laughs) yo mail call uh yeah if you want to be part of the mail in each and every episode of our podcast we do read the mail you call right in don't know what i'm saying or weird science dc comments you call in that that mail for the mail calls but yes uh this is a short week with the annuals week going on so there will be three mail sections starting obviously with number one, Eric, and the first mail Good. is from a first-time mailer, Carlos. And Carlos says, hey, guys, love the Hello, podcast. Carlos. I like how you tell it like it is and call out DC on their bullshit if necessary. DC really should hire you guys as editors. All right. Not on my watch, Eric. Aww. This way, you go in there and just fuck shit up the best way possible. Speaking of which, we need more editor Shay commentary <laughs> and more where do you get off. That shit is hilarious. Anyway, I guess here we go. Hey, Eric, I have some new uh, uh, new God stuff I'm going to put in my new uh, book. What do you think of that? Not on my watch. <laughs> anyway, I guess I was curious as to what you guys think. The Ultimate Bat Family team is. Here are my choices with a quick explanation. I uh, think that I have a more traditional Bat Family favorite list with a couple modern twists. My lineup would be Bruce, obviously. Maybe I shouldn't even have listed him. Although, if you want to be an asshole, you can say there are other Batmen than Bruce. But yes, you, you would think that that would be Dick Nightwing. And actually, I still consider him the best Robin. You and me both. Uh, Barbara, Batgirl, I'm not an Oracle fan, but I appreciate the role. Damien, uh, Robin, he's grown up on me, and I like how much of an asshole he is. Yes, and finally, Selena Catwoman. I've generally always liked her character, but I really like the direction they've taken with her in the past couple of years. And I loved old lady Selena in Batman Annual Number 2, minus the cat and bat nicknames and repeating dialogue. I agree. You know what? Let's throw Ace in as a bonus. Always loved him. I loved his story in the holiday comic. Okay, what is your list? Because mine pretty much is the Robins. It's Bruce with the Robins. Dick, Tim, I don't even need Bruce Jason. Wayne. I just want the Robins. You know, yeah, yeah. I would, I would go with that as well. Do you still? Would you include uh, Duke with that as the signal? Would you throw Why him not? in? Since no, I don't, ha- I don't have enough Duke in my life to know if, like, you know, what he's yeah. all, all about. I don't even know what his powers are, so I can't even throw Duke in there until we find out, like, specifically what he's all about. Well, but yeah. I think I would want to throw in Helena Wayne from Earth too. Okay. Well, what I would have, if you would have asked me, if Carlos would have sent in this mail years ago. Uh, I probably would have put Kate Batwoman in here, but what we've gotten from her, especially in her solo book, no, I don't want that. Uh, Stephanie has been ruined for me a bit uh, with that in the the Detective Comics book as well. So I'm trying to think of somebody who would be like a wild card that I'd throw in there. Asriel. No, no, no. I I kind of wanted to like Asriel, but we haven't – actually – 
there is a guy I do like, but he wouldn't fit as well. Alfred uh, in I, a Batman suit. No, Alfred. Cat Alfred and Bat Cow. Get those super pets going, Eric. Now, I, I actually, I think I would go with all the Robins and uh, Bruce is what I like my Bat family to be. Uh, but then he says, I actually got my wife in the comics through Catwoman. I know right. I specifically mentioned two Tom King comics here, but that is purely by coincidence. I absolutely cannot wait for the next creative team, although I'm sure they'll be a long ways out. Yeah, I think that's the case. Anyway, sorry for the long email. Keep up the good work. And obviously after this mail section, we're going to go off to the books and people may be shocked at how much I did like that. annual. I'll just throw that out there. And I'm hoping that it's my starting point, like a springboard to actually getting back to liking Batman and Tom King's run. So oh hopefully that'll happen. Uh, I'd, I'd like to hear if Carlos had ever or his wife have read the Genevieve Valentine uh, Catwoman that ended at the DCYOU at the end of 1952. Uh, I liked it. And if you're a Catwoman Frank fan, ended that, I I, thought, yeah, he, well, he ended it, but that was only a couple issues. It was more of the Genevieve Valentine run, and then she left it, and then uh, Frank Thierry kind of wrapped it up at the end of there but uh because he was doing it and a lot of people were upset when they didn't announce a catwoman book for rebirth but yeah if you go uh, i will i would like to hear if you read that uh but thank you carlos thanks for writing in and i hope thanks, you carlos. keep going carlos actually is a patreon supporter so i give him nice. a full out shout out there and the next one is as well john wayne john wayne says oh. howdy pilgrims there you go i almost i almost ended up uh Getting Howdy, the sound clip, and, and I'm telling you, John, you have to keep writing it. I'm gonna get the sound clip and just lay heavy on it. I don't usually <laughs> lay heavy on oh, sound no. uh, sound effects, Eric. Poop, poop. I uh, hope you all had a great Turkey Day. I know I did because I put on at least five pounds. I was all. It was also a hectic weekend in general. Lots of traveling. Else, I'd have written in. Books were good last week. I, I certainly enjoyed Doomsday Clock more than Jim. And while I, too, would have appreciated more time in the DCU, I love the symbolism of how Dr. Manhattan has messed with Superman. If this whole event is about the battle between cynicism and hope embodied by Manhattan and Supes, what better way for the big blue schlong to fuck with our big boy Big Blue Boy Scout than to kill his parents. In many ways, Manhattan is obsessed with the flaws of humanity, and I think hope. The belief is some, in something better, sometimes without any rational reason, would be particularly fascinating to him. I'll elaborate my thoughts on that as more of the series comes out, but so far I'm stoked. By the way, I think you guys are overthinking that bit on the two new characters being John's real parents. Just don't think Jeff Johns would bother, but I could be clouded by my unabashed love for Lois Clark and John. Now, what we're saying I love is... as well. Uh, yeah, and what, what I thought was it, it's not necessarily his... It's hard for me to even explain. <laughs> Hashtagging Jeff we trust. Uh, yeah, I don't... It just it looked a lot like John or, yeah. you know, Super... Or even Clark, but we'll see. Also, Teen Titans is boring. Which sucks. I grew up on the original animated show, and this should be a golden ticket for DC. With the exception of Emiko, all of Ben Percy's characters in both of his books are painfully generic. I'm with Eric. I want sure. Bendis to take over. And I said it in the, in the Slack chat this week that I really do think that Ben, or, uh, ben Percy's 
biggest flaw is just a lack of imagination, it seems. And I, I hate to say that, but it just it just seems that way. I don't I'm not in a world of pure imagination when I read Green Arrow or Teen Titans. No, you're not. You are not. As for Annual, Super Sons was fun enough with the Super Pets, but definitely not the story I wanted. Especially yeah, I... since the last issue had me so excited. That, that's the problem. Green Arrow sucked, which is a regrettable trend, as he's one of my favorite characters. But I really enjoyed Batman. I think both of your criticisms of King's Run have been accurate, but I've enjoyed it a tad more because I'm a fan of the Bat and the Cat. The Bat and the Cat! And this is what an annual is supposed to be. Fun and only tangentially related to the I'm more story. a fan of the Bat and the Cat. Yeah, well, love the Helena Wayne cameo, too. Like I said, keep listening. You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked, Eric. Finally, I don't think they will, you keep telling them. No, well, they'll still be. They still will be. I cannot set it up too much for them not, they, they will be shocked. Is it going to be more like a Tim Drake returning now? They will yeah. not be shocked at all. Finally, one aside. I'm telling you, you'll be shocked. You will be shocked. The, the words perfect issue may have come out of my lips at one point. Not sure if you guys are fans of the CW's Arrowverse, but my girlfriend and I are. I watch Arrow and Flash. She watches Supergirl, LOL. While I was watching the big crisis on Earth X crossover between all of them, couldn't help but think that all three of these characters' books should be way better. Not sure how they're performing in sales. Uh, Supergirl's okay. You know, Supergirl for a monthly uh, is actually shockingly better. Uh, then I thought is like at 20 and Flash and Green Arrow are kind of there. Green Arrow obviously had a not good enough sales that it went to monthly. And yeah. Flash is kind of hanging out a little above that. Flash goes up and down because they keep throwing uh, crossovers and stuff in that book. Wait so till the Flash it, War. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. We'll see. But they should be top sellers. Williamson has shown Flash's. Pun intended, but I just can't get into it that much. As I said earlier, Percy is boring and generic, and we all know my feelings for Orlando. Bendis should take over one of these books, too. And I'll also, there's a thing where uh, you don't know about the book, but uh, Hope Larson writes this book, Goldie Vance, and it just got optioned for a TV show. And it made me think, because I actually reviewed the first issue on our site, and it's really, really good. And this email, and also something that's been in the back of my mind, and we kind of go, I think that the biggest flaw with Rebirth, you could probably name three to five books that you just end up having the wrong writer for a character. And I yeah. think that that is Williamson on Flash. You know, I, I would say that Ben Percy and, and Green Arrow, maybe Hope Larson with Batgirl. Uh, there's a lot of weird things where I just think that people got shoved on books that just did not suit their style. Well, especially you know. since the, what we got from Green Arrow with Benjamin Percy before that was yeah, just garbage. Yeah. I'm like, how did we like go from like what we had in the New 52 to Rebirth and keep the same writer? Because it was just utter yeah utter and, well, garbage and th was that was out. the thing at the beginning we liked it we actually were very surprised and pleasantly surprised at how much we were enjoying the beginning of the rebirth green arrow because it was more of a comic book thing and it wasn't these you know white supremacist over the stuff top over social the top justice stuff. warrior shit and i mean now, like you know beyond belief over the top social justice but it's warrior never shit. it's never you know progressed past that and we're, we're way past oh, we're that. still we dead with the burn be. I know, but yeah, there's just some of these, and I'll even go as far as saying, and I know this is not as popular uh, as opinion, you know, worldwide or comic book worldwide, is that I think another one who is not real suited to his character is Tom King on Batman. Yes, I, I love the annual. I don't know if you heard this, Aaron, but 
I oh think that he would do better for a more introspective, you know, character that would blend in with his style. Elongated more. man. Animal man, Eric, is what I was thinking at one point. But yeah, and I would like, say, a Joshua Williamson to be on, say, a resurrection man. He, he's a horror writer. Oh, yeah. Most of his big things are horror. Uh, it's a shame that he's not on a darker character. He's on one of the characters that's supposed to be the most you know, fun and hopeful character in Barry Allen, and it just isn't. And maybe, though, when he was given the job, maybe they did kind of get to pick things and whatever. Hey, this is up for grabs. Maybe he was trying to expand or broaden his horizons with that, uh, but it just doesn't play out right to me. But as I say this, I'm thinking that he's done street-level heroes really well over at Marvel. This is back to uh, Brian Michael Bendis. So maybe he'd be perfect for Green Arrow. Have Bendis That's replace cool. all of Percy's books, LOL. I don't know about that. All of Percy's being, and Orlando's books, yes, and I'm sad. But point being that all these books should be uh, so good, and it's easy for fans of the shows to jump in, and they're just not right now. Now, again – there's another guy who I think that Steve Orlando, we really did like his Midnighter and Apollo book. And yeah. I think that what Steve Orlando needs to be in his own space and needs some, you know, even the, the first Midnighter book in the New 52, we were not big fans of the whole run. I really liked it at the beginning. It did end up okay. If you remember the last issue, we actually were pretty positive about. And then we went into the uh, Midnighter Apollo and we really liked it. And I it, I think it took him that time to kind of settle down with his characters and going. JLA was not the book for him, in my opinion. It, it is too all. big and a superhero. He would have done a lot better with a singular character book that he can kind of relax and not have to worry. JLA, it, to me, is a very daunting book because of the history with it. And I think, I think uh, Steve Orlando's biggest problem with it is trying to incorporate – this history in there with Prometheus and these things, but they're not the characters he writes. He writes different, and in fact, Prometheus is his version doesn't go well with this JLA. And and I really think that it shows with his team. Uh, from what I saw on Twitter, he got to pick that team, yeah. and it's just not the you know I'm not saying classic JLA team. I we me and you both like switching up the team and stuff like this, but Love the it. team is nothing I would gravitate to. You know, Vixen, Lobo, The Ray, you know, well, Ryan Troy, uh, yeah, Adam. It's such an odd book, and I think that he would do better in, in something, like I said, a singular character. Uh, I'm, I'm desperately trying to think of something that he would write, but, you know, maybe a Helena Wayne book, Eric. I, I don't know. But it's just a shame because I think a lot of these guys are shoved into situations that aren't what they're best suited for. Uh, but he says, anyways, thanks for your time, pilgrims. Wishing you all the best for you and your families. And until next time, thanks, John Wayne. And the next thanks, email, John. thanks, John. And the next email is from Ian. And Ian says, Ian, another guy in the, the Get Fresh crew and the Patreon. Hello, Jim and Eric and everyone in Come the here. GFC. Poop, 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 poop. I like Batman Creature of the Night. It reminded me so much of Marvel's 1985, a small and intimate story of a boy who wished superheroes would exist in awful times. And I liked it too. Great stuff. But for some reason, while reading Creature of the Night, I kept thinking to myself that maybe it's Alfred. Alfred, Eric, dressed as yeah. Batman. I don't know your guess is as good as mine. All I know is I'm liking Elseworlds titles a lot more than current Rebirth stuff. And that's not me being negative. Uh, and yes, I, I agree with 
both the thing that there is a chance that Alfred could be Batman. We, me and Eric talked about that. I, I forgot if I mentioned it on the podcast because that was something, and that was it's a Patreon only deal that we already recorded. I think and I did. said to you, I, I know I did at work. And then I thought that we were kind of going because we think that possibly he might be a gay character as well, Alfred. And then this got me and a couple guys in the Get Fresh crew uh, talking that it would be a pretty cool thing, but that you would think that the press, if they would hear about this, they'd jump on it, that this could in fact be a book where there is a gay Batman. Now, this Batman isn't the... Regular Batman would be a Batman yeah. in a regular well, universe. it's just but, like when they said that Green Lantern was gay, talking about yeah. Alan Scott when, you know, Earth 2 was first coming out. They never said Alan Scott's like, Green Lantern is gay over yeah, at DC. Yeah. And that's what they'd say. Batman's, uh, you know, a Batman gay. And then people lose their minds, unfortunately, even though. And then you, you have the thing, well, it's an Elseworld thing because, well, not on my watch nonsense. Uh, but with that, I don't I don't think he's Batman. Only this is what I thought the first time through. But he's an old man, and this Batman is just really the, – the problem is is I have gotten a, a verification uh, that uh, Busiak is, – is that how you say his name? I always sure. He, um, he doesn't really write supernatural-type things. Usually his books are very grounded in reality, so we'll have to see how that goes maybe. All right. Bruce Wayne writes book. insane. Yes, Elseworlds, uh, he says, uh, it was great to hear your thoughts on Creature of the Night on the Patreon Spotlight this week, but more importantly, your thoughts on the JLA annual as well. A highlight from me was when you stopped to check your blood pressure during the spotlight. <laughs> I know you don't want to sound like you only sound negative in your JLA reviews, but would it have been better to put the JLA review on the regular podcast for everyone who doesn't have a Patreon to hear your thoughts on that piece of crap book? I only say this because I ran into a website that gave that book a 5 out of 5. I guess the author of the review found absolutely nothing wrong with this book, yeah, nothing wrong with continuity, art, dialogue, story, and he gave it an, a 5 out of 5. A fuck you 5 out of 5, he says. <laughs> now, I'm going to go on. Now, I did mention earlier that I was going to stop to, you know, no cursing from me. I was going to. But this is written words, Eric. I can't go. Now, I did get a hold of uh, Wrong Turn and said, Wrong Turn, what would you give that JLA? And this is what he told me. Wrong Turn gives this a fuck you five. There you go, Eric. All right, Wrong Turn. For Jim's Thumbs comic, try. and uh, he says, for Jim's comic news podcast, uh, he mentions a book here. At the end of the podcast, that's also on page, you know, that I said, hey, guys, uh, I was thinking, I said, I, I'm not on enough podcasts. I don't do enough of them. So I, I was thinking of doing a non-DC review podcast with oh. like one or two books. And I said I need some suggestions on some things to read. I also just said I, I'd like to read stuff that isn't DC, and but I never know what to read. So I asked people for suggestions, and Ian came through. He says Umbrella Academy, which is actually being optioned, already optioned, for I believe what will be a Netflix uh, a series. So, Umbrella Academy is a book I love. Originally, I had reservations reading it only because it was written by Gerard Way, but fell in love with him as a writer and as a man shortly afterwards. I'm, I told you, I didn't know anything about Gerard Way. You remember what I was telling you? And then I started looking up things in videos. So I'm like, God damn it, that that guy's he's like he's the whole package. Eric. Tell me, if I wasn't married, I'd be following Gerard Way around. He's a good-looking guy. He's very smart, and he's my type of fella. But yeah, it seems like Ian says the same thing. Netflix, Netflix is making a TV show for it. 
and can't wait to check it out. Just a suggestion on a book you should check out. And the funny thing is, I do have it. So this is a great suggestion. I haven't read it yet, though, so I, I'm going to read it. It's a quick read for both volumes with six issues each. Probably my favorite non-DC series. The only downside are the constant delays for the next story arc. In the first volume, I have read what would have been the first issue. I, I really did enjoy it. The reason I ended up starting to read it was because I heard Gerard Way's name mentioned when they did talk about this Netflix series. Right. So I was like, oh, Gerard Way, obviously, in the Young Animal books. So I was like, oh, I'll check it out. It's funny that I checked that out and still haven't read any Doom Patrol. Thanks again, guys, <laughs> for reading my email. Anyone check out that anime Ninja Batman trailer. It looks awesome. And I agree. It, it looks really good. I know you're I didn't an watch anime, it yet. anime fan. Not oh, at all. Looks, I'm telling you, there, was these, so there were these like anime Batman, like Catwoman kind of things, like from years ago that popped up on YouTube. I don't know, even know if they yeah. are the same thing as this, and they're actually putting it together now. But I don't know. That whole anime style just it doesn't do it for. Oh, me. it looks so good. It does look good. I think we get enough of that style in the new DC animated movies. I'm like, let's just go back to the older style. Yeah, I like that is, way better. This is classic. Everybody mm -hmm. see it. But he says cheers. And that's Ian. That ends the first bit of mail. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Ian, John, and Carlos for emailing us in. We're going to go you. off to the books. I, I heard a rumor that oh, I God like that Batman annual. I don't know. It might surprise people, Eric. It'll surprise you. Calling ya. me crazy all week for telling you that it, I liked it. It'll surprise you. Yeah, I did call you crazy. Actually, I called you other things. But I'm not allowed sure. to say that tonight. But yes, we'll be off now to the books. Now, we have waited for far long enough For the part of the podcast we love The meat and the cheese that we crave Oh, Jim, we just want to hear your voice some more and we want to hear all of your scores We don't want to hear any change Let's hear Jim's reviews We can wait to hear Jim's reviews And we want to hear all of his views We just can't wait for Jim's reviews Hear Jim's Alright, Eric, here we are. A short week, but it's time. It's time for meat and cheese. It is. Oh my time god, what's he doing meat here? Meat and cheese. There is what is it? What wrong turn? It's time for meat and cheese. See, you don't realize I'm building a wrong turn robot so that when you're the next time you have to go and you're not here, I'm just gonna do the entire uh, the entire podcast with the wrong turn robot. Like I'll say, I think it's the best show ever, right there. Oh, well, I go and I'm like, what's that? What's that wrong term? What do you say? Segregregreshi. See, <laughs> <laughs> it works. It works so well. Uh, hey, hey, wrong turn. Uh, who's your favorite artist right now and writer? Like American sweetheart, I like Tomasiskin. Yes, Tomasiskin. <laughs> I got it. And what was that? Segregregreshi. Yes. Segregregreshi. 
That's oh, right. God. That is right. I, I, I'm telling you, hey, uh, wrong turn. I know that at the end of the last, I think it was Superman or Action Comics. Action Comics, I think it was. We had Booster Gold. But that yeah. doesn't make sense because the last time we saw Booster Gold in the New 52, especially in the actual New 52 wrong turn, he ended up disappearing because Superman and Wonder Woman kiss. But you know what? They may not have kissed. What do you think of that? Must be Superman reborn. Must be wrong turn. It must be. See, Eric, why are you even here? I and, don't and what, know. What happened at the end of Detective Comics, the Tim of Tomorrow? He got sucked away. That's weird, though, because I know that Eric doesn't really like hyper time. What about you, wrong turn? I got no time with a hyper time. He's got no, got time, no time of a hyper time. That's with true. With a hyper time, now, now, Yes. Now, here's the best, too is that if I'm going to get rid of you for the uh -huh. podcast to make my wrong-term robot, I think that I should also get rid of Jess. And the only way to get rid of Jess is to have stuff like this. That's not appropriate because I'm angry about that. Oh. Do you hear me, Brandon? Yes. Do you, <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear the emotion in that? Do you hear me, Brandon? Oh, my goodness he gracious. He is furious. Sager Gregoreshi. <laughs> listen to these all day but it is annuals week uh and one of the big annuals that came out is obviously batman we we don't have a lot of annuals uh that came out but it's weird i say that but yet it did seem like a lot of work i, yeah. I don't know why because a lot of people even said boy there's a lot coming out but at the end of it it, there wasn't enough story, I think, to really keep me going. Uh, though I wasn't angry all week. I really wasn't. Oh. And I, I think that I, I was angry is... at Just League of America. Well, yes. Yeah, that is true. That is true, Eric. Sager Gregoreshi. Uh, that's wrong that's turn. right. Wrong turn. Yes, we were. And obviously, we already mentioned that that was on our Patreon account. Uh, but other than that, uh, I, I liked most of the other issues except one that we will be talking about tonight. But in general, I Aquaman think this was wasn't a very... strong either. Oh, I forgot about that. I see a lot of people liking that, though. I know. I, I see a lot of people liking it, but boy. That we, little we... mongoloid son of Here's Aquaman the was the, the worst. The, the ugliest little kid. And then also, it's pretty much, you know, tell a different story. It's get the Black Mercy. We, we've seen it. Have mercy. Mercy, mercy me, Eric. Uh, but yeah, even so... I'll even give some people credit. And again, we're going to be talking about it later. I don't know why we're saying it now, but uh, later. I will give it a little bit of credit for people that wanted to see kind of that future with Mara and uh, uh, yeah, of Arthur and Mara. You're not getting enough love with Batman right now. We're I, all about I, the future. Is this the Black I Mercy know. Well, Batman that's what annual? it seems. Well, here's the thing is I think that if we're going to say annuals week is anything, it's uh, – alternate and variant uh, that's the thing futures. is i i came into this week thinking to myself i really just want to see the possible future of our heroes and what their pets do when no one's looking i got no time with a hyper time <laughs> yeah i'm telling you because what we're going to be doing in a minute is batman that has some future deal uh you have the black mercy like we said in aquaman annual and then we have the variant black mercy kind of virtual reality that isn't Vertigo. always great but is sometimes nightmares me. and dreams and green arrow hey yeah yeah the green arrow has that too so a lot of these it might as well uh, be books, the white mercy and green arrow have mercy eric but this first book uh fuck these I, books I, aren't great what are we talking about anymore no they're they're okay uh this first book is obviously going to be batman 
And a lot of people have gone and said that this is the greatest issue they've ever read. And also just, you know, should be an Eisner Award winner, all these things. And once you do your blurb, I'm going to tell you why I agree with that and why I don't. But I'm, I also have this. I'm wrong turn. This is Batman, bitch. There you go, Eric. It's right, ready. Wrong turn. Hit it, Eric. Batman Annual Number 2, written by Tom King, with art by Lee Weeks, Michael Lark, Elizabeth Breitweiser, June Chung, and D. Ron Bennett. With Batman's wedding on the horizon, it's time to take a look at where it all started and where it will lead with this annual. Catwoman sees a kindred spirit in Batman and begins fucking with him and lets him know that they have a lot in common in the being alone department. And when they finally get together, we move into the future to witness the death of Bruce Wayne and see that the two are still together all those years later. I got no time with a hyper time. That Nobody does true. wrong. Now, time. what I was saying is if you go into this, this is almost like a – is it a red pill and a blue pill? In the Matrix? I don't even I would, know. How, it is. I, I don't know what pill does right? And I don't know which is which. But to me, that's how this issue plays out to me. If you haven't been reading uh, Tom King's run on Batman and in general have not been reading many books. Now, this is a – it's a blessing and a curse for us, Eric. We read oh. every single book. We talk about – almost every single book each and every week so because of that that may be why we tend to nitpick on things or get hung up on some things that other people don't uh the the issue with this story if you aren't somebody like that if you haven't read all of batman you're you're casual you're a filthy casual as yeah. they say and uh you know you haven't read detective comics uh you haven't you don't even know what batman beyond is uh you have I'm trying to think. You you didn't even read. You started reading Batman at the Jokes and Riddles. You mm -hmm. get into this issue, and I'm telling you, it, it's a near-perfect issue to me. It really is. And I know that some people have now hit the floor, Eric, for me to say that. Uh, Goo -goo. As, yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, where, where's wrong turn? Segregation. It, it is. It really is. If you have just shown up, and, and really, if you've just shown up and you read the you know the question then the answer and then the rules of engagement and read this i'm telling you it's close to a 10 out of 10 the art is that good to make it i that. do love the art and you're issue. only you're gonna get a story with a future that is very touching yeah. i have to admit that by the end i almost cried i really did oh and my i God. but i am hey segregation crutchy uh yeah with with all that it works very well with a certain limited amount of issues that you could read. But yeah. if you have been reading everything, if you are doing a lot of other things and you're going to this annual as it being part of the continuity, and this is where I also have problems here with how this is set up. There's a lot of things in this issue that obviously aren't canon or continuity, but this whole thing with Catwoman and Batman is very crucial, not crucial, but very important to the overall story of what Tom King's telling right now yeah. in his book. So you want to go out of this with the idea, okay, this is what we're getting and what we're going to get in the future. This is what we have. It's set and whatever. I know that you hate any sort of time that a future is set. When do you but set going, anything in stone like for your run yes. of anything in the future? That's fucking bullshit to me yes. because you yeah. can't do that. And he already did that. And again, we'll, we'll get into that in, in more particulars later. But Tom King in his run already has pretty much set up the death of Batman very generally, but did. He, he already did. 
and this doesn't show that one. So there, you're, you're no. off there. And through this, certain things happen. Uh, Tom King does it again where me and you could sit here probably and have a whole podcast where we try to decipher the clues and argue when this actually takes place. Uh, is it before the jokes and riddles? Is it after? Is it sometime even, you know, all this stuff going on mainly because of how they act and how, you know, the, the whole thing spelled out, Riddler's in jail. But yeah. the way he is in jail and what he says to Batman going into jail does not strike me as what he would say after jokes and riddles. But it seems like it would be then and not before. It, it's it's really up there. And I think that Tom King is playing it very loose, which, you know, that's his style. That That yeah. is his style 100%. Uh, I think it plays out better in this issue than it ever has and in any of his other issues because besides – the up in the air and besides the whole thing of boy this doesn't make sense this future bid and this that and the other thing and some other things in there that don't make sense overall it is a very heartfelt uh emotional issue that i think does play out well if you want to see batman in a more emotional way and also makes catwoman a very very uh not even just a strong character but a very compassionate character and you can see this is finally you actually get to see in an issue why Batman would have fallen in love with him. And, uh, it, and pretty much hurt more. his equal in this. Yeah, it's way more than just, oh, they were on the rooftops doing the hanky-panky, Eric. It's a lot more than that. This is showing that Catwoman gets him and that he understands. And also, right away, she's smart enough. It's almost like a Tim Drake thing as well, where she knows it's Bruce right away and all that stuff. So I do, I really, really enjoyed reading this, though there's a nagging bit in the back of my head that says you know what half of this stuff doesn't make any sense no. and you're screwing up a lot of other people's work and uh, not work I, I don't think tom king is trying to be a jerk to anybody i don't think he's trying to mess anybody up but it's one of those where to me and i'll even i'll throw it all out here uh it reminds me of what he did in the commodity challenge when he had the commodity challenge i know nobody reads this and it's such an obscure reference that i keep bringing up but there were set rules in a set universe and like and when tom king writes these sort of things sometimes i think that he just he has something that he wants to show and he's going to do it you know whether or not it makes sense overall because that's what he's going to do and i think in this one he tries to use the whole annual bit to let him get away with a couple extra things, uh, but you can't do that in a story that I want to have locked into the continuity because I like it so much. That That's yeah. where I have the most problems with. And, and really, for all the times I've talked about Tom King and, and this and that, boy, it's a great – uh, you know, it's a great thing for my only fault or anger is that I want this story to count. You know what I mean? It's oh, not yeah. like that's, I'm that's angry at it. I, I want the story to count up until it doesn't for some reason. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's oh, the same I, thing I'm I telling had you. Yeah. I love Jeff John's run of the Green Lantern in the New 52. Yes. But when he ended with issue 20, he went a little bit too far and started talking about stuff that's going to happen in the future. He locked it yeah. down. I'm like, Jeff John's, look, I know I love you. You can't do that shit yeah. because it, what if we never get back to that? It's just this weird thing that's thrown out there. Or if somebody tries to make this happen, it's like, I don't want to see that. I want each person to have their run and do what they're going to do yeah. on the run and not feel, feel like obligated to make like, you know, can't tell a story because they already did this here. Yeah. And uh, in the meantime, I did see that I, I thought it was Scott's. No, it was Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison actually said that everybody who does a run of Batman always, you know, you have to. It's a prerequisite. You have to kill him. Scott Snyder did it. I mean, it, you go down the line. Grant Morrison did it. They all do it. Uh, to have it in the future, 
really yeah. screws it up, but also he's already done it. And I will say it now. Uh, earlier in the run, Gotham Girl was doing uh, after that whole "I Am Gotham" was it like issue of six arc. of "I Am Gotham." Yeah, yeah. She was she was doing a monologue and narration, and basically said, "You know what? Things don't always work out in the end. Yeah, me and Duke get married, but I end up killing Batman." And now we see this, and, and that's the problem is, uh, you know, Scott Snyder shows this, Grant Morrison shows that. That has nothing to do with what Tom King's doing here. But Tom King already said it himself in this run. that this. Well, I said, what, did she get him to start smoking? Is, yeah. is that how she ends up killing him? He has lung cancer from smoking because, she, you know, she was the one who gave it. And it's funny, I said that before I fully read it, and there's a whole thing about smoking in here, which made me laugh. But, uh, yeah, we'll just we'll go into it. Uh Basically, it starts off and Catwoman breaks into the Batcave, which, again, that's another yeah. with all of the calling cards that Tom King has in his minimalist style, repeated dialogue, uh, you know, that sort of thing, a, a moody Batman, whatever. Another one has to be people breaking into the Batcave. This and that Batcave happens when everybody's a, running. I'm telling you, everybody I'm telling seems you, to be this able to is break the worst. into the Batcave whenever this they want is anymore. The Bane just walked in, walked yeah. in and hung Robbins in there. This is, and Amanda Waller just walked in. Uh, it, people just end up just walking in to the Batcave whenever they want. It has a revolving door there. But she goes in, steals the uh, Batmobile. At this point, it's not really named yet, but it does get yeah. named after this. And while this is going on, Batman is out busy. He's hanging, guy, you know, a guy from the... He's doing uh, Batman uh, stuff. Yeah, he's doing Batman stuff. And Alfred gets a hold of him and it's like, hey, listen, we have a problem. I know you're busy, whatever, but, you know, somebody stole the Batmobile. And that, that, that's what Batman says. Like, I have the Batmobile. Oh, that's what we're calling. And it's a funny deal. But this is where it starts with me because uh, Catwoman got the Batmobile and then smashed it into Porky's bar. That was from... Tom King and Lee Weeks, uh, Batman, Pork, uh, Batman, Elmer Fudd. And in this, and when I read this issue initially for my review, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't and, take and, notice. I, they ran into a bar in my mind or yeah. some kind of cafe slash diner. I don't know. Yep, they just ran into a place. I didn't realize it was Porky Pig. I didn't look to see Elmer Fudd there. And yeah, now Elmer's the idea there. is that like you know, we didn't know we didn't know what the Batmobile was called at this point because it's so early in Batman's career that Porky Pig. Porky Alan Pig continuity in Tom King's mind named, named the, the Batmobile. Batmobile. Yep, Porky and Pig named the Batmobile. And so yes. because of this, I, I had a score that I put on the site, and I'm going to go down <laughs> You're to going down five. a little. I'm going – because this is fucking nonsense. You, well, you yes. add the Looney Tunes continuity the into the Batman is, continuity? That's fun in an it's Elseworlds not. type deal. But this is what I'm saying is I want to have this – Fully, I like this story. This again, this whole thing with Porky's Bar is him and Lee Weeks having fun. They both did that pork or Elmer Fudd Batman thing. I get it, uh, but you know you're going a little too far for me. Uh, yeah. And again, some people would be out there and say, you know what, you guys can't have any fun. That might be true. That may be true, but I, I want fun in a, a continuity that that's solid and and airtight as much as it can be. Uh, but you have there now. Not only this is uh, okay. We have the whole deal. We do have in this scene Porky. He's the one yep. who says, and he names the Batmobile. You have Elmer Fudd there. Uh, you have Yosemite Sam. You have Taz. You go over, and then you have an anapomo. You know, a, a big mouse. Anthropomorphic, Anthropomorphic mouse sitting in the shadows yes. with mouse Michigan Jay Frog on the bar. Yeah, yeah, he's there too with his top hat. I mean, this is a little too much for for you know what's going on. Uh, but yeah, uh, Catwoman leaves a mouse. Hey, Batman, I think things should stop right now. Yeah, you found your Batmobile in a bar. That's something you got to deal with. 
You think you have to deal with this bar full of fucking monsters next? Yeah, yeah, and, and it's funny because yeah, yeah, really do something. Uh, but yeah, there's a mouse. She leaves a mouse in the car, and I, I don't know. It, it the mouse thing kind of threw me off too. <laughs> I don't know. In my mind, it's the whole game of cat and mouse. Yeah, it is, but still, but he's a bat, which also eats mice too. That's what I I know. It's the cat and mouse, but it, to me, it's that's just a hokey visual. But she keeps leaving it. Uh, and he keeps, you know, having it, and he's trying to figure out yeah, what's that's, going that's on. Yeah, what that's what I think is great, too, because even Alfred points out later on, like, every time she shows up, she leaves the mouse. Like, could she please leave some money to start feeding these animals as well? Yeah, because I'm yeah. you, the mice just sort of pile it up, and these are another thing. Like, Alfred, in, like, the present day with all the animals that freaking Damien has brought home, like, oh, we got these mice, we got a cow, we got these dogs. Like, the goddamn zoo at Wayne Manor. Yeah, yeah, and as this is going on, you go to the next scene. You see the mouse. You know, it's a cool deal. And I, I do like that whole concept. But then you have the bit where he's talking about Riddler. And this kind of threw me off a little because he says, he's like, last night when I turned him over to Gordon, Enigma asked, what has been played? I believe it's a code. Uh, convert the letters to numbers. And so, you know, he's doing all this. The problem is it just that doesn't seem like something that would have been continuing from jokes and riddles. You know what no, I mean? No, I'm like, saying it seems more of jokes and riddles than Zero Year because at that point we didn't have the Batman. We had the, like the Bat Roadster yeah, that I'm we saying, had at that but, point. Yeah, but like, even then I'm saying just to, uh, to have that whole thing go down and how that ended and how Riddler was in such a you know duress and upset for then the Riddler to throw a riddle. Out to Batman as he's going to jail from the jokes and riddles just doesn't seem right to me. It doesn't seem like anything that would happen. That that to me, Riddler was devastated at that point when you know. And again, the whole thing with the you know, it was he was trying to get Joker to like yeah. all that stuff. It just it doesn't seem like it's set there. Uh, but it makes sense. I but again, you also have the whole thing with jokes and riddles where it already seemed that. Bruce and Selena were very close and not close enough that he worried about her and got her on his side and stuff like that. She was just, just a chick that she he, he banged in mafia apartments. That's yeah, it at that point. Yeah, no, even then he seemed a little. That's he what would, I'm saying. This is so. He would later learn to love Jim. At that point, it was just. A- you know, but again, after all of the stuff of jokes and riddles and you have, you know, Joker there with a, a, a freaking thing through his, uh, you know, a, a knife through his, his hand, hand yeah. and Batman beat the shit up. And then he's like, Gordon, you got to get over here. And Riddler's just sitting there. And as he's what has been played? I'm like, what? Get out of here. Get out of town. I've had enough of you by now. Uh, but, you know, it, it, see you it's, next year. Riddler. This is just more. It's it's Tom King trying to show you that Batman still is the detective. And he goes yeah. and he's like, he's trying to figure it out. This is where Alfred's like, listen, Riddler's in bed that, you know, in jail. That means you should be in bed. Uh, but they're trying to figure it out. Riddler is I, in bed, sir. And that means you should be in jail. I think you've been drinking, Alfred. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as this is, is, he's like. What has been played? Wait, Francis Watt, the second baseman for the Gotham Knights. And and this is the way <laughs> this is where did God you see damn. me in the slack? I'm telling you, the phrasing's off. The phrasing is a little off here. If you're a baseball fan, you, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong if you are a baseball fan and follow baseball. Uh for a, a second baseman to not play is not really missing his last start. That is more of a phrase for a pitcher. This should have been a pitcher, not a second baseman. Sec- pitchers have set starts. 
a second baseman is just he's playing. He's not. Oh, he missed the last game. It, it's it's a little unfair. I, I don't think that Tom King I, is I just a know baseball what fan as well. What has been played? I don't know. It's just kind of funny. Uh, again, it's like a Batman '66 thing, kind of. But really, did he miss? His, didn't he miss his last start? The, it's the phrasing's off. But this in my is where mind, he sudden, never gets back to it either. Because then when he notices that his no, pen yeah. when he was writing this clues down, it's missing. Which She's in the house. Come She's on. She's in the Alfred. house. And yeah, he's like, the pen's gone. And Alfred's like, is it? Shall I alert the Superman or maybe look I under like the sofa? Line. She's here. Yeah. I just and like that. Shall jumps. I alert the Superman? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he leaps over things. I mean, he runs. It, he there. There's so little time for him to run next to the table. He has to run over it. And yeah. uh, Catwoman's going. She's trying to get away. And yeah, it's a big kick. You know, it is a chase scene. That ends up with her at a window and saying, oh, you know what? I was nice enough to call the police ahead of time uh, since I did break into your house. Uh, but look, I'm going to go and they're going to chase me. You can come after me. But what are they going to think when you come leaping out the window? Bruce Wayne. And yeah, dun, dun, and, dun. Like, uh, and then she says, bye bye, Bat. Thanks for the pen. And even and, that, for some reason, it's one of those things when you call shit out in front of other people. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. She oh, shouldn't that, be yelling that's a this. Dick move. Bye yeah, bye, Bat. While you're yeah. at the Bruce Wayne, like the Wayne Manor. I'm like, shut up. It's so funny. There's like 10 policemen like, yeah. Bat, huh? <laughs> you know, this sounds funny. But yeah, she does that. So we know now that she knows that Bruce is Batman. And it's cool. And you have the whole thing of like, stop, miss, stop. You know, put your hands where we can see you. And you have. Bruce looking, and as he's closing the window, he's kind of smiling, and then you see hear squeak, squeak, and there's another mouse there, and yeah, and then you, I really like it. I'm, I'm telling yeah. you, even with the nonsense and and the stuff, I really do like it. Uh, and then the he's story going, picks up the next time the Catwoman invades. Oh that yeah, because where, like, you know, this, he has set up all these precautions. Oh, this to is make my sure best, my best thing. This, this is it, my one of my favorite Batman scenes of all time. I, I really do think so. I do like the idea that he has set up more alarms just to keep Catwoman out. She keeps yeah. breaking in, and she goes, and she goes up to his room. She gets in there, and basically they shut her in. They, they lock her in, but she's at the uh, a safe, and she's like, oh, you know, I got past this one safe. Seem really out there, and this is funny because I've always told Tanya that when I was a little kid, I've always heard that if you leave – Two things. If if you end up like say you have a business and you leave, you have a, a, your own business and you leave for the weekend, you never should take everything out of the register. Oh, yeah. You should always leave some money there because if somebody does break in, they grab the money quick. They get 150 bucks. If you don't have money in there, they go to They're town. Gonna be they, they fucking wreck up the house. Now the other thing that uh, this reminded me of when I was a little kid. Uh, my mom and dad told me one time, hey, you know, whenever you go somewhere, if you go out, you think somebody might break in. If you have it, leave like a $5 bill somewhere out in the open. Then when you come home and that $5 bill is gone, you know somebody's either in the house, you get to, you know, you get out yeah. or, you know, or whatever, or they'll just grab it and run. And that's kind of how he has this set up. He has a safe that has a bunch of jewels and stuff that, that's easily seen. They get in, you know, you'd get out. But then there's one. That's hidden more. And she thinks she's like got this huge payday. And when she opens it up, it's one scratched up pearl. And I'm like, you know what? That is awesome. That is really cool. And I'm telling you, call me corny or hokey or whatever it is. Whenever we talk about the pearl or see the pearl and how much he covets that thing and can't get rid of it. You know, even when we had it back with uh, in Batman and Robin where Damien actually went to go find another pearl in the sewer for his father. It actually, I really love those scenes. And just the idea that he has locked up this one pearl 
And I don't know. You know, I get the idea that sometimes he's laying in bed. He gets the pearl out and looks at it and puts it away. Maybe talks to it. I, whatever. But I really Whatever like that. Crazy when, thing you can think and, of. And, and then you you also have the painting, you know, in the background between them with the pearls. You see that. And then you kind of go with it. And he says, it was my mother's. She's like, you know, why would you have this? And it was my mother's. She she got killed. She died. And then Catwoman's like, I know. And then he says, everyone, everyone knows. knows. Yeah, everyone knows. Now, the only thing that I wish – and maybe he didn't think Catwoman would talk about it because once she starts talking about growing up and things like that, I really – would have liked a little bit of a kind of an aside mention of the painting that we had earlier in this run uh, where Catwoman said that when she was in the orphanage, that was one thing. She'd always look at the Wayne picture right. because that would – and almost pretended like she was part of the family and it, it made her you know, want to do this and that and the other thing. I wish that she would have mentioned that a little here, but I guess maybe Tom King's like, no, she wouldn't mention it. We're going to hold off on that point. because we're going to talk about that in the future. No, oh, yeah, we would have had it in the future anyway. But I would have liked it. I would have liked if she would have just said something like she's like, oh, the painting. Yeah, I know about painting. Something like that. I, I would have liked that. Uh, but yeah, it's a cool deal because now they're getting a little sexy. They're getting closer and closer, and their lips are. Getting and even closer. even the talk, you know, when how about she's talking about yeah. how you know she's alone, like he's alone, and the whole idea, yeah. like you know, after a while, you, this whole terrible feeling of being alone, it actually starts going away, and you think that this moment might pass, and you might be okay from it. And when you have that moment, you hate yourself for ever thinking of it. And like yeah. Batman, he knows this moment, exi- this feeling exactly that she's describing. I really love this like deep connection they feel on this one scene that we yeah. have here. I do too. And then I don't like the part where why do you dress up as a cat? I like cats. Everyone likes cats. No, 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 they don't. I don't. I hate cats. I really do. I'm a dog person. It fits in this, but I'm like, yes. I just it, it things like that pulled me out of it though. She's like, Everyone I love kitty cats. cats. They're soft. I'm like. I don't like cats. I got two cats. I'm allergic to cats. How can I like something I'm allergic to? Uh, but yeah, yeah, and also cats are just—they're aloof. They just walk around like that. Don't you like garlic, Jim? Like, no, not anymore. It'll kill me. Yeah, I could like, like it. it. Why would I? Why would I like something that puts me on the toilet for six hours? I don't know. Why oh my goodness. It? I do like the smell of it though, and I do like the taste, but I I can't eat it. But yeah, they, there they you do go, the whole baby. thing. And, and she's she's there, kind of getting a little sexy with them, uh, getting a little lower and lower yeah. it seems, and then sets I'm up like, a smoke what grenade. Am I now? It's yeah, like you know, like don't comic all of a sudden. Yep, the smoke grenade goes off, and she gets out. There's another uh, mouse there uh, with the pearl. Now I'll tell you, I was getting annoyed a bit with the mice until the next scene. Because she does bring it up. Because I'm like, where is she hiding all these mice? And she just says, you know how hard it is to cup a mouse in your hand this whole time? I'm like, yep, you yeah, did it. At least you t- this is where – here's the thing again with Tom King. This is – obviously, this is what it is. It's an annual, and it's a contained story where he goes off into his own future to tell. So this is where he's strongest when he actually has a beginning and an end and doesn't have to really go – past this like uh, obviously this ends in the far far future so he's not going to go past this so when he has this whole thing where he has a set amount of time page this and that he really does do well and ties things up i I like this i know a lot of people like the brave and the mold they were so into that i didn't because there were so many questions left unanswered in that i think that this is so much stronger than that issue and legitimately i'll go back and say it it's weird to say about an annual this is definitely his best batman issue ever yeah. this this is it maybe i don't know maybe number 5 uh when uh, gotham 
uh, dies. When Hank dies, was pretty good too. But uh, but really, all this though, this is this is a very strong issue, and you get it there. Now you get a rooftop steal because and the rooftop steal. I'm telling you, this looks amazing when you turn no, the page the, the and the full page spread, so and it's just yeah. like you know. They're, they're just Catwoman and Batman standing on Wayne Manor in the rain, and it looks amazing. Oh, and I'm going to tell you, it's usually I hate this type because you have your normal Kingisms when you have a, like a read a Batman comic or any book he does where you have the repeated dialogue. And you'll you have, have underwritten one, stuff. He's very you big have, with like, one word. a lot word. of silent pages yeah. and stuff like yeah. that just to really fill out the page space. Here with the extended pages, I think it really works yeah, and actually yeah. like, and you again, know, adds yeah, gravity maybe to that's the what, Maybe that's what he needs. He needs more page uh, deals so then when you get a full page that has – Again and again, again, yeah. and why? Uh, that ends up being something that, uh, you know, you, you you can deal with it a little more when you have more story going on with the, a bunch of uh, pages. You do have Alfred uh, oh, even in the scene singing though, when a they're song in the rain. and listening yeah. to a song. And, you, have this uh, whole thing. you made the connection before about how, like, Tim Drake, he found out who Batman yeah. was and stuff like that. You have a thing here, like, you know, why do you keep coming back, Catwoman? Isn't it obvious? Because you're weak. You need to be better. I have to make you better. I have to teach you where you're weak yeah. so you're because or you're going to die. And it's very similar to me. It's like it's a little different, obviously, than, you know, Tim Drake's like, you don't have a Robin. You need one because you're a better Batman yeah, too, when you have yeah, this. Yeah, you're, you know? better, you're too dark you without a Robin. You see this character of Batman, this vigilante, this dark knight detective, and you start seeing like, you know – you are great, and I love you. You need to be better than what you are right now, and I like yeah. the whole symmetry we have between Catwoman and the rest of the Robins to a degree with that as well, especially Tim yeah. Drake. And, and with this, I do like the idea. Now, a lot of people think that Tom King is big on the mopey Batman. I, I do as well, but I do yeah. like this where I, I do like to see a Batman that does rely on other people, even though he doesn't want to. Uh, other people are helping him. Like you said, like Tim Drake, but here with Catwoman too. But Alfred was uh, singing a song or listening to a song, and uh, it was Sophie Tucker's Some of These Days, Eric. Here, here's a little sample. For you. <laughs> Some of these days. You're like, listen to this. No. You'll miss me, honey. All right, Eric. You like it's actually this. not bad. Some I actually kind of do. Some of these days. I like old time music. Oh, I, I, it's so weird just the recording technique and stuff like that, which would make like, like that, hey there, buddy, like, you know, that sort of I'm thing always you, makes me Jeff, laugh. I'm telling you, the whole idea of old, like, recording stuff like that, yeah. it is black magic in my mind. It should not yeah. make sense, but somehow yeah. it works. Oh, I love it. But yeah, that that was the song. It's Sophie Tucker's song. Uh, but yeah, they're there. And like you said, yeah, I like when she's like, you know, you should really appreciate this. You, you ever <laughs> tried palming a live mouse? They're very <laughs> squirmy. I'm like. You you just tied in one of the things I had a problem with, and that's where she says, you know, I'm here to make you better. You're weak, all this, and then they, you know, it goes on with, you know, you're still a poor little rich boy in the house on the hill, all that pain from being alone. You're still the sweet darling mouse who can't quite see the cat coming, and you know, he yells, "You don't know me," but obviously she does. She knows oh, yeah. him more than anything, and really, again, Tom King is doing something well here. Where you are showing that in the current continuity and the rules of engagement and the question and the answer and all that, that Batman should marry her. Uh, you know, there's still probably people who just hear it, Yeah, you know, that aren't full out comic book fans or reading and hear, you know, hey, did you hear uh, Catwoman and Batman again? That's ridiculous. Well, no, no, it other isn't. People, it's about time. Yeah, yeah. And, and this completely shows you why it's not ridiculous. Why? It's because... 
Selena gets Bruce more than anybody else. So yeah, yeah they they should be married. And I, and I get she the can whole look thing beyond the bat and see the boy and, before. Even though I, like, yeah. I talked to, I really liked the last issue in Batman number thirty five where she's talking to Talia about how you know we are second place to a like a child's oath that he made when he was ten years old. I, I really dig that aspect of the character. Yeah. yeah, and and with this, this is why it makes sense to me that with this relationship and this happening in the past and all that. That when Gotham Girl does talk to Batman and say, you know, don't you want to be happy? And, and he's like, well, you know, I can't. I'm Batman. Batman's, no, no. You know, if you really wanted to be happy, that whole scene where she was flying doing dipsy yeah. dudes, that, that drove me Stop nuts. Stop doing that was shit. Gonna You're going to die her. using your powers. Yeah. But uh, then you, you do see now like, okay, I, I see why he went right from there to go ask her because it's been something that he's wanted to do but thought he couldn't all this time and now he's going to do something for himself uh but yeah he goes off and figures out where she lives uh and basically he explains that he studied the mouse droppings and it was the paint in her one apartment in the whole entire world like how many other apartments did he go to i I can just see i I imagine though that's the thing is it was this one particular i took it as one particular apartment building uses this paint and then he scoped out the area and found where she is but even this whole idea that only one particular apartment in all of gotham uses particular paint is it's too far-fetched i know you want to have the world's greatest detective but when we make leaps and bounds like this to make it happen it just does not work this is where again the brave and the mold i had some issues where they were really jumping from point a to point b just to do it uh it it makes me laugh you didn't realize that there was other like 80 other apartments that he went to and and every door he opened he said squeak and then people screamed and ran oh (laughs) oh shit squeak (laughs) oh sorry there but yeah apartment yep they're they're talking about being you know the two orphans lost we see the weak in one another and all that and they're they're going and they do kiss and the the art's incredible that that is a that is a page made to be signed at a convention it really is it's really really good i'm sorry it's a beautiful page where they kiss and i'm sure people love it all i can think about is that you're pouring all that wine on on that floor you're like it's gonna gonna take forever to clean that up it's gonna stink forever it's gonna stink it's gonna stain and and really the little nice touch of the cat going up to uh, Batman's leg and, and yeah. kind of rubbing the leg as well that I, I really like. And then the, even that with like, hello, hello. And then they start going, remember the first time we met? Did you think it would lead to this? And they start that argument again. And again, that's something that is very – it ends up being important in this issue. But when I first saw it there, I'm like, here we go again. Exactly. Yeah. I thought the same thing. Yeah. But like even though we go to the it beyond the point in. and we go to the future, we continue this whole talk as they're old people. I'm telling you, I hate that thing because it's used over and over again. And But here it actually makes sense that I don't yeah. mind it. Yeah, because they go back and then – but even so, even if you didn't have that because, again, it, it's not going to point to me that anything's wrong with Bruce because the guy can't remember it from any time. He, right. he And he's so stubborn. I actually wish that what happened – because as this is going on, Bruce does get diagnosed with some illness. He's dying, uh, and it's older uh batman and you know selena and bruce and they're walking and batman's talking about all these old past things and saying things and he is starting to get things wrong i and wish and that the thing is he's even trying to like tell you I, I can't get this wrong when i was 16 years old i trained with the memory of the yeah. mountain for a year i sat with the man learning yeah, yeah. how to force like forever encode my senses of the mind and like, yes, like yes 
And it's funny because then he just keeps messing stuff up. Well, and all, not only sad. just that, but he, he starts like stuttering about what's next. And Selena's hurt. the best is you get the idea that poor Selena. She's heard these stories so yeah. many times and she knows she knows the stories. But she it's like one of those things where this is like it's great. It's like true love where she'll just listen to him. She'll listen it's to Bruce tell his yeah. stories and, and enjoy them. And, and it's because, again, at this point, the story's not for Selena. Bruce is telling this. It's for him. He yeah. was talking about the good old days and stuff like that. And she legitimately through this whole thing, you can see all she wants is for him to be happy and to be, you know, have a nice life and whatever. But he is starting to forget things. And he's like, you know, so he's talking about having to break into the store or actually steal cigarettes uh, for the memory for the, of the mountain. <laughs> yeah. For the memory of the mountain. The guy had a, a bad a cigarette habit. habit. And then like, he hey, look he, every week. He'd kick me out of my trance. Yeah. Like, you got to go down like the store was like miles and miles away and yep. he had no money i do like the little touch too where this actually like you know while bruce was abroad training and doing everything he had to do this might be the point where he started doing working with disguises because after the third time yeah, he yeah. Oh, these I get cigarettes, yeah i like he's that. like i had to start using disguises i didn't have any money for disguise so he had to steal those and he had like this one lady had like a box of wigs and showed it i'm like yeah. you know what this works really well yeah and, and as he's saying that he's forgetting the stuff and he's like you know I started using, you know, and he forgets little details that she yeah. fills in, and then she starts crying. And, and at this point, you don't even know it was Bruce that was something was wrong or whatever. But you now exactly you know. at this point, now when she starts know. crying. I was thinking to myself, oh my god, it was Catwoman diagnosed now, or something. I, I, I'm guessing that it's Alzheimer's is what it really seems to be. Yeah, that's the thing is, I went with it. cancer for my review because re until recently, I really didn't think Alzheimer's was something you died from. I thought it was oh, something yeah. you were afflicted yeah. with. I didn't realize that it actually, you know. But it caused you to die. Oh, yeah. I just yeah, I had yeah. no idea. So when I was reading yeah. this, I'm like, I'm just gonna go with cancer because they never spell it out here. But it does make sense with the memory you know, loss dementia, as well. Or, you know, and he's. Yeah. Uh, I just the the thing I was saying. The one thing that I really wished is that when he's she starts crying and they're talking, I wish that he would have said to her, "You know what." It was the street that we met, you know, through all these years that she's been saying it's the street. He's saying the boat and all this. I, I wish that he would have just conceded and then said finally to her, you know what? I, I realize, you know what? I'm, I'm starting to forget things. But you know what I do remember? You were right. It was on the street that we met. And I thought that would have been a really, really good moment. That, that it would have been a finally, good moment. But Batman finally... is taking this argument to his grave. He is <laughs> right in his mind and he will not That's back why, down. That because of the thing with all this where Selena has been so giving and so nice, I wish he would have just given her that by the end and just said it. Just said it once. Like, you know what? Maybe my mind – like, maybe I'm not remembering things like I did. You know what? I remember that we were on the street. And I think that would have really made her happy. Like, oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, you go off then and you do see some uh, very fan service -y things. It you... is nice, though. I'm telling you, it really worked for me, too, just the idea since Catwoman and Batman got together. They did have a daughter, Helena Wayne, who yeah, would become a Batwoman here. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I don't like that it's uh, the Batwoman costume of current continuity, but yeah, I like yeah. the fact that she is now the Bat of Gotham. Yeah, she's the Bat because the signal goes up. She sees that she's got to go. Uh, and I, even when I'm doing this uh, and talking about it, and I, I really think like I'm giving Tom King 100% credit. It's not. The art in this is so good oh, throughout. I so and I mean, even the scene of them walking down the street. Yeah, I'm reading the words with it. But but the art of it, of Selena stopping and just crying and, and that silent panel there and then I'm fine, I'm fine. The art is 50% of all of this too. It's really good. And like you said, 
the Helena Wayne, this is the future. It's starting to get to the point where it's not going to jive with other books and other right. things, uh, especially, say, a Batman Beyond that's in right. continuity and things like that. That really basically you're just throwing that aside. Uh, for the most part, I see people online and not even realizing Batman Beyond's a book. Right. out right now that they just think of. but you again you can't I, think that the cartoon from 20 years yeah, ago is yeah. in no, no, there's no, a book no, no. but again I, I can go with it because I'm enjoying this so much it just there is that nagging thing I know it, it, but, it bothers the hell out of me like yeah. I said before I always have a problem whenever writers do this but even talking to you now like even when I did my review I could put these things aside because the story I is too. written well enough and it's endearing enough to make yeah. me see beyond and that and if is. I could go like if I had to think about it this is the ending to Tom King's run. This is what Tom King wants, whether it's in, like, you know, it's canon yeah. or not, which in my mind it's not. But if it's canon to him, no. I'm fine well, with that. Well, it's canon until it's not. That's the yeah. thing. You're, you're in a comic book universe that a future can be changed by Barry running fast. Oh, tell you, you know right what I mean? Now we this, have this... three different futures. We have the Tim yeah. and Tomorrow future. We have Batman Beyond future. And now we have yeah, this and that's future. the other. Sure that's the other, other bit of continuity. Of I'm not even thinking of. Yeah, it would be funny is as this is going on. And and you do have a good moment where Bruce is and he's been told to me he's been told he has dementia he has Alzheimer's he's he's not dying yet but he is dying he's going to lose his mind I think that Selena is very upset that eventually it's just going to be this old guy who doesn't even remember anybody and and poor Bruce Wayne who saved everybody there's nothing that like that's the thing I think that it's Alzheimer's and something like that because if it was cancer then you still have that idea of he could be saved. I think yeah. that the basic thing Tom King is showing you here, and it could be some people even said CTE from concussions. I, I, I mean, if, oh, if anybody's yeah, going to yeah. get concussions, it's Batman. But I think that it's one of those where it's a Batman who's tried to save every single person in this whole world, yet at the end he can't be saved. He can't be saved by Well, even anybody. when Hel Helena comes to her mother, she's just on a rooftop. She's like – you know, I've spoken to Zatanna. I've spoken to a bunch yeah. of people. Yeah, you can't be everybody, everybody has their time, she says, and dad yeah. got his. He can't think. And she's like, I'm sorry. I Like the signal goes on. She's like, I'm sorry. I have to. She's like, yeah. Helena, I was, I am your father's wife. I understand. Just go. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's just by herself there. And you just see the like the weight of all the situation. Going yeah, again, up. it's she all knows art After there. all this years, yeah. she's finally going to lose Bruce. Yeah, she's going to lose Bruce. Again, after the guy the who – fighting and stuff like that, this is yeah. like a simple thing is going to take him. And, and there's that little thing in the, you know, just uh, that I think of, of here's a guy who pretty much gave up his entire life to, you know, fight crime and to, to help the, you know, uh, a common person who's, yeah. uh, you know, cr and yet at the end, there's nothing. There's nobody that can do anything to save him. And uh, you go and, yeah, you have Bruce then where he's heard this. And he goes down in the cave, and he's going to work out. Like, they, And I really like this. I think that that's a Batman thing to do. I think when Batman hears that he's losing his mind, that he's going to die, he thinks he can train through it. He thinks, yeah. you know, that's how he got through his parents dying. He ended up becoming the Bat and training and all that. doesn't work like that. He, he's, And I'll tell you, he's still in good goddamn shape. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at him. Uh, yeah, he's working out, but he can't. He can't do the things that he used to do. And he says that I couldn't, I can't. And that, that you know, the song is on again. And he's like, well, what, are you here to help me? And she's like, no, I'm not here to help you. Uh, you know, and just kisses him. And, and I really, really like it. And it's very emotional. I, I really felt a lot of emotions up until, and now you have him. You have him pretty much dying. 
And I'm telling you, Wait, most of my emotions, so the deathbed deal was not as emotional to me because then, I, you know, once you see all the Bat family, they're older, things like that. You even see a Carrie Kelly uh, with so that. I'm thing. like, I would say it's just Carrie Kelly. I also don't know if they're playing it. This is Dick and Barbara's daughter or not. Yeah, but no, I was going I, Carrie I, Kelly. I, in I've my seen mind. most people going Carrie Kelly as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you have. Uh, all of them there, you know, for the most part, you can try to and guess. Big round lughead blonde man who I have no idea who it is, unless it's like some kind of Jean Paul yeah. Valley that I have no idea who it yeah, is. Yeah, I but don't like, know. You you have you have freaking it looks like uh, Damien and Helena, Barbara and Dick, Carrie Kelly, Duke, lughead blonde man. It's weird. Steffi lughead Brown blonde and there. I, it's so weird that I'm like, that looks like it'd be like an older Wally West, maybe. But it, it doesn't seem like no. he'd be there, though. You know what I mean? It's very odd. A lot of people are having problems with that. But also, before all this, too, they were sitting there. And why I bring that? When uh, Bruce is there and he's looking, he's got a belly a little. And he's like, you know what? Somewhere there's a version of me that never got old, you know? And, and again, this is a Batman who at this point has seen – he's seen some crap, Eric. Oh, yeah. He's seen multiversal things. He's been all through – you know, he knows that this is – him saying this – it's kind of true. It's kind of a joke, whatever. But he's like, you know what? When I die, when I go, I, I don't want you to be alone. You know, go find, have Barry go and find one of these Batman so that he can take care of you and make sure you're safe. And I, I thought, okay, it's such a goofy little comic book thing. Uh, but it's cool. But in the meantime, that it continues the whole deal where Selena's like, hey, don't forget the light. And he's talking and talking. He forgot to turn off the light. And he sits down. He's like, yeah, I'll get it later. And she's so sad. And it does. It, it makes me so sad. And, uh, yeah, she, he's dying. And the whole Bat family's there. And she just tells him, you know, shush, you know, says shush, shush, and says, good night, Bat. I love you. And that's it. She's crying. It's very emotional there. Uh, like I said, seeing the Bat family there, eh, that was kind of just fan service to me. It yeah. didn't get me. But he goes, It'd be she better goes fan down. service so I can figure out who the fuck that one guy is. Yeah, she goes down into the cave, and there's the Batmobile, the original that she stole. And uh, she sits in, and there's a little note and a little uh, cat. And the note says, I love you too, cat, from the first kiss to the last. And it's really good. I mean, and it's, it's really I'm good. telling you, it really puts a thing on it too because even though Batman has been forgetting these things like this, he at the end he that. knew being the world's greatest detective what she would say to him in the end and made sure yeah. he prepared for that before yep. he went. Yeah, and I'm like, so that's a great touch. Yeah, it's great because, yeah, he's he's Batman. And it, it, in a tie around – me and you talk a lot of times where, uh, unfortunately, we're not guys who have a lot of feelings. So yeah. uh, we get our feelings through other things. And thank, I, I'll even thank Tom King because, yeah, I really like this. Uh, it reminded me, that last bit reminded me of something that freaking broke my heart uh, like a week ago. I don't know if you saw the story that a girl, her dad was dying and set it up that she was, I don't know, she was 15 at this point, that on her birthday every year he sent, he had gifts set up until her 21st birthday where she got the final that. gift and it was so sad and i was reading that and that that's what it reminded uh, me at the end but yeah I, I think this issue was great now again i said at the beginning i have two scores and if if i don't care about anything else and i want to just see especially if i want to see the love story of batman and catwoman bruce and selena telling you hey this is this as is close to a perfect issue this is as close to a perfect issue but because of this other bit with continuity and things and kind of getting angry but maybe this is where i i said a lot of things with tom king going through his run where you go back and look at the look at the reviews look at the scores i was one of the highest for a long time 
And then I started getting these, I, you know, I started not liking these read between the line stories and things like that. Everybody else under me, though, when they read that Brave in the Mold, all of a sudden, like something in their heads, a, a light bulb went off. And then all of a sudden, they could not stop giving tens. I hope that this is it for me. I hope that this issue that I just read actually makes me like, you know what? Okay, I get it. Somehow my brain is now freaking aligned in a way yeah. that now I can go forward and really enjoy because that's what I want to do. All these – everybody who, who talks to us and we talk to people on Slack and you listen to this podcast and, and think that we are miserable for miserable's sake, we want to like it. And finally, I, I can tell you I love this Tom King issue even with the continuity issues. Uh, full out continuity issues. I'd probably still give it an eight, maybe a seven, yeah. five, eight. I'm gonna go in between. I'm actually giving this an eight, five. I don't even care about the porkies. I'm telling you, talking well, to you about it, and actually making it because I'm a man's man, Eric. <laughs> I'm a man. I had to stop myself from crying twice while we were talking. I'm telling you, I almost got choked up when oh, I was I talking about Selena. I was getting choked up. I muted and my that bike, giggled a little bit, and came back. No, that doesn't that doesn't happen a lot. So I, I can't just I'm not going to fake the funk and hate something just because I don't like the way the guy tweets. I, I no. think that this is a great issue, and I hope that this is where he finally. Gets to, you know, now he's writing for Jimmy Boy here. All right. He's writing for me. And yeah, uh, it's to the point where if this continues, I'm going to be trading for the book back, Eric. I'll give you JLA back. How about I don't that? Want it. No, it's not going to happen, brother. <laughs> what, what did you but get? No, in, in the beginning, when we talked about the pork stuff. I said I was going to knock my score down to 0.5, but I will not. I'm telling you, if I can look beyond the whole continuity of the future, which I did because I enjoyed the story enough. And uh, I, I can look beyond this as well, but there are things in the issue that are problems, so that's why I went to my score that I had, yeah. which was a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah. Because yeah. I really enjoyed the story, and I love the art in this issue. It's just oh, the they, they so went a little good. bit too far. It's just like I'm telling you, the story's great, and I'm telling you, it's like you know, if you gave me a continuity like like this is a stone wall where nobody can ever write a different ending for yeah. Batman, that pisses me off. And oh, I was it, pissed it, off, yeah. but I'm telling you. It is a nice, endearing story, and I was able to, so like, you know, put all my t- like kingisms aside, even when that repeating dialogue, because yeah. the story was strong enough. So I'm going to stick to my 7.5 and not go down to that 0.5, which yeah. I gave it. Oh, I said yeah. I was going to give it. I'm a positive Peter. It's like I, I sat there and just. Segregation. That's right. Weird. <laughs> That's right, Aaron. You just went there and segregation, Reverend. Segregation works. Gray. We're going to move on to the next issue, and because of Annuals Week, it's weird. We don't have, like, set, like, ooh, it is kind of, but uh, after talking about that Batman annual, it's almost as if we should go off to a mail, and because tying it in with the Super Sons, number one, the annual number one, is a little goofy, but that is exactly what we're going to do, and I'm going to tell you this once I get to my notes, Eric, where is, ah, Super Sons annual number All right. one. Written by Peter J. Tomasi, art by Paul Pelletier, Cam Smith, High Five, Carlos Manguel, and Travis Lanham. Peter J. Tomasi takes a break from for this annual, featuring the Legion of Super Pets. Yeah, it's all about the animals with Crypto and Titus in the lead, but also Bat Cow, Detective Chimp, and Clay Critter? Clay among Critter. Don't others. forget Flexo. I know, I didn't want to name them all, though I, I almost named everyone. I actually like the concept. And while it has a couple of fun points, there just isn't enough story here to make it memorable after I closed it. I I mean, again, we just talked about an issue that is so emotional and so well done art and story 
that then I read this. <laughs> I'm like, really? And, and you would even go with the fact that since I just had read, because I did read these in order, I right. just read the Batman annual because – in a side, I still haven't reviewed this on the side. I, I have yeah. to get to it. But uh, after reading that annual, you would think that going into this annual, I might have been like, oh, you know what? This is a palate cleanser. This is fun. This is this. There's just nothing to it. And and it really threw me off in the point where uh, I'll even talk about it later with the uh, Green Arrow annual. If you're going to do an annual to me where you have a goofy story uh, like this or whatever – you still have to have something that progresses your characters or the overall so just have something there you have Damien and and uh John in here so i want to see something going but really you get nothing and the no, story you get the same old kind of jokes thing. that you used to in the oh super Sons book i mean and it even it gets takes, worse when it takes a left turn and it becomes about the super pets i'm like look i like having fun i really yeah, I really do, do but when we're dealing with a continuity now where none of this makes any goddamn no. sense at all, no. you can't just throw it out there and say, That's why, yep, this yeah. is what's going on. I, because, I really you know, wonder. Titus the Bat Hound out of nowhere, freak, or I can't even call him the Bat. I guess he is the Bat Hound now, but yeah, Titus, yeah. yeah, he can talk to other animals now that are super pets, you know, like, you know, freaking, uh, fucking, Flexi the Plastic Bird. <laughs> which, you know, even though we don't have a proper plastic man in this continuity yet because he's in a fucking egg and metal, we yeah, got yeah, Flexi the Plastic yeah. Bird. Wait, at this point, we actually have more. Of Plastic Man type powers from Flexi. Uh, the the thing that gets me in this Freaky, is I, I I know it's the Super Sons annual. I know that Peter J. Tomasi must have thought that he had to have them in it. I would have been well. I I think it would have been way better served to not even have them. Have them asleep and then have some, because you start off with John and Damien and you go and then all of a sudden, like you said, then it becomes a left turn. Which then makes it more ridiculous and not in a great way. Some people really like this, and I guess I know. you know. Just, and again, I'm this is where the way I read comics, I'm guessing it's just not for men. Someone and the thing is, I like having fun. I oh, I do too. Where, like you know, but this is this is just not. It's not a fun issue. It's a ridiculous issue, yeah, and that's, that's not fun in my mind. Uh, because while you have John and Damien fighting crime, they're out together, and this you know this isn't the even that great. fun. Yeah, and uh, a dog gets kidnapped. Then you see the Super Sons fighting. And You're really, taking out some bank can, robbers. Can we have more of this Super Bar? Can we, can we uh, mention that more? Uh, and because this actually it was only in the 17 of, times. I know. It actually really reminded me of what we had. I want to say it was last issue of Batman number 35 where Dick Grayson kept, you know, like making that joke over and over again. Damien, like, because. Oh, I'm Nightwing and you're Robin because yeah, yeah. He said, he's when, Batman yeah, and I'm Robin. And Robin just kept yeah. saying it over and over again. Yeah, it's this so is worse. forced. It's so forced. And it goes in. And then you have John like, hey, call him Bat Boy. Yeah, they're like that. And I, I did think of Bat Boy though, Eric. <laughs> yeah. You've got to think picture. of Bat Boy from Weekly yes. World News. Oh, That's I wish. And again, it. if you're going to do that, why didn't they have a newspaper like blowing around with the Bat Boy on there or something? It would have been so great. And if you don't know what we're talking about, please Google Bat Boy. I just looked it up right now. Bat yeah. Shout Escapes. Oh, I'm no. telling you, look up <laughs> Bat Boy on Google. You're welcome. Eric, yeah. <laughs> it's, me and you were talking about Bat Boy like for two straight weeks. We love it. We love the Bat Boy. But yeah, with this though, these and uh, the thing is, this whole thing too, where like you know, the, the bank robbers are taken down by the Super Sons. At the end, we yeah. have this guy who has a little stand. He gives John He's two like kebabs. veggie kebabs. Veggie kebabs. And I was actually mad because John ate them all and did not share with freaking Damien. Yeah, and again, that was the joke. He's like, hey, 
By the way, hand me over my veggie kebab and let's get out of here. Oops, my bad. <laughs> and they go off. Yeah, and they're in the little bat copter, the Robin copter. Robin hey, copter. There's some fun. This yeah. is where have this sort of fun. Have this because then you even have John like, hey, we're a team. High five. I do not high five. Okay, high fist bump. Down. My fists are used for hitting, not bumping. And then he's then the weird thing is then then John has the line, cut back on drinking so much idiot juice. Why don't you? And I'm like, no, no, no. You know, he's not an idiot. You know, I don't know. Dork juice. I don't, I don't know what would have made it better. But in the meantime, this is where you take the left turn because John comes back. He's tired from all the deal. He says he's going to look into these missing pets later. That's where yeah. crypto he's gets got a, the he, idea. I actually even like the idea that he opens up this closet on the inside. He's got like a, a corkboard freaking bulletin yeah, deal he does. where yep. he's putting up all these different things like, you know, all right, I'm going to tackle this one and then this one and like, you know, solve all these kind of minor crimes that he knows he can yeah. solve. And like, yeah, I like that idea. I do like that idea. But when they spell out, hey, uh, you know, you want to go back to HQ on Friday and Damien's like, uh, in the meantime, we'll keep checking news sites for anything that you need my help on. But we've already spelled out that they uh, they just went off to fight a pretty Hello, yeah. major villain the last issue. I would have issue. liked to have seen that. Yeah, and, and with that, why then would they be going around looking at newspaper clippings? Well, they that's are the thing actually too. I getting imagine that, that Justice League alert that goes to them for minor threats. and like, Nothing's you know, going Cyborg. there. Nothing's happening. Well, They're that's bored. because Cyborg's now, he's in metal. They're gone. They don't realize this. He's not there. He's the murder machine. Uh, with this, though, you, you have all this going on. And yeah, then you have Crypto go off to Gotham. He goes in the barn. You see, you get Batcow, and again, Batcow there. I, I hate to say it, I've I've had enough of Batcow. Batcow like does not Bat-Cow have just in the background of the Batcave. Yeah. Something I'm telling yeah. you, Damien doesn't even seem to care about these animals no. anymore because you never see him interact with them. But we have Batcow and Crypto. And then they start talking to each other in animals. So we have a lot of a roof and moves. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, the moo is actually a call to Titus to wake up, but not Ace. Ace nope. is left at the There's okay, Ace. It's Ace, Ace the Batman, which is like, you know, I think he should be included, even though it's ridiculous, this whole story. And I, but, I think that they just put him there so that people wouldn't get mad. Like, what well, about that's the Ace? Thing. Well, Ace? Like, Titus up. is a Tomasi uh, created character. So, like, yeah. I'm using my character. Fuck I, Ace. I wish that both went. Uh, but yeah. You have back home. Now, the, the best part of the Crypto and Titus deal is the fact then that Crypto has to carry Titus like, like Damien gets whole carried. Thing where, like, Looks Titus, like he'll die, though. Eh, he, has yo, yeah, he has the whole harness that goes yeah. on the body. But like he goes into the barn where Bacow is. Hey, what's going on? But in dog talk... And Crypto pulls out the freaking newspaper like, you know, yeah. article and Shows puts him. it down. So I'm like, and all right, so... Everybody can read now. They like, can read. We got to they... look more into these animals because I think that metal is going around and done. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. Well, you you go off and there's Detective Chimp. He's got a, a cast on. He's laid up in bed. He's still pretty messed up from that fight against the Brotherhood of Evil last month. And I month. really, for some reason, thought this was going to tie into metal somehow. I did too. Bar. I thought he was going to go, hey, I had to run into the bar. Hey, don't worry about that. I, I would have liked that. But yeah. He's talking about Mala and, you know, Mala and stuff like that. It's it's all fancy. Mansoor Mala. They, they give, uh, you know, there's Crypto gives them the, the, you know, the note, the thing about the dogs and all the animals going. And they're like, oh, my God, you're going to get the team back together, are you? These super pets back together for one more mission? I should have known this day would come. And then he starts talking about it and just like, Flexi, yeah, the, the plastic bird, bird. Badhound, Clay Critter, Crypto, Bad Cow, and Streaky. Huh, you are a hell of a team, it's true. Never seen a finer force of fur. 
But you two don't need me to tell you what went down, what you lost on that last mission. I'm like, no, 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 you do have to tell us. Because this is all nonsense. It doesn't make sense in a a realistic kind of superhero world. Uh, But yeah, they go off then and they're like, hey, if she asks us about Streaky, like Streaky ain't going to be too pleased with what happened. And uh, they go off and yeah, you you see where Streaky is. Yeah, and then they start playing. Uh, on, on America round, and then there's Streaky there who yells at them. But yeah, then you get what did happen, but there's so little of and what I'm went down. Even the it's whole thing Star and Harley's leg- fucking yeah, we, goddamn uh, thing. Not only that, we had the Legion of fucking Pet Doom or whatever yeah, you want to call yeah, it's the, yeah, and you had Dexstar, the, Dexstar, the Red Lantern. You had Ruin Bud, the Hyenas, and yeah. I, what I can only imagine is a Court of Owls. Yeah, Court owl. of Owls Owl. It's just an owl who thinks he's part of the Court of the Owls. And basically what we get is in the middle of the fight, Clay Critter, he went down, Eric. He went down. And the other thing that gets me here, because there's Clay Critter, and you see that that is Bat Cow in the back, right? On top of the Daily Planet freaking Does it seem weird? (laughs) Does it seem weird to you? Like Bat Cow shouldn't have been involved in that? It seems like this would be a more classic thing. Jim, I can't pinpoint a single thing. Well, (laughs) Bad Cow's on top of the globe. How did he get there? Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. But, yeah, then they're there, and they basically, this is what you're going to get now. Meow. Woof, woof. Oh, my God. What are we doing? Crap is going down, Eric. It's going down here. Then they start fighting. Now, now, can you you please tell me when the point when Titus comes in the break of the cat and dog fight, we have a little thought balloon of Titus where we have a Siamese cat that's X'd out. Is that Clay Critter in a freaking cat form? No, it's what not. That? That's like one of those – maybe. Maybe that was what Clay Critter's I uh, don't form was at that and point, but it looks like one of those chip. hairless dogs. Yeah. In my, oh, is that the is that the hairless dog? Because in my that's mind, it's a it, goddamn Siamese cat. No, it looked like one oh, – it does look like a cat too. It looks like one of those hairless cats. Yeah. You know, those wrinkled up ones? Yeah. That, that's Tanya what it looks like wants to me. one of that's those. That's nonsense. Out, and we see Detective Chip. So you want to put the pets back – the super pets back together for one more mission. What does this have to do with Meow! Shrew! Flew! I should have just – I should have got Barnyard sounds. Crypto's ex? I don't know. I, maybe it was one of those that uh, Streaky uh, was confused and, and actually thought oh that Oh, my God. Clay why Critter... are we thinking about this? Yes. Meow! <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had Barnyard sounds. I uh, wish sound I'm effect. so glad we don't. That'd be so good. You, the cow says – I'm finding it. I'm founding it. The cow says – uh, go on, tell me more about it. <laughs> some more yeah, Come on, keep going. I, I'm going to find barnyard sounds so we can go. Barnyard and sound effects. And eventually the team is put back together where we're going to have one more mission. Streaky thinks to herself, I do love that crypto the super dog, even though how much of a front I put on. Let's go find those missing animals. One- and yes. client season. Oh, jeez. <laughs> keep going. I'm trying to find sound effects. Oh, God. Keep I want to get down this review. So we go to a bar, we go to a farm where there just happens to be a spaceship sitting there. Did you say a farm, Eric? 
Like that. I wanted a big fight. I, I needed a fighting bunch of sound effects. Yes. A fighting bunch of barnyard sound effects. Yeah, That's what yeah. you're looking for. It's the best thing of this because, yeah, at the, the team's back together, then they go. At this point, we are now 30 pages into an issue where we don't even know what is going on. And this is where we find out then an alien has come down and is taking the pets. mapping all these freaking critters and he wants to yeah, take them away the to a problem better place. Because he thinks that all the humans are he's terrible right. because he sees them as pets. And like, yeah. yeah, he is right. He's and right. The, the super pets take him down. Yeah, I don't want to talk about this bullshit anymore. He's right. He's right. He's like, listen, I'm going to take you to a place where, you know, you're not just pets. You you get to, you know, you'll be there. It's not even like you'll rule these humans or whatever. He's like, no, no, no. He's just got a planet where the pets are just treated as equals and they can be whatever. And then you get riff, roof, riff, 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 meow, meow. (laughs) I'm trying to (laughs) give me some more. You like that? That was pretty good. That was a so, good elf, so, right? Fuck this noise. The alien tries to escape the super pets. <laughs> Freaking... <laughs> You're a fucking madman. Oh, that's the best. See, and I'm having fun you, we, now. We gotta check into these goddamn pets then because a spaceship then breaks out of the van that the alien's driving and then crashes <laughs> in the back cow who doesn't move a goddamn bitch. It actually breaks the goddamn space shuttle thing when it yeah. runs in the back cow. I'm like, you know what? We gotta look into this fucking cow. There's something wrong. I- I'm, tr- I'm trying to catch my breath. I-, I had this barnyard brawl going on in my head, Herrick. <laughs> that was not a barnyard. That was a jungle. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> they, they, they don't, aren't elephants at the, the barnyard? No. Is that a good one? That's a no. good. Uh, that's a good it's monkey. A good monkey, one point, not on a barnyard monkey. At one, one point, as a kid, I used to sit there and just make up animal noises, and it made me so happy. Oh, then that led me here. <laughs> that path led me directly to here. So, in the end, to teach this alien a lesson, the super pets put the alien in a cage. <laughs> Yes. All they I all, wanted to they do all was help them. themselves. A job well done. Yeah, they, they're the morning, bullies. They're bullies, is what they are. That's what they yeah. are. And, they, and I went and I, hey, Titus, what do you think? There you go. <laughs> Became a monkey again at the end. <laughs> that was my favorite. Everything, imagine we're we're now talking. I'm an old man. We're talking on a podcast, and I actually do have one head scratching my head and the other under my arm. <laughs> <laughs> they always get mad at the end and then oh goodness there we go <laughs> oh, yes and then tell us what happens at the end Eric. in what the happens? end <laughs> john goes to wayne manor because flexi the fl- the plastic bird brings him there and <laughs> how can i not like an issue that's giving me so much fun I and we say. see that all the dogs are now at Wayne Manor, and Damien expects you know John to go and take them all to yes. the prop runners because this is the case that he was working on. And Crypto and Titus Paul bump at the end. That's the best. I thought you were going to miss super it. Super pets. <laughs> Come on. This is the worst sound. There we go. Here we go. That's what you heard at the end. This is the worst sound effects. Don't ever go to YouTube and look up barnyard chickens, goats, sheep, cows. That's I don't think nonsense. I would. I want everyone. I, I, I want them all to fight. 
I wanted them to fight. I need a barnyard brawl. That's what I want. But yeah. Why uh, didn't you type in barnyard blitz? I don't know. Why didn't I? Tell me more about what you liked about this issue, Eric, while I write I, barnyard fight. I really like the art is what I yeah, like. I and do that's too. About it. And I'm telling you, I don't even mind the freaking the, the back and forth between John and Damien, even though it's something we see over and over again that gets overplayed because at least that made sense to the issue. Super pets, man. Fuck me. Super. Uh, all these are actually from. I put in barnyard fight, and it's it's a fight from the movie Barnyard. All right. I don't need that, Eric. I don't need it, but yeah, well, I got to. What's your score on this on the site, Jim? Uh, nothing yet. I'll be doing that. Uh, so my score is. <laughs> what did you give it? Uh, I don't speak. I didn't tell you, but I would give it a four point nine, and that's oh. all for your art because the goddamn um, story is nonsense. I, I'm actually. <laughs> Because I had so much fun talking to you about it, I'm actually going to give it a six. I, I like the art a lot. Uh, I actually – it's so goofy. Uh, but, yeah, th- if there was more of a story, if there was something else besides just this alien at the end who actually seemed to be right, I, I think I would have scored it You know, a six, five. Because a six, pets. I'm already going too high. It should be, to me, a five, five. I'll actually go. I, I just want to be positive because I did have so much fun. I ended up crying. I was laughing so hard because I, I love annoying you. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to move on. So 5.5, that's mainly for art and the attempt at being a fun, light issue. Uh, the problem super being pets. is you have the Super Sons annual. We haven't gotten a lot of story in the regular book, and to the for the most part, it's not a darker book. So to have this light super pets annual it would have played off better in a more of a more serious dark book that you're taking in the side that really is a change of pace or whatever but because i would have this, been even more furious i think i don't know this whole know. idea these goddamn pets these fucking pets are talking well, again, to each other in the fucking mind they're like just think of just think of Tomas. I could be so angry. But I'm telling you, I love Detective Chimp. He shows up. Yeah, it's a yeah. good time. The yeah. fact that he's talking to Super yeah, and getting the Detective team back Chimp. together. Fuck you, Detective I, Chimp. The, the thing is, just like what I'm saying is, you go back to the uh, New 52 and Tomasi's book, Batman and Robin, and when you did introduce Bat Cow and then yeah. Alfred the Cat and stuff like that. That was the light fun that that book kind of needed. That book needed because Damien was such a jerk and it got. So that's why I'm saying it It works better on something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah. It was done in a realistic manner, though. It It was. Well, that's what I'm saying. At the end of this, I don't think the super pets were at fault, Eric. It wasn't Detective Chimp and the super pets reading the newspaper that threw me off. It was the lack of really any story behind it and having an alien that really was just like, oh, you don't understand. I'm trying to save you and all. It, it became a Harley book. Uh, you know, even with the – I'm saying this. It's Super Pets. So it's ridiculous to the start. But really to me, I could go with that because of what the characters are and who they are, Crypto, Titus, all that. I'll, I'll even suspend my disbelief for that. But once you have this alien freaking guy who really was nothing, then then it threw me off. That That's what actually I, did. I, I if you're going to have – Wrong What's turn. It? Whatever happened to the big white like wolf crypto that we had in the New Fifty Two? Whatever happened to that wrong turn? I got no time with a hyper time. Oh, what, what did you say? What, what was, was it? Oh, for. the big wolf. The big wolf, and and yeah, we have talked about wolf. that. The yeah. big wolf must be Superman reborn. You're must right. Be wrong turn. 
must, it must be. be. That's one you of your big things. You know we got things. it before, Reborn. <laughs> it must be, Eric. It's changed now. It's all I like changed. that big white wolf. Why is there now Ace and Titus? Must be Superman I, Reborn. I don't know why that would have anything to do no, with no, it. No, no, that, that, that makes sense. Fun. We also had a story that brought Ace into continuity. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just, I wonder... Uh, like, if it would have been better served if we would have actually just had the story of them fighting Dexstar and, you know, no! a- Lou and, you know, and Lou and Bud. Bud, Lou and Bud. And the and, owl. Uh, and owl. The, the generic owl. But yeah, what we're going to go. would you call a court of the owls owl? Pet? I would call what him Cordy. I'd call him Hootie. Hootie? 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 Yeah. <laughs> I'd call him Cordy. He went Cordy? a court, and I'd say Cordy. Cordy does that not roll Courtney. off your tongue, does it? How about oh, Courtney? Cord- Courtney, that is very clever. Of Courtney the Owl. How about Courtney of the Owls and the Court? How about that? Would you like? Terrible. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I would do? I wouldn't call it anything. I'd kill it. I hate owls. They scare the crap out of me. They really do. They, they, uh, people uh, that like owls, they, to me, they are like a freak of nature with that beak and things, you know. Look, I don't like, like anything like, like a bird, bird or Eric. A fish. I just every time I or think of an owl, or mostly. and even any time I think of an owl, I think of it ripping apart like a mouse or like a, yeah. a, a dog or maybe hacking up those pellets kind of thing that are just made of bone. Ripping and shit. apart a python, a shark. Yeah, it gets me. And then I also think, I don't know, if, if you're a D&D guy, uh, the minute I see an owl, I think of bugbears, Eric, and bugbears scare the crap out of me. So. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, bugbears. Bug bears. You look up bugbears, it'll scare you. It's like a, a goddamn bear with a with an owl beak. Bug it's bears. scary. It's scary, yeah, those things. It's kind of scary. You, did you see it? I did. It's scary, right? Yeah, you don't want bugbears. You, know, you don't get rid of them. You get them. They multiply. They, they don't die. They just multiply, Eric. And you, it's like get Bay the heck kids. Out. you get the hell out of there. Yes. Uh, but we're going to go off now to the mail. Bay-Bay's kids, I Bay-Bay's said. Bay-Bay's kids. <laughs> off to the mail. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best podcast a week. Even though Shay is such a freak. I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go To make it to the end of the episode First I'll hear Mel with Jim Now Mel with Jim And I've got a long way to go To make it to the end of the episode First I'll hear Mel with Jim Now Mel with Jim Ah, uh, yes, Eric. One from the archives. One from the archives. I actually didn't have that on my soundboard. I was getting some things together. I only have the alternate take of Mail with Eric. So It's not as good the, as Mail with Jim. Oh, no. Yeah, Mail with Jim is so good and a little... Yo, mail call. I say I don't know if that actually made it better too, because for some reason it went into that to the song. I'm like, I got hyped. Mail call. This is mail section number two. We're gonna start with Hussein who says hello, Jim, Eric. How do you do? Greetings and salutations to the Get Fresh crew. Boop boop. Wait, he says. Try and add a melody to saying. that rhyme, Jim. Hello, Jim and Eric. How do you do? Greetings and salutations to the Get Fresh crew. Ah, yeah. Poop poop. 
annuals week. I normally get to kick back and only write a couple of reviews, but I wrote four reviews, and three of them were annuals, so I had a pretty big page count. And me and you yeah. both, Hussein, it was insane. Here are some of the books I thought were worth talking about. Number one, Batman Creature of the Night, number one. This is a really intriguing and emotionally resonant story. The art is fantastic. I was gripped by the characters. I love Kurt Busiak. He's doing excellent work on Astro City at the moment as one of the best writers working in the industry. DC seems to be really pushing these miniseries. Elseworld Tales, now with White Knight, Mystic U, New World Order, and Creature of the Night. It's awesome, and I agree and uh yeah and if you want to hear about it again bane? does that count bane no oh he's not talking about that no Bane. it's funny no uh mention of mr miracle either too i was batman actually trying to think no, about their stuff there i'm like i feel like we're batman, missing stuff. yes batman and again those are maxi series but True. batman annual number two this issue didn't stick with me as much as it did for other people yeah you know here's a hint eric i did like it <laughs> it He's might shock people. About it. it might shock people, Eric, but I still like it. But Good. Lee Weeks is a damn treasure and needs to have an sure ongoing, is. preferably not written by Tom King. He was just local, uh, Lee Weeks. We could have went and got something. Oh, that was today? Him. Yeah, it was today. The story was all right, and the first half of the story interested me much more than the second half did. It's funny. It's the exact opposite of Dancing Mike earlier. Weeks draws a hell of exactly a book I felt too. that reminds me of David Masicelli. Mazzucelli, Eric. Number three, Super Sons Annual number one. This was a really fun story that read really quick for me. It would read quick because half of the deal is... There's barely any People have already heard that nonsense. I'm curious to hear Jim's thoughts on it since he bailed on it on Tuesday night. Yeah, See, I just, I, just, I just wanted to have four reviews. Like Hussein, I had five, and that's nonsense on an annual week. And, and everybody, you bloodsuckers in the Slack chat, <laughs> and people give me so much crap that there, I did do it. And take that. Take that there. <laughs> it was funny. I'm writing it, and I'm thinking like everybody, hey, Jim, you still haven't done it. Jim, you still haven't done it. I'm like, oh, I'll give it to them. I'm like, you guys are lucky that I already said my score on the podcast. I, I would have put a, a little screws in for you and given it a 2 out of 10. Also, a quick update on the Steve Orlando Twitter message. And this is a message that Steve Orlando did send to Hussein because Hussein also does. He's a brother in arms with me yeah. uh, doing the JLA book. And he ended up uh, you know, sending a direct message to Hussein that said, hey, I'm sorry that uh, I think the almost exact was, hey, I'm sorry that your my JLA is not connecting with you, but thanks for sticking it out. I, I, it was funny because when he said that he got this message, I immediately went to Twitter to see if I got a message as well. He's not so happy with me sticking it out, Eric. No. Turns out. He says, turns out he's been checking on me from time to time after I offered my sympathies to him when he tweeted about his dying aunt. He then asked me to hit him up whenever I wanted. Such a nice guy. And and really, we, we talk about these books and things like that. Uh, Steve Orlando is one of the nicest guys. Oh, out yeah. There. He really is. I actually talked to him a little. Now, I, I think that he probably... Uh, you know, probably doesn't really want to talk to me, but uh, we were talking a little about uh, cover bands that uh, cover band he was in. And he is. He's he's a nice, nice guy. Uh, more than that. He's way more nice than I'll ever be. Uh, I just I'm not connecting with his books, but hopefully I did enjoy that Supergirl the last time with him and Jody Hauser. And that leads me to believe that 
his ideas are good. I, I just his uh, his scripts are not you know what I like, but we'll see. Maybe he'll turn around here. He's learning. Maybe. I don't know how far in events you guys talk about this, but I have two contenders for writer of the year. And yes, right. uh, he did ask when we're going to be doing that. And each year we do have oh, God a damn, we're gonna do award that show. Yeah, we do have an award show every year, and we'll have more to announce. But usually it is between Christmas and the first week of uh, New Year's, so the New yeah. Year. So it'll be somewhere around there. Uh, sometimes we got lucky where there weren't many books that week, but I don't think we're going to get lucky this week. But his contenders. For writers of the year, Christopher Priest and Scott Snyder. I'm leaning more towards Priest since his work on Deathstroke is just so goddamn excellent. Metal needed to release more regularly for me to seriously consider Snyder as my top choice. I hope Priest kicks ass on Justice League. I'll be reading it soon. I'm extremely pumped. As for Artist of the Year, there are more than two contenders. My choice would be Carlos Pagulan, Sean Murphy, Clay Mann, Jason Flaubach, Howard Porter, Patrick Zercher, Lee Weeks, Juan Ferreira, V. Ken Marion did some great work on Trini, but I See, don't I know if I would have loved to give the Jason Flaubach, but what do you do, like one book yeah, this year? Yeah, that's the problem, yeah. David Finch's work on I Am Bane was masterful, but he hasn't been seen since. Michael Yannon should have been on my list, but I've been a bit soured on his art lately. For Book of the Year, there's not much to choose from. Deathstroke, Metal, the main event, not including the various tie-ins, New Superman, and Red Hood and the Outlaws, though I haven't caught up with those last two. Uh, yeah, I, I love Red Hood and the Outlaws when it started. It's just not much has happened since. So I got to – and uh, all those books, though, are really good. And Dexter Soy might be on that goddamn list for yeah, Best Artist of the Year stuff. He is and, like, consistently yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm going to have to sit down and really uh, think about it. When the time comes and you guys announce your picks, I'll send my detailed choices in as well. It'll be fun. Have a great week and talk to you guys soon. And thank you. And th that's the thing, too. Thank uh, you, sir. With all of these things, we always end up having like a show. One year we had to have two shows because we got so much mail in. So we'll see how that goes as well. Uh, but we'll announce it in the next couple of weeks what we're doing. The next email is from Brandon. Brandon says, Sup, fellas? Sup, Random Brandon. tidbits and discoveries of the week. Pretty crazy week at the Murray Rent a Castle. I'm officially a homeowner. And congrats to Brandon today. He's a what? He, he bought a house. He oh. ended up, this has taken him a while. He ended up having a ho an inspection today that cost him like $600. It took six hours of his day away. Uh, he's he's all stressed. I'm officially a homeowner. After the offer ahead of mine fell through. He he won by default, Eric. On the house I won it. It's and that's so the funny weird. thing. It, it's so funny to me is that when we went to buy the house, there were a couple bids or whatever. And again, it was a contest to me. And I got angry and I tried to think of ways I could skew it. A my million way. dollars. I may have set somebody's house on fire. I'm not sure. It a, It's a complete remodel, which is good for my unhandy ass, and I just have to buy a few appliances. This also means all the money I've ever saved in my life is soon gone, and I'm now officially broke for the foreseeable future. So stormy days ahead. Detective Comics, it was nice knowing you. Uh, then so I discovered I'm, I'm something. I'm guessing you're not going to go buy an engagement ring or anything like that, huh? No, I already sent him that. I told him, and he, I put, I, I actually sent him the, uh, the animated Jeff of put a ring on this finger, and he <laughs> wrote, now you, because obviously everybody in his life said that this has to happen. Well, you can't buy a house and not do that. Then I discovered something. Oh, what are you doing? Something. Just playing house, Brandy? Yeah, just playing there house? he goes with it. It's not just a roommate now. You. <laughs> then I discovered something pretty interesting. My daughter is absolutely in love with Eric Shea. No, actually, she's in love with the OG Home Alone movie. 
this year, requesting right, right. it now after catching it on Thanksgiving for the first time. Such a good movie. That may be one of the most – like I don't think that movie – it'll take a while for it to be dated because all kids dream of stuff like that and want the kid to be a hero. So I still I, dream I, of being alone for the holidays. Yes, yeah, I do too. Now I'm all – and then I wake up to this nightmare. Now I'm all for this. It's been on repeat all week in the – but it also makes me feel old as balls because this uh, did, did is one of my. Did he put on her own two then? What the hell? Why is he, he just might, one? Because that's all she wants. See, that's the problem. You, you you pipe in like this. You have never had a kid. You, you no. don't understand. I'm telling you. I uh, had to hear. Now I didn't watch most. I used to hear Lion King coming from Alex's room twenty four seven. You you can't say like, hey, did why he don't have you? Lion King no. too? No, it, no, it doesn't matter. That's why you don't know kids. They, they don't want any Lion King 2 or Home Alone 2. They want a nonstop stream of the one movie that they like at that particular time. This is why Zach ended up that with Shrek. So I had to watch Shrek like over and over and over. We'd go in the car. Shrek would be on. It'd just be on all, all the time. I remember going to theaters with my dad and middle brother. So Brandon said he was eight when Home Alone came out. Yeah. And a, it's a 27-year-old movie. Good God. I also discovered Eric is the most paranoid person I've ever talked to in my life. Here I am joking with Eric over DMs. <laughs> oh, and he no. thinks I'm trying to set him up to say something awful to use for content on the podcast. Jim, what have you done to this poor man? He is like a battered spouse. You played his drunk clips back at him so many times. You mean like this one here? Here is my favorite drunk Eric clip. Segregregereshi. Yeah, that's my. Favorite. I sound terrible drunk. Uh, Eric is shell shocked. Like I told Eric, DMs are private business. I would never use a chat to slander the good name of the continuity kid, Eric Shea. There's nine hours of podcasting a week where he does a good enough job of that <laughs> all his own. Do you hear me, Brandon? <laughs> Do you hear me, Brandon? Jolly Drew was very so un- unjolly. Jolly Drew. Let's hear that again. I love that. It's like, hey, give me some pep there, wrong turn. Do you hear me, Brandon? Oh, thank you. That's not appropriate because I'm angry about that. Yes, yes. That, yes. That is, that is obviously the quote, that wrong turn. is true. I got no time with a hyper time. I don't have no time with a hyper time either. Better fasten Look, I... up. Your dues dame clock is going <laughs> to be a bumpy ride. Play, play the hyper time again. Let's do it one you more time. The hyper time. I got no time with a hyper time. I'm telling you, there's a lot of emotion. Like he heard the word hyper time, and all of a sudden it sparked his imagination. I imagine he's moving his shoulders about his. I got uh, a no time for a hyper. What time. were you saying, Eric? That from now on, from this point forward. That we don't really have a new 52 Superman that died? Must be Superman Reborn. <laughs> that's my uh, favorite. Now that's so confusion a, in that that's sentence. A, that is a happy fellow. Must be Superman Reborn. Yes, it must be. There's Jolly a question Drew. mark after every space. <laughs> Jolly Drew. Now you're making me laugh. Jolly Drew was very unjolly during last week's call. As the self-appointed Weiner line reviewer, I would like to say don't be sad when you call in anymore. I count on that jolliness to inspire me through me Monday's too. overtime at work. Damn it. I needed a Red Bull extra early that day. And here is his books. I wonder if he's going to say this. Must be Superman Reborn. Yeah, it is. It's like everything is a question. Batman <laughs> Annual. Well, let me start off by saying this. I don't hate Tom King's stories and arcs normally, just lately, and I don't hate the Batman and Catwoman relationship or idea of being married. 
Batman can sign his life and money away all he wants that dumb. Yeah. I was going to say, Brandon, he, he reads this bat and cat stuff, and he's like, I, I just can't relate to this engagement. What, what is that? I have a feeling. This is – mark my words. And I hope that Brandon's roommate doesn't listen to this. Brandon is definitely going to be one of those guys that's engaged for like seven years, right? <laughs> this engagement's going to happen. Oh, yeah. that, that wedding's not happening until 2026. Now, I, was just, I was just thinking now because I don't, I don't know why I never thought of it before. Maybe this whole setup for years, it's the greatest heist ever planned because all she has to do now is talk him out of her signing a prenup. Greatest yeah. heist ever. Yes. Yes, it is. Now, what I do have a problem with is feeling bored and depressed. Reading Batman stories, which I've gotten way too much of lately. Uh, This may shock you, Eric, and surprise the listeners, but I may have liked that annual a little. I'm a super fan of shitty action movies like Bad Boys. Check. Fast and the Furious. Where's Point Break, Eric? Old school 90s stuff like Demolition Man. How about that? He didn't mention that. I threw that in. Demolition Man. uh, How about The Rock? Eric, how about that? How about the rock? How about blood sport? You like how that about one? Con you like, Air. You like that? How about over the top? Con how Air. About how about Die Hard, Eric? I've been telling how wrong turn it? all week. Yeah. Oh, he ended up watching Ant Man and then sat there and tried to prove to me that he's watched Ant Man. I haven't watched Ant Man. So oh. I, I kept telling him, and then he got so sad because he had nothing then to talk about. Because he's like, and then he does this. That happens, right? I'm like, I don't know. And then finally, I'm like, listen. You wait for Eric to show up and talk this nonsense because I haven't seen it, so I don't know. And I don't need waited. him lying to me and anymore. And then he waited, Eric, and you didn't show up. Yeah, You can tell when he's really seen a movie and if he's lied. And he did see Ant-Man. I told him over Why the Why does weekend, he lie to me all the time? I don't know. He wants to fit in. He wants you to like him. He, he's just looking for love. I uh, I told him to watch Die Hard, and we'll see if he does. And then I want him to say, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker, and I can only imagine the mangling he'll do of that. Shit no, like that. because Jimmy's I, already there doing the same thing. Yeah, shit like that. I don't need masterpiece storytelling, stressing emotions constantly to be the focus of a story, to enjoy it, which is where the book has been pulled to. What happened to Batman solving mysteries and kicking ass? Solving crimes and singing some rhymes, Eric. Court of the Owls of Anyone was fantastic, and that's all that was. But he says the Snyder haters yeah. can complain about his quote-unquote changes, and I don't like them all that much either. But at least looking changes. back, it was, was an exciting time. You know, Batman may not be great looking. Well, where different things happen. <laughs> Might make, have proper hygiene. <laughs> I, I may have hygiene problems. Making the next issue anticipate in some way. Now I feel like all I'll be getting next week is some way to clever, some way a clever bullshit with Batman and Superman possibly walking their dogs in a park as they speak in metaphors about the women in their lives and how they keep them on the straight and narrow. I will tell you, Brandon. Wait, wait, where is it here? Do you hear me, Brandon? Do you hear me, Brandon? I have read next week's issue, and that does not happen. So there. So there, Brandon, you may wish it does. I like Tom King best in small doses I've discovered on mini and maxi series or unique one shots like the Elmer Fudd book, which was great. It really was not a regular biweekly. No, it's not great because now it's in continuity somehow. Well, you know what? It was great when I was reading it. That's really all I've read so far this week. Now that's DC related, although I have dove into Final Crisis this week, which I don't find as difficult to understand as has been advertised. And I'm actually enjoying four issues in. All right, gents, that is Brandon. We're going to go off to Dark Hawk number 51, oh, Eric, Dark Hawk. where him and Trevor 
are going to talk about that uh, for the Marvel Minute. And just a, a shout-out that we usually don't do. But, yeah, go and check out their podcast as well, their Marvel, Marvel Madness podcast. That'd be awesome. Uh, but, yeah, let's take it over to Trevor and Brandon. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. This is Marvel Minute. I am Brandon, as always, joined by Trevitt. Trevitt, what's up, man? Nothing much, nothing much. What's going on? Got the, got the sleepies out of your eyes there? Yeah, yeah. I've been trying for like 20 minutes. But <laughs> uh, we're talking Darkhawk number 51 here. It was the vote winner over, I think I only put one other choice up there, Old Man Logan. Uh, it's written by Chad Bowers and Chris Sims, art team of Kev Walker and Jarva Tart Tartaglia. I don't know. Yep, I think that's right. <laughs> that's a tough one. Uh, anyway, Marvel Comics production here. We're gonna get into a little blurb and tell you guys what we think about uh, this this one shot here, which definitely, out of all of them that we've read, sets up at least for the long game, more than any of the others. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like a, a complete story, more so like a beginning of a story. You know what I'm saying there? Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is our final one-shot uh, of the month of November. I don't think there's any in December either. I think this one-shot stuff is over, isn't it? Yep, this is the last one. Okay. Uh, and we finally get to the one I've looked most forward to when this little running theme of the month was announced. So does 90s nostalgia deserve to remain where it was born, or does the rebirth of Darkhawk have some teeth for a possible ongoing in the future? Let's check out what's going on here, shall we? Uh, well, I don't know. I always thought Darkhawk was cool, but to be honest with you, I've probably read one or two books he's ever been in. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying there? I don't know <laughs> really much about him at all. So, and uh, the, this issue does a pretty good job of filling you in and on what you don't know if you haven't... Um, you know, kept up on him like me and just think he looks cool. Uh, oh, yeah. So the issue begins with Chris Powell, that's his name, Darkhawk, uh, have, having this reoccurring nightmare of, of being in the nulls of space at this Tree of Shadows. Uh, so this Tree of Shadows, I guess from what I understand here, uh, is kind of like the birthplace of the universe's most efficient killing machines, these raptor dudes, which Darkhawk is one of. Uh, and then the trees like fruit is these gems that give these dudes their power, right? Okay. Yep. All right. So I'm not as dumb as I th think sometimes. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Darkhawks is, is basically a, a little bit different than ev everyone else's because they're not supposed to mesh with humans, really. He's kind of got like a Star-Lord thing going on there. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he's maybe half something else. Um. So, so in this dream, you know, these other fellow raptors come come for Chris. They're, like, blaming him for corrupting, you know, their ancient space fraternity. Uh, and, and this is what always happens, and then he ends up waking up. Okay, buddy. Uh, Can you close the door? 
Yeah, yeah we got chaos everywhere here today. Um, so, so he springs up from from this nightmare he has, and and then he is I don't know. Just you get a quick recap of where he's currently at in life. Uh, he's got this girlfriend. What his job is. Um, and he hasn't been able to be Darkhawk lately. Is kind of really the idea that she gets going on here. There's some going on with this gem where it doesn't cooperate with him anymore. He doesn't get to transform into into you know that armor and and you know have the powers of of Darkhawk. But he is he is a cop, so that's his way of you know continuing to be a hero. Um, he he kind of wonders if he should give up this this crystal and give up this. This, you know, life of having any hope of being Darkhawk again, which his girlfriend 100% supports there. Um, and then we get a quick recap of, I don't know, like a six-panel history of Darkhawk's past, basically. You know what I'm saying? Summing up the different adventures he's been on and been through. Um, next to the next part of our story here. Uh, so, so he's just doing cop things um he gets a call to go to this place i, I think it's called wonderland like some rundown amusement park uh, yeah it's where he found originally found the crystal yeah yeah so this is he he's interested in this call because that's where he found the crystal this is a place he recognizes and, and knows a little about even though it's run down and shut down at this point um and and when he gets there as he's investigating things it looks like nothing's going down uh and he kind of gets like fakely startled by two fellow officers who know his dad's past and, and try to get him to, I don't know, you know, be a dirty cop, you know, take money for, I don't know, letting things slide and things like that, whatever dirty cops do and get money for, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a dirty cop. I don't really know how all that works. Uh, Did you it, notice it, the guy in the top right corner, like chilling on the roller coaster? No. Well, well, you mean like the raptor dudes kind of sneaking around? Yeah, 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 yeah. I did pick up on that because uh, his like armor's glowing a little bit. Like he's got this blue glow to him. Another one's got a red glow to him. Um, I like the predator in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just kind of sneaking around, and he sees all this go down. Kind of before these three can get in a fight, because Chris turns them down. These bad guys interrupt everything, and. I don't know. They completely vaporize this one dude. He like turns into. I imagine there's nothing left. He's just like moon dust. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he just he had it coming too. Yeah. The the other cop looks like he turns and just sprints away. Like his hat's coming off as he's running away. So he's out of town. And um, you know, Chris is left here to fight these two. There's two of them. Two raptors that emerge. One again is like glowing blue. The other's got these red powers. Like we got a red and blue Superman thing going on here. Uh, so they start mixing it up, and they're they're whooping Chris's ass at first. He gets sent through. I don't know. Is it like this? Just quote unquote. You know, comic book abandoned warehouse going on here. Uh, yeah. So he gets I think it's hit. like Mira Funhouse. Yeah, yeah, he gets hit into that's what it was, and uh, like an abandoned funhouse because they then they start running into all these mirrors. That's what's that's what's going on. Like they hit the mirror part of the funhouse, and he gets slammed through a mirror. He's got glass all in his face and his shoulders and stuff. Uh, and, and this red glowing bad guy. I don't know where the blue one went right now. Um, oh, didn't he get whacked in the face with uh, 
That's right. I, I kind of skipped over a part when they're in the mirrors, the blue one's hunting Chris down and he pulls out like his, his pop baton, you know, one of those slide batons, those cool ones. And, uh, like comes and cracks this thing in the face and it hurts him. He didn't think it would hurt him. So they're not like real Raptors with full power sets, uh, which gives him an opening to hurt them. He knocks the blue one out and then he's left with the red one who grabs the gem and, and something kind of starts happening here when, when the red one grabs the gem. Uh, it doesn't turn Chris into Darkhawk. It turns... This red armored bad guy kind of into Darkhawk, uh, but Karis. this part of it called Razor. Yeah, Karis is the bad guy's name, right? Yeah, Karis. Yeah, Karis. He's the and he's he the guy turned, who's in the armor. He, t- he turns into like the Razor part of Darkhawk. Like he's got this other persona that's all evil called Razor. Uh, so like takes over Karis basically. Um, and then touches Chris, and they go on like this mystical journey. <laughs> they go on this mystical <laughs> journey together, like this vision is had that these two are a part of. And he spills the beans as this razor persona that he's not really bad anymore, like Chris is accustomed to to knowing him to be. And I don't know. Basically, he's like magically all better, and he wants to help Chris now, right? <laughs> that that sums it up. Yeah. Kinda. He needs uh, th- th- something wrong. Like he can't draw any power from that tree with all the crystals, so he can't heal himself. So apparently, there's something special about Chris's DNA where he'll be able to heal if they merge again. So that's why he's like being good, so he can he can use the power again or whatever. Yeah, I, I guess I guess like he evolved, like the Razor personality evolved into something new, and he, real, uh, you know, he's not bad anymore. Yeah. Uh, now, when he comes back here, um, what happens to the red bad guy? Uh, that's actually a really good question. I think he got scared and took off. Because <laughs> he's now, Darkhawk is now merged with Chris, right? Yeah, yeah. He merged with, oh, no, the Chris. other bad guy that he merged with. I, I don't know what happens to him. You never know that him, that's uh, the part I was out. fuzzy on it and I got lost a little bit on because <laughs> either the, the red bad guy totally disappeared and Chris like merged with him and that gem Darkhawk and, and they're all one now or that, I don't know. He just ran away. You're right. Like he, but the blue guy's still hanging out there. Yeah, he is. Uh, I thought I was, I, I was meeting the blue guy when he ran away. I don't know what happened to the guy that it first merged with. Maybe he just I have no vaporized. clue. They don't even show us. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe vaporized. You know, there's two people that have vaporized this issue. So it's a little fuzzy as far as spelling out what exactly happens there. Uh, like they do a good job of summing up, you know, the armored bad gone good. But uh, like, I don't know, as far as what happens to the bad guy in the whole situation, that's a little weird. But then we get like this cliffhanger panel of, of you know, some space lord named Lord Telnor. And he's, you know, all, all pumped up this new Darkhawks back in action, and he's ready to take them on. And, and that's kind of where we're left off with the the issue as it concludes. He's from Guardians. Uh, is, remember, is, remember when I'm they were still, fighting I'm the bad with remember, remembering just these super odd character names. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's not yeah, a yeah. name that sticks movie or comic-wise. 
some of these space <laughs> guys have a tough time remembering. So if you say that, I 100% believe you and take your word for it. I just don't remember that stuff. It's from um, that issue when they were fighting over the Nega bands. I think we covered it, I think. Yeah. So, like, uh, what? Was that number one or number six? Because those are the ones uh, I know I've read. One. Way back then. Um, uh, I think it might have been five or six. Let me check. Okay. Check. Yeah, it, it, the middle one we read, maybe. Uh, but anyway, buy, borrow, or forget as far as this issue goes. I'm firmly in the borrow camp. I liked it. I didn't have any problems with it. Uh, you know, like like I said, I was a little confused as towards the uh, conclusion of things as, as far as what went down. Uh, but the art was pretty decent. You know, I didn't have any problems as far as that goes. Um, kind of looked a little bit like it didn't match the tone of the story at first. But I, I either got used to it and didn't mind by the end or it changed a little bit. Uh so whatever happened, I was okay with it by the end of the story. I didn't mind it really, um, but I think this is firmly borrow camp. Like, uh, you know, it wasn't wasn't awesome or mind blowing. I liked Silver Sable a little better still. I think uh, as far as rating these one shots goes, but um, yeah, I mean that's what I think. Uh, what do you what do you know? You know anything different than that, or or what? Were you more in love um, with? Um, I uh, it was okay. Uh, I I did enjoy. Silver Sable a little bit more, uh, but this was cool because it actually fit into a story that's currently going on right now. Um, it was number six of Guardians, was and it? that's what I like about it the most is that it, yeah, uh, that's what I like about it the most is that even if he doesn't get his own book, he still could show up yeah. in uh, Guardians or the Infinity Countdown um, because his story, even though it's sort of his own story, it still kind of blends in because. Talonor was at the beginning of, um, I think, the la the first issue, the first legacy issue of um, Guardians of the Galaxy. He was the guy in the beginning sitting on the throne of all the Nova Corps helmets. Um, yeah, okay. And, uh, and yeah, they're going to play a big part in, in that story. So we, we could still see him show up in the future, even if he doesn't get his own book. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. The art was pretty good it reminded me a little bit a little bit of a, like a, of a Derek robertson kind of style and um yeah, it was pretty cool but I, I you know i wouldn't tell anybody to i mean unless you're reading guardians but i'd still i'd still tell you that to just borrow it i, I it's definitely not a buy all, all of these one shots were kind of were kind of borrowish uh they were cool yeah. I don't know if they would do well if they were maybe if they made them a mini series they'd do okay but I, I don't think as an ongoing they would do very well but uh, yeah they would die, they would die down quick I think too um, but yeah everything other than Master of Kung Fu I would kind of recommend a borrow level oh yeah <laughs> don't forget a Master, Fuck Kung Master Kung Fu. Kung Fu. don't need to read that, was, that, one. that was the uh, fucking worst the absolute yeah that looked worst. bad um, but yeah we're gonna wrap things up here guys if you're looking for more of us you can find us on Marvel Madness Comics Podcast we're gonna only talk two other books this week, some Venom and some Old Man Logan, so you can hear that there. Uh, just search Marvel Madness or Marvel Madness Comics, you'll find us. And uh, yeah, you're looking for us on Twitter, I'm at Beamer3660. Trevitt, where are you at, man? I'm at Ephronetics. And we will holler at you guys next week. Look for the poll on Monday. And again, Aaron, if I don't put it up, remind me. Uh, so yeah, later guys.
All right, here we are with Reggie. How you doing, Reggie? Hello. Hello. Reggie is at this moment in England, but not That's at this right. moment. Not at the moment. Time travel. Time travel. Hear this, though. I probably am in jolly o. That is true. English. That's that is a problem for future Reggie. And yes, what, being uh, in England. When I was there, it was a Bournemouth. Problem. Would you suggest I go see Jim? What site in Bournemouth? I would what just sites go. In I Bournemouth? would go to the uh, the ocean. Uh-huh. And and after you see that, just keep on walking. Keep yeah. on walking right into that. I'd say to just the waves, going. but if I remember, yeah. it was a pretty calm ocean when I was there. Not a lot of waves. Will, will I find the Blarney Stone out uh, there? No. Is that where I will find the You'll find the bullshit stone. Uh-huh. It's probably just one of the 8,000 stones on that beach. That's pretty much stone. There's no sand there. It's just rocks. Just I'm telling you, I remember when rocks. I was there, I actually thought to myself, like, the fuck by now haven't they gotten rid of these rocks and just fucking shipped in some sand? I get this like a goddamn beach. But even then, it was the summer. And I'm telling you, I think it went up to like 73 the whole summer. It was raining every goddamn day. Nice. And and in my mind, I think that only because I hate it every second. And all second the, and all the Brits were out there in like their one piece bathing suits, like Corey Blimey. Yeah, no, it's no, a, actually, did I it? Actually, right? it was a nude beach when we went, and uh, was not told of that. And and in yeah. fact, I believe that Jeremy has the same thing as I did. That the first time he ever saw like any sort of tits and ass in person was on a Bournemouth nude beach, and I said, yeah. We were there. It was and more of a topless. From, it was a topless beach uh, for us. And I don't even like to. I didn't even go topless as a young male on there because I was nervous. I didn't know. And what that's, was that's nervous of what? I was nervous of the ladies looking. They had their boobs out and stuff like that. You know, going to town. I, I didn't when, need that. That's when Jim said, "Mom, I want to have a stack of pancakes." No, Some yeah, I wanted a stack of pancakes. What I did was the, the classic pancake. of when I got up off my towel, it had a hole in the sand oh, uh, that, I know that and went. And it was weird because there weren't even any ladies there yet. That was early. <laughs> no, I, you could you could go to my uh, probably find where my grandparents lived, burn that place down, then go and find my aunt, slap her upside the face. Uh, I, right. I really have no problem with her. I just want you to get arrested in a foreign land. And yes. uh, other than that, uh, you could talk to my cousins. My cousins are very nice. Uh, they're very young, though. It's one of those that my aunt had kids Weird. way late. She was experimenting with lesbianism for a while. Yeah. And uh, so I actually have cousins that are like 32 years younger than me. So, wow. But while you're there, I- I'm sure that uh, Harry's engagement will be all the rage still. So I'm you- sure you can enjoy be. that. Right. That'll be good. Uh, and I don't know. Uh, you could go to Liverpool. Uh, I went. I wanted to go. There have a bit of fish and chips. Eh? Uh, I did have fish and chips then. Uh, but other than that, just don't drink too much black currant juice without a toilet nearby. There's a little will, tip. There's a tip from me to you. When we went and picked black currants, I talked about this. We were picking them. Uh, and I was eating them, which you're not supposed to, and then I had to take a shit in the middle of a big field. While other people were there, for and reason, I had to. For some reason, most of the things you advise me to do involve, you know, being near a toilet. Yeah. I don't know oh, what. Yeah. It, some, just it's about like, everything. It's like the gym lifestyle, you know. You yeah, just gotta be is. near a toilet. You just all always, time. always know where the nearest toilet is. Is what I say. And I remember, <laughs> uh, I ended up having to, to crap, but I can't consider that crapping in my pants because I didn't. I just crapped in this field. Fertilizer, boom, done. I, I should have charged the people too, but I was to warned. Works. I was warned not to eat <laughs> these black currants after the fact. That was the, and I think actually there was a bucket that I ended up dumping in, and I made my brother stand there to uh, shield me from other people. 
So there you go. A bucket is not shitting your pants. I was not an adult then, but I, I consider myself a uh, very mature young man. So I've never right. shit my pants except uh-huh. the one time when I was a little kid. So there you go. But Fair we're enough. here. We're here not to talk about shitting your pants, yeah, Reggie. That's a perfect uh, segue to the, our first book it is. right here. Yeah, yeah, because this one shit the bed is what I oh. think it did. But Reggie, tell us what we're talking about. It is Aquaman Annual Number 1, written by Philip Kennedy Jackson, art by Max Fumara and Dave Stewart. Whoa, mercy, mercy me. Oh, things are just what they used to be. What happened to the new ideas? Now black mercies grow in the north and south and east. Whoa, mercy, mercy me. Oh, it only works one time, then let it be. When I see a fantasy life, I know in a hero's chest, black mercy grows. Yes, yes. You you know what I don't like? Annuals. You don't uh, like annual, them? No, I, I don't really like them. Uh, only because Would really to me. Would you prefer if Fifth Week had an event like Bloodlines? No, no. I, well, that would be okay. You know what I'd prefer? Go the Marvel way. Just just put out the next week of books. Does it matter? <laughs> just keep going. Keep going with it and go with the flow. I mean, they just everything shifts the same way. Like we say, if, if everything's there then nothing is there i don't know that that makes sense you're still maintaining the you know the weeks that you're doing just do that i know it's different with the twice monthly and it kind of throws things a little off then but uh i and and again i will say i'm gonna change what i said it's not that i hate annuals (laughs) i hate annuals like this that are pretty much the generic annual where if i think of an annual that means nothing and an annual that you can skip this aquaman is certainly it uh, basically, it ends up being a dream, and I'll just spoil yeah. it right now. It's the Black Mercy uh, at it again. Oh, Black Mercy, you've done it again. Because I know. Uh, by that, all this, that's you're... the big problem with it. As a matter of fact, I'd like it better if annuals were just out just of continue. continuity stories. Uh, you know, uh, here's the there thing, really go... is no. I'm t- either continue the story, or if you do need a break, you're going to use it as a break. Then yeah, throw it in some and do something fun with it. This Black yeah. Mercy story in this Aquaman is not fun, and it touches too much on kind of what's going on. And and Eric said before we even started, basically it's the non-fun parts of Aquaman. Well, that's the thing is we're in a really cool area in my mind. Like this is almost a rejuvenation of Aquaman for Rebirth, and what we're doing with this annual story is going back at a time when Aquaman was less interesting. Why do you want to do that? Yeah, yeah, and and really, you have a lot of setup in the regular run. Now, this isn't by Dan Abnett, so Spindrift it's, it's kind of different. Uh, oh, I'm telling you, have the uh, you know, have some of those guards, have Merc, whatever, have a side story with them. I mean, they have to be up to some things, and you could do that something could be cool. like Tales that. Tales from the Drift. Yeah, Tales there from the Drift, something like that, something that will tie into the story. Maybe even gives you a little more flavor to the regular story, but. You don't but this get to is know your Atlanteans. This is a dream. That's all it is. <laughs> or is it a nightmare? This is your life. Yeah, because basically it starts out with Aquaman, who I'll tell you right now, I, I hate to really bag on people, but you know, I you know the me. Issue. The art is terrible. <laughs> it, it is, and it maybe it I don't be, hate it, but I do. Oh my god, it's I hate it. It's definitely uneven. It's I, not suited for this is, book. Well, where it fails is when he draws people. 
Yeah, that's, and and that's sort of important, but everything else looks all right actually. I like yeah, and maybe, but again, maybe if this was like a book, like a swamp thing, or yeah. you know, maybe something like that, it would be better off. But you're also coming out. Or if out... it was background, the building superhero yeah, yeah, that was just no, all background. I'd like that. Danny the Street, the book. <laughs> Danny maybe. the World. Uh, but yeah, when 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 you have this though, you're also coming out of a book that Stepan Sedgwick has been on. That's pretty good art i mean i don't think that's that what aquaman fully... is really known for right now is it's art yeah. and also and... the whole new look for aquaman and the new like you know idea that he's yeah. not king yeah this is this is crazy because when you first see aquaman i mean right when you see him i'm like uh, you better get off the heroin buddy i mean he's looking bad <laughs> he looks like spike from buffy it's who he's got he a looks swimmer's like. body man yeah. it's a little it looks like that's spike from it's... buffy if spike was a mongoloid i'm telling you he's got a swimmer's body and a fucking horse face is what he's <laughs> got he looks like he looks like uh oh geez who's that guy from uh eric uh, shea uh vincent uh, gallo he looks like vincent vincent gallo or maybe okay. Adrian yeah Brody, he does right? a little okay. he does a little uh, but in this it starts off where he is finding a new spot to set up a new city that will be part of a, a Atlantis that's kind of a, a combo of the surface and the deal. Again, it's spindrift light or, yeah. or, or you know, wet. Hello. Yeah, yeah, crown spire. So he's going to set like this Eric's up. just half in and half out of the water at the beach. Eric's always half in and half out. And when you're doing this then, he's there I with Mara. I don't even Mara. know what that means. I don't either. He's there with Mara saying, like, all this stuff. Oh, we can set it up here. That's nice. You know, he tries to talk to fish and they don't respond and go away but that's just left to be and uh then we go and move ahead in the future where there is this crown spire and he's getting a visit from superman wonder woman and hal jordan but they are obviously older hal jordan obviously is missing an arm and has a construct arm uh as they come down it's funny because they're there because uh, Mara and Arthur have a son, Tom, and they're, it's like his coming a out party. A little fucking monster. Oh, it's his coming out party, and the best Jim part of this issue to me. Oh, the, oh. the best part, though, the funniest part is when they try to explain, like, hey, uh, Batman couldn't make it. Bruce couldn't make it. Oh, you know what? It's not a big deal. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the, he Aquaman has not been around the Justice Leaguers in a very long time and calls out to them and says, can you please come here for this, you know, celebration? And and Bruce does not come now. It ties in later. Why? But it doesn't really make sense. He's an asshole, uh, too. You well, know? he is. He's, but then they're like, I want the pageantry. Come on. Oh, you know, yeah. you think he's going to be here in this big brightly lit crown yeah. spire well and i'll tell you superman looks like he got hit by the ugly kryptonite i don't know what color that is wonder woman looks okay hal jordan looks decent like yeah. from when he sees i'm like yeah he looks decent haggard, enough. But okay. it's a haggard older uh deal and arthur in this the older version of arthur looks okay uh, yeah. But then they say, he hey, looks I like wanna... an older version of Arthur that we're dealing with like yeah, right now. So it looks OK. And it's it's very weird. It actually if Eric looks if he's looking at the part with Arthur and Mara, the old Arthur and Mara, where they're sitting there as they're introducing everyone. And before it actually looks a lot like Brian Ching's art from Superwoman or Supergirl. It looks so much like that, that this style is kind of like I that know, the, style. The style to me, the whole thing with the weird faces and the big eyes, it actually really reminds me of this terrible, like they've had, in the 90s, they had a bunch of spinoff comics to ElfQuest, like dealing with yeah. different characters. So mm -hmm. like different writers and artists would take over and just tell these little stories. 
And they, this is what it reminds me of them trying now, to do Wendy Petey style on their own. It was just awful. And like, uh, you know, this I, kind of I'm, painted style as well. Like I'm with telling colors. you that and when, it never worked. And I hated it so much when they introduced Especially when say, that little Mongoloid yeah. child shows Oh, I'm up. telling you when they say honored guest, I present to you King Arthur and Queen Mara of Atlantis. Mara looks a lot like Eliza did, but just older, but the same kind of way that Brian Ching yeah. kind of drew him. But then they're like, Hey, we want to introduce you to our son, Tom. And he comes out and he's in the little Aquaman outfit, whatever. I don't know what went wrong. I mean, oh. you have Arthur and Mara. They're two of the best-looking people sickly on the planet. Boy, okay? Oh, my goodness. You, you, you I'm guess, just picking up I, the point. way that they go with she it. She went down to, like, you know, way too far down in the ocean while she was pregnant. And the pressure I, I think something. either that <laughs> or is, <laughs> it, is it possible that the Atlanteans and the Zebelians kind of intermixed a little too much together? And this is one of those, you know, Ugh. royalty that is uh, got a lot of problems. Turns because out that Mara and Arthur, brother and sister, the entire time, he looks <laughs> Awful. He looks awful. That happens, and, that happens later in the continuity. Holy moly. But then they're like, hey, uh, you know, hey, this is our son, Tom. Tom goes right up to Hal. Hey, what happened to your arm? Huh, Tom? No, that's fine, Arthur. I lost mine, so I made a new one. And I, again, you're having this future deal, which ends up in the end not meaning anything anyway. Yeah. So I don't mind. That I kind of like. It's almost like you're telling an Elseworld story without having an Elseworld story. So I, I like the idea that Hal yeah. lost his arm. He, he better concentrate a lot or he's losing that thing. I, I don't know that he can make any other constructs during that with the, you know, the whole deal. Now now that we heard recently that the, the ring can hold a construct by itself, then maybe he's doing that. But, yeah, uh, they're moving on then. And you have this whole thing about you – know, it's all about, you know, family and things like that. Superman's like you got a lovely family here then says hey bruce sends his regards and oh you know what it's fine this isn't a big deal like i said it's a big deal he just he's just an asshole but then all of a sudden there's an explosion and the barracks it's the peacekeepers facility is under attack and reggie tell us about that you talk well luckily the members of the justice league are there to pitch in of course they uh, do what anyone would do during a big prison or a big uh, explosion that's bash right in through the wall and just yeah. start drawing fire on, on them yeah. uh looks like people are trying to break some uh folks out of what the hell do they call this special vault it's, I, it, I don't even it's it's weird though later they're like you know it's like this under vault but it really even that doesn't really even come to play that much of what's going on it's just bizarre but i guess the, just just a regular old prison break but then it eventually leads them down to this super vault that's down this big spirally staircase and like this is the art like like I said before, it's when he, the people aren't there. I like this. I like this big spirally staircase. I yeah. like the octopus. Uh, everything is good except for faces and bodies. So yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, if we can just uh, you know get rid of those, we'd be fine. Uh, eventually, they get down there and they see that the people, two prisoners that uh, Arthur didn't even know about, that were being held down there, that were too dangerous to get out, that were too dangerous to even be revealed, have escaped, and that's the a big, uh, big scary mystery of what you know. Well, it is, but at this, before we had this, we had a whole thing before, like, oh, Merck and Merck. his crew, they went yeah. missing 15 years ago. Right. We haven't seen them. So I'm like, as soon as we have this, like, all right, no one's yeah, been down here but Merck. the captain. It's Mark. The other thing that I have a little bit of an issue with is, I don't know. I don't know why I would think that Wonder Woman would know who Merck was, but it, it, that, but more so. You they don't made, know Merck? No, more so, though, Tom, in this dream, Pretty much is like, oh, hey, 
you know, says something like, where'd you learn that word? He's like, that's awesome. Where'd you learn that word? Oh, it was from, you know, Johnny in my class. He's a surface world person. He tells me all about the surface world. I know all about the surface world. Who is this man with this S on his chest? I'm like, what What are you talking about? Like, he wouldn't know who the Justice League is, or at least Superman, Wonder Woman, because he, he, he keeps saying things about, like, oh, the surface world, and you're kind of led to believe very quickly. I'm, I'm a little annoyed. I want to know why Tom keeps calling his father Bumpa. I don't know. I don't know that, that does is. anybody know what that I is? I don't that know. Is that daddy? No. I, 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 I'm telling you, I was so disinterested Bumpa. in this Tom, Bumpa. and every time I saw him, I, I, it was like he was peering into my fucking soul. Hey, he's weird looking and I can't take it. But it, even like he's I don't know who this justice is. Tell me about it. And it just came off. Now, again, how it wraps around and things like that, probably part of what they wanted to do anyway. I just thought it, it didn't read well uh, and almost seemed like it was just there to put, to throw forth the exposition of, oh, well, son. I fought with them in the past. I was a hero and I was a, you know, this and that. So it seemed really forced. Uh, but really, all this is is that that you know, Mara and and Aquaman are in the effects of the Black Mercy. Where in yeah. this Black and Mercy, and it's bullshit because everything within this Black Mercy is trying yeah. to tell them you're in this Black yeah, Mercy. Yeah, yeah, trying to, to wake tell up. Them. And like later on in the wrap up, where we find that Merc is also wrapped up. Yeah, in Black Merc Mercy. is there. He somehow entered Aquaman's Black Mercy yep. dream and was trying to help him. I'm like, and was this is all fucking bullshit. He and the Drift are trying to get them out, but you know, he's yeah. he's had the, the Drift uh, entered the Black Mercy dream to Aquaman. tell Aquaman that it wasn't. And then in the wraparound too, it's that Batman is there to try to tell him as Why? well. And instead Batman, of what no, we Batman usually is get Arthur's manifestation of his paranoid yeah. self, you know what I mean? It's That's just, like he he is the voice of and and technically the voice of Superman yeah. and Diana also, you know, and how uh yeah. that's what that is. You know, it's it's Batman is not actually entangled in the Black Mercy. That's just no. Arthur's no, all of them. But here's the like how did how did they end up uh, Superman, the biggest story, you know, uh, for the man who had everything. How did he end up getting out of the Black Mercy? How how did he get out? They they uh, he, they, he, they while, broke him out. The, <laughs> no, not really. No, while within the dream, he sort of realized like something's not right here. Yeah. Something weird. Then uh, this, eventually this, just fought it, against him. It, it this is just I hate it. I just I mean in, the, in this case the, the way Arthur is totally going in just a uh, whole hog. He should never have broken out, you know what I mean? Because the Black no. Mercy, you know what I mean? It's it, giving uh, it him don't... everything he wants, and up until like you know the bat, like everybody starts breaking things out because of these people that aren't supposed to be there, which doesn't make any sense. But again, the Merc world is, yelling. is perfect in his mind. Yeah, and yeah. Merc yells completely. There's no league here. There's no Crown Spire. This place is an illusion. And that and your son, he's the reason he has to die. And nobody listens, and no. they try, and they even show, like, you have to be here. You have to go beneath there. You'll see beneath the Red Seep. Watch, look. And it, it's it's there's where Aquaman and Mera are captured. Like yeah, you that, said, that was a little weird. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. How, it's just, how do you visit yourself in your – I don't know. How does that work? It doesn't make any sense This at is all. what doesn't make sense well, to I'm me. I'm telling I, you, though, the whole idea, this whole story, how it takes place once the Justice League show up is – we have a prison break. Something goes and, like, you know, breaks open this prison, which is actually Merc and the rest of the Drift's consciousness breaking into Aquaman's Black Mercy dream. Yes. So something had to break them out. Don't know what. I'm guessing it might be the Batman of the paranoia of Arthur's mind. Who knows? I don't know. 
but he breaks out and has to convince the king this isn't real. And then somehow Aquaman breaks through his mind to the real world to release himself. Yeah, yeah. What? I, that's what I don't understand. Ooh. This is what I'm saying. I don't understand like the end deal because they just keep look at the red seep, look at the red seep in the dream world. Uh, looks like Batman gets fried. He he's you know he's pretty much done. Uh, but then they're like, oh, there it is. The Red Seep. Let's go see it. Arthur uses the trident to crash open a, you know, a fissure that it's coming out of and then sees himself there with Mara all tangled up in it and Merc there as well, uh, which is crazy. And uh, then they're like, no, no. And this is where Tom's And then Freddy like, Krueger shows up and says, how yeah. sweet. Fish me. Fish me. Cool. <laughs> Here we go, bitch. But yeah, yeah. Then, then you have Tom. <laughs> Tom just falls, starts falling apart. And he's like, oh, can we just go home? And the, the whole thing, it's supposed to be emotional, but Bamba, I, I'm telling you, Bamba. he scared the shit out of me. Anyway, Papa, uh, weren't, weren't we going to go to Amnesty Bay and, and find a, a dolphin? No, son, you're too ugly. But yeah, and then they break in and get themselves out. And then they're out. I don't know what's going on. I really And you know what's know funny what's to me? The, the entire time, I really cared so little about this because how weak the art was and how much the story didn't make sense. I really just kept going back to the beginning before they were in the Black Mercy where Mara and Aquaman were going to this site and talking about, you yeah. know, when we have children, children like, you know, if we had a little girl. I want a little boy, and I'm thinking to myself, this takes place in my mind after the Just League Legacy arc, where they That's see what, what their girl too. looks like. She's just throwing shade yeah. at freaking. <laughs> yeah, they're like Dory, not Dory. We yeah. saw that went I wrong. Let's boy. get a son. The minute that they wake up in that dream, they're like, "Oh, what the hell is that thing? Just go with All it. Right, this, work is, for Dory. this is supposed to be our dream world. <laughs> Enjoy, baby. Enjoy, Turns bitch. Turns out Mara wanted a son that she'd have to take care of the rest of her life, so they and, had a but, mongoloid child. Yeah, that's that's like Tanya. And and and, and, and <laughs> in fact, that's why she married me, I think. But then uh, she's talking, and Merck's there. Merck's like, it's no so problem. weird because Merck's like, huh? Yeah, I was trapped in there. It was hell. But I uh, I don't know if it was worse. You know, they had a son that they really didn't have. And what's worse, having a son that never existed, or one that you buried, or what? And Merck seems to be very confused. With, with what the better way I, to be, or you know both what? of them are. Merck's very confused. I'm very confused. Yeah. I don't care. Like, goddamn this annual. I'm telling you, the thing is, I was starting to really enjoy Aquaman. You guys were kind of saying it's treading water and whatnot, but yeah, yeah. why do we have to have take a break for this goddamn nonsense? Know. And then you have Tula. She's like, huh, it may not be as bad as that, because uh, that's where Merck's like, learning Learning your child never existed. Is that better than burying him or worse? And then Tula's like, it may not be the, as bad as that. We live highly unusual lives, Merc. The departed sometimes find their way back to us. King Arthur and Mera know that better than most. They may find their son again one day. <laughs> I hope not. No, they won't. Sometimes dead is better. It's not, it's not, not happening. find out that all children don't really exist. Yeah, that's well. what I do. Until they turn 12, they don't exist in my mind. Jesus Christ. <laughs> if, I, if I have to deal with those guys... That'd be trouble. And, until, and they I hope... until they turn 12 and once they're 18, they're out of the house. You hear yep. me, Logan? Six years, you got yeah. Yeah, you Six go. awesome years. <laughs> Not to be seen nor heard in this house. Uh, the, the thing that I, I want to ask Reggie if he feels this way, and then I'll ask Eric as well. Actually, Eric, I'll ask you as well. Uh, 
did this not feel like it should have been a story in that goddamn workshop book that we're yes. going to be talking about? It, oh, it yeah, felt I like I, this. The thing is, I read that first, and I actually yeah. got confused at one point because I forgot I moved on yeah. to Aquaman. I'm telling like, you, condense, a this, workshop condense this into ten it's pages. Way, Boom. way, way long. I mean, this is yeah. easily a ten, easily, That's easily what I mean. one issue, eight and pages. you could probably jam it into eight, ten pages. Get eight no pages, put it in yeah. that workshop book, and it fits Tight. perfectly in there. It's it, so it, it long. Would, and, you know, and, and, you know, if it was so long but they he they really developed aquaman's yeah. future world into something more and more interesting that might be something i mean yeah, no. that's all hypothetical but we only get a little bit of it we get a little no. like, crown yeah. crown spire exists or inconsistencies with it's you know what people learn about that's all it is. Yeah, and then yeah. Yeah, why even spend uh, the time of how how do these part. how do yeah. these rooms keep their shape aquaman god, god damn it Oh well, well it's we, part of America. America about architecture. Yeah, and Fast. then you you deal with this whole thing with with Hal's arm to do nothing, nothing. I, I actually like that. I like that idea. Oh yeah, I liked as it was going on. I wish it was just them. Yeah. I wish this wasn't the Black Mercy. That at the end we just find out like the future, or is it? Oh, you know, we don't know, and go with it. Like you said, the it would have been a better Elseworld story. Up out of the muck and mire. Right. Even like you said, actually, I think you're on to something, Reg. You have an annual, and make it at the beginning is like uh, the future, or is it, or, or like the past as we haven't seen it yet. Something Hyper like that. Have, have an Elseworld story if you're going to do that, because that would make as much sense going forward than this. this and the nonsense. good thing is, you, you clean out your inventory files. So hey, yeah. everyone wins. Yeah, so so. What, I'm, what I'm finding out here is that my attempts to enter both of your dreams have been a failure. Yeah, they have. Okay. I don't. All right. Care. Well, no, no, I obviously have to try something else then. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, there uh, are a lot of other ways that you can enter Eric, but we'll talk about those off <laughs> show. <laughs> They're many, not for everyone ways. to hear. Uh, what did you give it, Reggie? So I like the art more than you guys, although I definitely agree with you on a lot of the faces. I, th I thought the kid was ugly, but. I don't know. Kids Hello, are weird science. It's not. It's not really that. It's not really that unusual to see an ugly kid. I say every child before the age of uh, twenty is ugly. Twenty-seven. You know, horrible. Twenty-seven. Thirty-six. That, so, that's just I mean, a, like that, that is just a, like a, a deterrent device you've created in your head so you don't go to prison. Uh, no, uh, it's probably no. It that works, convinces them also works. not to have kids. Not He's that. telling his wife no, they no. have kids. They ain't heading to jolly old England next week. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> that my, causes trouble. Mom, if my if my if my wife wants a kid, I'm going to show her uh, this uh, Aquaman show her issue. This, like, this is what we could you. have. We could have a dancing Mike. Yeah, I don't dancing Mike. I, I, that's all I show. I I and I'll tell dancing Mike this. Uh, yesterday we were me and my wife were talking. Me and Tanya were talking, and all I kept saying is like, Jesus Christ, this dancing Mike. This guy gets it. The world's his goddamn oyster without kids. He's drinking. He's heading to Disney. I, I, I want this life. And she told me, I can't have it. We have too many kids. I said, that, that's what I'm talking about, baby. Let's get rid of these why things. The, why the fuck would you go to Disney World if you don't have kids? Though? I don't I, know. I, I, but I, I you know what? That. Fuck it. it. It looked like he was having some fun. That's why all I have to say. Why guy would goes you to want the, to take kids and ruin your experience? Guy goes to the goddamn Ice Bears games every goddamn three days. Living yeah. it up. Here that's I am. Making dinners. And talking about comics. Yeah. Ooh, hey, fun. I so want, I, I'm switching. The problem. You wanted to corroborate that you made the wrong life choices because I yes. thought that was like That's, pretty much Well, evident. basically, I think this did start off with Tanya saying, uh, man, why did we have this many kids? Uh, this many. One is too many in my world. <laughs> you know, and this book really shows you why. But yeah, what would you give it? Uh, and the other thing I was going to say, though, is I really think the art and the faces is reminiscent of Tim's sale at times. 
Oh. Uh, you see him do variant <laughs> covers for Batman sometimes. He did Long Halloween. You know, you know his art. If you saw it, yeah. you know what I was talking about. And I'm sure both of you hate it. So that only adds I to that. Do. But uh, it was kind of a beat issue. Didn't really, you know, the Black Mercy thing was obvious from the beginning. And I thought they might do something different with it when they started talking about a red seep. But they didn't. It was just a plain old Black Mercy. And uh, didn't really have a great time. Gave it a rather uh, robust and high 6 out of 10. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I am going to go lower, and I'm going 5 out of 10, and FU5, because it's, this is this again. This is the epitome to me of what I hate about Annuals Week. If, we, if you're going to give us something, give us something. Don't give this nonsense where if people have them on their, their pull list and they get this crap, they're not going to want this. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. You know, I don't like Eric speaks for all the Green Arrow fans out there. I do not speak for all the Aquaman fans out there. So maybe I'm completely wrong. But uh, in a book that has finally picked up some of the pace and finally get going and and giving us all three of us a little bit more than what we had been getting, uh, I want a little more of that. And if you're going to tell a tale that uh, is not going to advance the regular story, because I don't think Annuals Week. Make sure your tale holds water. Well, it doesn't. Exactly. It doesn't. Make DC some waves. Kind of does <laughs> with annuals week. Sometimes their yeah. annuals have nothing oh, to do with all anything. Over the Sometimes place. they are part of it. Yeah, it's, it all, it's, it's all over the place. And I yeah. don't like that either. It's yeah, crazy. I mean, it's know. like when the annuals week comes, it's like I'm caught in the riptide, Eric. Uh, but I'm going to give it an FU5 because it, it just doesn't matter and it just infuriated me. So. That was the same shit with Villains Month, too. Remember? They, they, yeah. No one knew what the hell that was. Sometimes it, it, it Oh, yeah. The, the creators. And they had no idea. Out, like you know, dealing with crazy. forever evil stuff, you know. Yeah, whatever. yeah, they're all like that. It's like I, I just wish that they, like you said, now you've, now you're getting me more angry, uh, because Good. yeah, why don't they just spell it out? Listen, I know everybody annuals weeks a little down or whatever. Uh, from now on, the annuals are going to advance the story, or just plain out the annuals are going to be. Other story, you know, but they're never going to say that. You even have the guys writing the books they'll get on Twitter because people will ask like, hey, is this annual important to the overall story? I just need to know because they don't have the money all the time to spend on these overpriced annuals and to the t these guys writing it are never going to say you know what skip this one you know you know go to the sidelines on this one they go oh, it means something to me no 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 and this one not even having any of the creative team at all. And just out of nowhere, this felt like a workshop book. It yeah. just it kills me. I, how about I you, thought Eric? it was at one point. Yeah, how about I you? Would, I'm I'm going even lower. I'm a three out of ten because the okay. art is garbage and the I story just wanted doesn't to make say a lick F of you. sense. Yeah, I just wanted to say F you. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm gonna fuck yeah. you five. My actual score is a three out of ten because the art's garbage and the story does not hold water. It doesn't Ooh, make any wait. sense in the long run. It doesn't and hold it, water. And it, it actually out. goes back and makes a, a less interesting Aquaman. Like we have moved beyond this point. Why go back to the less interesting Aquaman? Infuriated me. Yeah, yeah. Maybe later they might bring on Brian Michael Benz. Yes. I, I, I just want to know when we're going to deal I'm running out of water puns. The Benz. That was a good one. I like you like that. the Benz? I threw we're that in Eric. Spin drift again. Eric, we're did, do some Eric didn't even hear, hear what I, I said did. there. Oh, I and did. It's, oh, did you? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm desperately trying to think of more. My um, mother told me if you have nothing else to say, don't say nothing at all. Maybe next time we'll have to see... Weed. <laughs> I didn't see the importance of this. How about that one? You know what? That's the problem. Is in an ocean of issues, this uh-huh. one kind of felt like it sunk to the depths. Well, I'm just saying, I, like you know, when you have an annual story like this and you can do a, anything you want, it is yeah. the, pretty much the the idea. You could do the perfect storm. 
Oh, you son of a bitch. It's like when Annual Suite comes out, that there's there sometimes is a tidal wave of books, and you have to know which ones to get. Some of them aren't as good. Some just kind of well, I don't know. Wash your shoe. Nice I'm one. Done. There you go. I'm done. I go don't know. Fish. I <laughs> listen. There's some are going to be the the catch of the day. Some will be chum. This one's listen, chum. No, like I'm telling you, this, spouting the, off the too much idea now. of the story is as easy as like you know a fish in a barrel. Ah, <laughs> oh, how you know? I I really was hoping that I'd be able to blow a seal. But but all right. <laughs> what the what? <laughs> okay. I don't know. Nice. Sometimes was, so, <laughs> you guys are truly the pun masters. It's so, you know no not others. Sometimes though, you. this is the problem though. Now seriously, seriously, before we go on to the next book, sometimes you just should write a good story for the halibut. There, there, uh, yeah. there you go. Boom. But yeah, we're gonna move on to the next book. What's a Which pirate's an favorite book. letter? The, the next book is uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 33, written by Robert Vendetti, art by Tom Derenick, Jack Herbert, and Jason Wright. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. My ring is charged, my turf is large. Hi-ho, 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 it's off to work we go. Board out my face, patrolling space. Hi-ho, 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 this book is really slow. Watch low more suit fun till my shift is done. Hi ho, hi ho, hi ho, hi ho, hi ho. Kyle Rayner is a schmo. What can you ask from stupid tax? Hi ho, hi ho, hi ho, hi ho, hi ho. The controller stole the show. The cover raged about the last page. Hi ho, hi ho, hi ho. It was bait and switch for a recap ish. Hi ho, hi ho, hi ho. If you paid three bucks, then that really sucks. Hi ho. Hi ho hi ho hi ho. Yes, uh, we we should have when we were talking about the Aquaman, the bait and switch would have been good. Ah, wouldn't it have been? Nice. <laughs> I, I'm oh, still wow. trying to think of things. Ah, my brain is shut off. Uh, though at one point in that book, I was hoping that they'd go down and Aquaman would have a uh, a steering wheel on his nuts, and then it's because it's driving it's me driving nuts. It's driving me crazy. Very there good, we very go, good. driving me nuts. But yeah, right. here's Hal Jordan now, and this is a book that obviously was delayed, delayed a week. It's coming out in and it, it was It was delayed, plus we had a two-parter with Superman, remember that Sinestro yeah, thing yeah. with Hector Hammond, and then it was hijacked for a metal crossover. So really, we haven't had regular Green Lantern story yeah, three yeah. issues. And with uh, this, though, here, and here we enter. What? Oh, I was just going to say, sometimes it's a blessing, though, because it comes out in Annuals Week, and it's one of those. It's a two ninety nine book, Annuals Week. Maybe some people are going to jump on. It's just a shame that this isn't yeah. a good jumping on issue, uh, because you probably could have gotten a couple more fans with a cool cover. It is a crazy cover, but yeah. Uh, the cover is just not kind of all right. Uh, I mean, the problem is, is this is actually an all right jumping on issue as far as recapping everything obviously they wanted to bring people up to speed it is the opening of an arc but yeah it, yeah i don't think I, that I gives you what has happened that, I, that if i could join the green lantern corps i don't it looks really fucking boring most of yeah. the time like yeah. you're standing around you're watching a, a little girl fly around with a ring or you're like shoving people you know shoving lava you know aside to evacuate a planet or even worse guy gardner's on monitor duty you know, it's like the most boring goddamn job you ever had yeah, in your life. Yeah. You know, like why, why would you want? What happened to the adventure, the excitement? And I know, I know what we're supposed to well, see this, here this is, is what sort of happens like, when you have too many lanterns in a single sector. 
yeah, yeah, I think yeah. That's you, true. you don't know what to do. And so, yeah, you have all this. It's sort and... of, they've sort of been paralyzed by that for a while. Like John Stewart and Guy Gardner have kind of had to hang back and do nothing for several issues now. John, well, yeah. John Stewart's always, you know, at Mission Command, but Kyle all Rainer he does is shit talk. Too. Yeah. Kyle Rayner barely does anything. I mean, this is the whole contrived thing. So they go to the planet Molto. I mean, really, this is the name of the planet, and it's yep. it's covered in lava. Surprise! And they've got to get, they've got to evacuate all the people. But Hal Jordan is also there on a sort of secret sub-mission to observe Kyle Rayner and see how he thinks outside the box. Yeah. What the fuck? Are you evacuating a planet of of lives? Or what is going <laughs> on here? It's like, God, I hope he doesn't fuck up or he'll commit genocide. What yeah. the hell's going on? Let's yeah. evacuate the goddamn people and, and commit your, you know, do your emergency task. I mean, Eric, you were a first responder. Did you ever have time? Anyone ever tell you to think outside the box when you? No, uh, but I thought about it all the time because being inside that box is terrible. I've caught. Yeah, he he gets bored easily too. But yeah, as you're going on and you have, it was a weird deal. Actually, I think they thought outside the box of me because I can't see. And the big part of training, though, you put on an air pack and you have a cover that goes over the eyes because you can't see inside the smoke. I could get around really well because I was used to that. They thought outside the box of me. Yeah. Like I was yeah. Daredevil, exactly. But it, and it was yeah. kind of a, it was kind of a weird deal. And it, like you said, at the beginning, you can't see right, you know, very. Yeah. And at the, at the beginning, you have the whole deal. It's like supposed to show you, and that, that's that grandmother, right? That from yeah. that uh, yeah. annual story, and uh, from that. So morally. Yeah, yeah, and you get the whole deal of like, oh, she's a child, you know, what are we gonna do? And oh, the and I, I'm sure that her enthusiasm will save the day. Uh, when it comes down, but uh, the whole deal. I, with- I also had this problem with the idea that the Green Lantern Corps has an age restriction yeah. because now now they've got life forms from around the that galaxy. are different deals. Yeah, that you yeah, can I, have. Uh, they all mature at the yeah. same rate. Like eighteen no. could be the end of one creature's life and the beginning of another. Oh yeah, so, well, yeah eighteen could be like a, a, a half year for for yeah. us, or it could be you know seven trillion years. It, it, that is crazy. Uh, with this though, then well, you that's go the thing to is too talking about the Silmar Lee stuff when you know Ganthet and Sade are discussing it. You know, it seems like Ganthet's trying to beat around the bush about him and Sade maybe one day yeah, having children. Maybe having and children. Sade jumps in with this conversation though, like you know, have you ever considered that you would that we might wish to add a lower age parameter on those children yeah. where they're like she, the she is, doesn't get it. It really seems like you already have lowered it because you have a child. That's the, yeah, like it yeah, really yeah, seems she's already odd there. That, like I, I don't I, know what they're getting at because I think it was just all set up for that. I think it was just a setup for that joke, you know, that he's talking about, you know, getting a little horny. Because something kids I never thought of, too, because it. I just really wanted to add more shade to that goddamn Dawnbreaker book freaking over at Metal, because there's no reason a nine-year-old Bruce Wayne should have a green lantern. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, when we go to see Kyle and uh, Hal, there is some weird things here, because you do have it, – it's almost like a weird deal that Hal, who's Mr. Non-Imaginative, you know, is throwing it out there. Oh, what's wrong, Kyle? Like, like Reggie said – what 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 do I have to be imaginative for? I'm doing a job here. There's people who are gonna die. A planet is in, in desperate need. It's not time for me to get fucking fancy. We're, we're building a, a wall. water park for the lava. Yeah, Just yeah I, I'm telling lava. you, that's like, what he wants. Get him off the planet. But then that's there's it's doing. the whole thing to tie into like, oh man. You haven't been the same. You got women problems, huh? You know, all these women problems. <laughs> the problem is that it almost gets to the point where I thought to myself like, they're they're gonna actually come to blows now about carol because and in the, the continuity what I, I don't know if that's the continuity I, I'm that's the I problem was, it should I be was really happy about this because right off the bat in the first page we talk about the templar guardians which we yeah. have not heard of in a dog's age now you know i'm telling you what was the like it, it, we, they disappeared i want to say right before like the 
Green Lantern New Guardian yeah. like yeah. series ended, yep. and we have not seen them. Yeah, since. we haven't seen them. And now we start talking about the here. So I'm happy as fuck because we're at least like you know talking about it. We can it. say exactly. It yeah. is still in continuity. It's still a thing. But having Kyle talk about you know, hey, you're giving me relationship advice. What about you and Carol? And I'm like. You you pretty much are just saying them. Remember when I was fucking your yeah. girlfriend? Like, I'm telling this you, this thing? is what it was. And, and the thing is, to me, that it, it infuriates me of any book besides probably this in Batman, where you start at the New Fifty Two and all of the past continuity remained. You you yeah. still had all that stuff. It didn't make sense fully in the timeline. We'll see if it does with those years taken away and all that you know, Doctor Manhattan nonsense. But going forward i hate the fact that the green lantern book it, it was so important to keep that continuity intact when the new 52 started but somehow when rebirth started which wasn't a reboot they no. decide to pick and choose well, that, what's going that's on because jeff johns isn't writing it it just drives me nuts that is but the that's one the problem though reason. yeah well this is that there is a writer you know writers here who it is their continuity and they they fuck around with shit but you know with this story i can only imagine guys. that's still I'll out there but it, it's still <laughs> but again if it is story over continuity to me that conflict with kyle and how being is, is, Ferris, a, major part is of a cool yeah. story and, and that's it something seems like a stupid thing. i mean if nothing else it seems like a stupid thing to just to just yeah, wipe to just away ditch. if that's even what happened and this I mean, could have been Kyle's this could have been the yeah. way to wipe it clean easily not wipe it clean but uh you know what it we all have problems don't right. we and Hal's like yeah you know what i'm still pretty pissed at that uh, you know what uh, i'm sorry about that buddy you know what you know whatever uh, you know work it out better than that but it could have been the start of working that out though i i think that the problem is it's too late now to just throw it out there you know in this book we've had this many issues to all of a sudden just throw especially, it out. especially it now that kyle's be. just dealing solely with sorenick yeah and with that it makes me giggle every time something like this comes up or even when Hal even says something every time now i you know on an aside eric has a very similar type of thing with somebody we work at and i know that every time the guy says something eric's uh, kind of like yeah you know what i know I something you don't know and that's what it makes me every time that kyle gets this where if exactly. you know how hey what's going on buddy you're not so imaginative that's not what carol said every goddamn time and yeah it just makes me crazy to think that that has been wiped away without any sort of you know it just is nonsense but you continue you on this one panel on page 13 uh got a, a frontal shot of hal jordan's face he looks amazing like ryan reynolds here like yeah, to he the does. point looking at it i think it might be drug yeah he does look like ryan reynolds, reynolds a lot I mean, it's unbelievable like and, uh, uh, what you're anyway. saying is dashingly good looking is what Dash you're saying oh, very yes, handsome yes. very very handsome absolutely so uh back to mogo now uh Gantt and Said are trying to teach uh lomar say sue see lomar lee help me Somar out lee. Somar Somar lee. Lee. you know i i hate to, i don't want to sound like a bigot but they all look and sound the same Ooh. how dare you but, uh so they're teaching her how to make constructs and she's doing a pretty shitty job of it she makes a space uh says you i can't make a gigantic a elephant monster in line elephant. yeah but she makes them all bug out and they they fuck up ganthet inside and then knock them off but then suddenly yes. secret people from beyond show up and zap them away they're you know they send somar lee to get help but they she does not come back in time there's kirby crackle everywhere uh sure john uh, recalls kyle and hal there's a major emergency because the controllers have grabbed yeah, the all of the Maltusians, which is literally the reveal on the last page, which yep. I thought I thought sucks since she was actually revealed on the cover as well. But also, 
It's not that exciting. It really is no, not like a big I think thing. it's actually really exciting it's because cool. the, I like the not, controllers. You know? The controllers are badass. The freaking the counterparts of the Guardians who went off to destroy all evil instead of being, you know, the police force of it, you know, did, they decide, did they show you know, up the new fifty two. No, I, I I don't remember them showing up. Well, this, this is the problem that they, I have with this, is that all it's gonna do is lead to a fucking full issue of them explaining who they are. And I'm, it's just gonna so be another that that's exactly it's exactly right. See, for Eric and myself, like I remember them from the '80s, and they were yeah. they were kind of a thing. So the we dark get, stars, we, come we on, get, man. We get sort of a, a, a you know jazz from it, but anyone that doesn't know these characters, this is not a big cliffhanger. This is no. nothing at all. No, this, this is just thing, this is just I you wondering. Is... So what? what no, no, what no. The that? thing I think is really cool about this is the that other the... guardians. Well, the Templar the guardians. Not only that, yeah. it's just the, the the controllers have come about because of what right. happened. During the third army and the first lantern kind of thing, this is almost a wraparound to that, like a reach back to that story arc where they have deemed the Guardians of the Galaxy evil and they're going to destroy them. And I'm like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense for the controllers to come back. Yeah, but, it would have made a lot more Jim sense. Doesn't if it was know that, you know what I mean? Yeah, and the one looks like Rami. That's all I have to say. But uh, it, right, it does look like Rami. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's just yeah, they they just show it as if like this is the be all end all. Of everybody, what we've all been waiting for. Uh, the the thing I that actually drives me waiting for it. And I the was. thing that actually drives <laughs> me nuts about it is basically the only reason you had Kyle and and Hal over on a, a fucking lava planet making constructs is because you didn't want to have them fight right away and stop it immediately. So right. it is an artificial way for them not to be there. And also, it seemed weird. It seemed like they were really pushing that you were supposed to think it was the Red Lantern Corps. Uh, to me, that's what I thought that they were going with. Uh, and then you see it, and I'm like, yeah, the controllers. And you look it up, and I'm like, okay. Well, Red Lantern Corps cool is something enough. you know about. You know? Yeah, I, yeah. Like, you know, every, every, it is true the controllers are cool, but I think you're exactly right. The next issue is going to be given over to a whole explanation of this history of the yeah, controllers. Yeah, history of the Should have happened this issue. That, like, we, you know, we, I, I, we I kind of just start, start with it. it up. I kind of hope since the, uh, the Green Lantern, like, you know, continuity is still intact, supposedly, that we do talk about John Stewart's days with the controllers when he was a dark star, and even Donna Troy, if that even makes sense. Uh, in the no, might, and, too, but the, yeah. And, yeah. Like the, but the, again, that's going to be a whole issue of explaining. Cool. Yeah, it just, to me, uh, I cannot give... Then did he any sort of leadway of it's going to keep moving forward or whatever? This book never moves forward, even at the you know full arcs go by. Like, really, that's what we did. Yeah. Uh, so until I see that the next, you know, maybe this will set up some really cool shit for a while. Uh, I can only think it's going to make us, you know, tread the water. And, then at the end, War. And, and this is the problem is most people with Venditti say that his biggest problem is ending the story. Like he can yeah. never stick the landing. I don't think he stuck anything here. So the beginnings and middles haven't even been that great so far. Yeah. This book has just been okay. It's been, again, this is just like what me and Eric last week talked about, The Flash and Green Arrow and things. Like, nothing ever seems to move forward, and now you're doing something that the controllers, to me, this is like, you know, the beginning of Rebirth called, and they want their story. Like This is legacy, but this legacy thing, we've already dealt with all this. Why didn't they do this earlier when we were doing nothing? And then maybe it would have been better, but... I don't know. That's just me. This, in uh, my mind, it made it would have made a lot more sense if this happened earlier. But I can see it too. It seems almost like since uh, Gantha and Sade were in exile, they could not be found. But now that they're out and about, the controllers yeah. have finally pinpointed them. And I like we haven't seen the Templar Guardians in a while. Yeah, you so have I don't the know Templar the controllers Guardians have been, like being held this entire time. 
I just like the actual callback to the Guardians being deemed evil for their actions during well, the like Third Well, like you Army said, too, if you're, gonna, if you're going to tie it all in, I hope that they do explain that they had the Templar Guardians for all this time. Like well. you said, possibly half of the New 52, well, even, uh, and, and see also what's going the, on. Also, the whole thing with the Guardians being evil, though, and the whole mission being misguided, we've done this now. This is like That's Jeff what I'm Johns' just, entire thing. This is what I'm saying. This thing, is just and repeat. all we've done since is talk about, like, all right, Ditch the fucking guardians already. You know yeah. what I mean? Obviously they're bad. Get rid of them. You know. Well, we did. This. We we did ditch the guardians. They all died at the end of the first lantern. But then, lantern, but but then they didn't want to get rid of them. So yeah. you had and, yeah. And you know what? That was a little problem I had too at the beginning because you know um, when Sade's talking about how long her life is, like she doesn't remember being like any children or something like that, except for her herself being a child. I'm like, thing is, these like you know uh, guardians that were all supposed to be around, they were created when Kyle Rayner relit the lantern so they shouldn't be that old yeah yeah except for ganthin well there you go there you go throwing out that shit. sounds like continuity <laughs> kid is as the six shooter ready yes uh, he has it ready all right he's gonna uh, keep them straight i like green lanterns you sons of bitches jim yeah. jim do you think you'd like the controllers better if i called them the clickers no this is the problem TV you say you, you son of a bitch of i was gonna bring that up <laughs> Because my kids, do you ever hear, did, did Tanya put this on Facebook at any point that you no, saw? No. Is that what you hear? Because they make fun of me every goddamn day. I say, oh, anybody anybody know where the clicker is? And all they do, I'm seeing if anybody's around here. They'll tell you. That's one That's of their things they hate. Yeah, they're like, oh, whatever. I'm like, put on the phonograph. That's what I call the iPod. The phonograph. <laughs> Let's go to the picture show. But I do they're say the, the clicker. I do say the picture show. Uh, the picture, yeah. so I do say the clicker, talkies. and it the drives talkies. them. It drives them nuts. But uh, what did you give it, Reggie? Uh yeah, it was pretty lame. I understand why it had to be because, like I said, we did have three issues of kind of like, yeah, a, and then you got some catch up to do. Yeah, a little catch up to do. I definitely think it was it was decompressed though. Like we could have had the, you know, if we if you're looking on the control, if you're looking on the cover and it says under the knife of the controllers. That's not the big reveal. That's that no. doesn't strike me as no, a as get a to that in the fourth page. page reveal. Get to Make that the reveal, reveal. Whatever their plan is, you yeah, know, like, reveal that at the credits hour. page. Then you well, know, or get or with it. halfway through the book. You know, definitely we could have, we could have cut a lot of that uh, little kid flying around bullshit, and even a lot of the stuff on Molto. We could have lost pages out of that. And From the it mouths of babes, apples. Reggie, is what we're getting. So, uh, uh, you know, the artwork I thought was all right. Let me look at it. Yeah, I like the artwork. I like the art a lot. Yeah, I like the artwork. I gave it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'd go 6-5. Uh, I It infuriated me again. It's just I want something to happen. And, yes, the controllers being there at the end is a big deal. But it just seems like you said, I just keep getting the idea of like most of these books are at least trying to. Oh, I can't even say that. They're not trying to move forward, but they should be at this point. These books should have had the legacy deal, built something up and move forward. And this book just seems to just be drifting from one arc to the next with nothing really hitting hard. So I can't do anything crazy and give a, a higher score. But I did like the art a lot. Uh, what about you, Eric? See, now the controllers did hit me hard. I get really pumped up seeing the end because my, my imagination just runs wild with what the stories we could have and the connections to the other stuff we had in the New 52 and even before that uh, with the with the Dark Stars. But I like, you know, I got so hyped from the first time I read that once I got to the ending. I didn't think about how much it was a str like a hassle to get through the rest of the book because the stuff with Cal and Kyle on Molto, 
that is just straight bullshit. It does not make a lick of sense, and it's boring. And even just seeing So Marley fly around in the freaking Guardians talking about how great it is at children's hope and their freaking, you know, the uh, imagination of a child and the willpower. I don't give a fuck about any of that. So, you know, in retrospect, I am still hyped for the rest of the story, but the majority of this issue is kind of bullshit. I will still give it a 6.5 because I am hyped going forward, and I really enjoyed the art in this issue. Yeah, that is crazy, but we're going to move on. Yeah, we're going to talk about that new talent showcase written by Tony Patrick, Aaron Gillespie, Al Letson, Owl Going Back, Proctor and Harrell, David Acampo, and Scott Snyder. Art by Mink Yu Young, Klaus Jansen, Pete Pantazis, Lynn Yoshi, Bet Sotelo, Al Letson, Sia Aum, Chris Peter, Matt Murhoff, Dave McKay, Lalit Sharma, Jagdish Kumar, Sam Lotfi, John Rauch, Ibrahim Mustafa, and Romulo Fajardo Jr. Damn right. Ain't looking for Batman. Damn it. Nah, don't need no Superman reason. Damn it. I'd rather see a story with Poison Ivy beating up on a demon. This book's for you. I don't need to see Tom King or V. Ken Marion's Quill. I want to read work by folks I've never heard of and pay eight bucks for the thrill. This book's for you. Got too much time. Got too much money. Got an open mind. This book's for you. Yes. That was the worst Neil Young song. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that that was not great. That was not great. Uh, What is your favorite Neil Young song? Uh, Keep on rocking in the free world. Is that? I yeah. like that it's one. Weird. I, when I, that I one came out, nobody seemed to song. like it, like and then piece. Pearl Jam jumped on that and and used to play it in concert and even with Neil Young. And now it's become uh, I don't know. People really love it, but I, I remember I at a point it. people made fun of it. But uh, you know, that's that's Keep that. On that. In the I like a needle in the damage done. That is my favorite Neil Young song. It gets to me every time. Makes me remember that guy Eric Shea who died of heroin uh, abuse. Uh, uh, it's sad. And it's weird though because as as he's now, it's it's the anniversary, third year anniversary of his death. It almost seems like I can still talk to him. Oh God, it's happening. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, uh, did, did anybody else get furious when you open this book and you get the first thing? What you hold in your hands is the result of an experiment. I'm like, an experiment? This is a very uh, fucking expensive experiment here, buddy. I know. And, and, I, I'm telling you, they, they are giving you pretty much, again, we say it all the time, a homework assignment that they're going to charge you a lot of money for. That is Please. the – let me tell you, if, if this book was four bucks – Yeah. I could yeah. see because it it is it is you know it's oh, going to be green some, people yeah. and these could be you know the writers and artists for tomorrow. This year they did do a cool thing though, and I got to big them up. Last year it was just ways. writers with established yeah. artists. Yeah, they went both. This year ways. they gave a lot of artists some shine, and you know I just, I I like that. I like the fact that they are giving you know yeah. new talent a chance. Uh, I don't expect perfect stuff out of it. I I really I judge every story in this book on like storytelling whether it was clear yeah. whether you know i didn't really worry about whether it was a fully engrossing story well that, that's it, that's that did factor in a little bit there but, is uh, one that i really did take notice to uh because there were, of other there were two things, i liked but, a lot but uh, well, we'll, we'll see right now this is the strongest showcase that we've gotten uh, i'm actually is, surprised at how much i enjoyed it it's sure, still yeah. 
I I didn't love it. Yeah, maybe you guys liked it no. more than me. I actually I went through word. this, and uh, and especially not to Jess, but it Absolutely just not. to me don't have that thing. What you hold in your hand is an experiment. Oh, we we did this, this, and the other thing. No, just just throw it out there and pretend that you're full out because this really is to me. It's homework that you're ending up charging us to to read. Now, it also seems like it's one of those where they almost seem like they want to make these into like the the baseball rookie card. Like, we'll read this and like, huh, I remember I read the first story of so-and-so. It was in the – but people don't remember shit like that. Now you're learning how to be a crazy comic collector. There you go. Very good. But this is, you know, that's that's what they tried to to get with this. Now it does start with, and we we're not going to go page for page for page. No. We'll just tell you what the deal is. But this roll call is kind of more of an important story because it is the signal. It is Duke, and I well, believe already this book now it already features seventy uh, percent more Duke Thomas than almost any other Batman title. Yes, so that's, it does. Nice to see this character finally like doing something. That's yes. cool. So I enjoyed that. And the, the biggest thing, though, Reggie, if you're not aware, this this is the guy who's writing the Signal book. The Batman yeah. the Signal book oh, is written by him. So this is all like of importance of stories to me. This is the most important story. This is, like this a preview is of what you're going. Yeah, to this is giving you what you think. And I I don't know because and I hate to say this. Uh, uh, Tony Patrick follows us on Twitter and seems like a really nice guy. I don't know if he has the voices of these characters down. At least Red in my opinion, it seems especially wrong. I it yeah. seems a I little off, and that that worries me. It worries me going forward. Now it is you know Red Hood. He has completely bad in this but uh the signal's okay and this duke's okay but even just i don't know just the situation and all that it just didn't seem right to me nothing in this whole you know little story felt right it looked good uh well it felt more like a red hood story than a duke story yeah, because red and, hood's talking the entire time and just kind of throwing shade at you know duke at teaching duke, him a lesson yeah, about what yeah. it means to be you know a partner to batman and like what lessons you should take from him which ones you should learn on your own but and really yeah. it's just duke kind of just protecting himself now, and listening to red hood in the meantime he has to get murdered by the joke or you know beaten in, up in by the, the joker yeah, yeah well in the meantime i'm shit. gonna do a little name dropping here uh, way back before the Signal book was announced, and Scott Snyder actually still talked to me, he actually said, "Oh, y- you gotta just you know hold tight. There's going to be an announcement soon. There's a guy that I'm working with on a, on a special book that's from the workshop, the you know the writers' workshop. We're going to be revealing a book. It's going to because and it's going to be awesome. And that ended up being the Signal book. I can only think that this story is what led to that." Uh, yeah, because he did say so. It's weird. Like you said, this is more of a focus on Red Hood. Is it just that Scott Snyder, like he knows this guy can write well. There's more going on in the workshop than that. And that he took an interest. Like he was the smartest one to take an interest in Duke Thomas. And it just was at the right time in the right place. Because I didn't read this thinking, okay, this guy knows Duke, or this guy's yeah. going to have something interesting with Duke to do going forward. And I, I'm really now hyped up for the Signal book. The uh, only thing, I, I actually got me a little bit worried because it seems in this story alone, we are focusing on the idea that Duke is from, like, you know, the bad part of the neighborhood, like the Narrows. Yeah, like, it's yeah, not exactly yeah. Crime Alley where Jason grew up, but it's still a bad neighborhood. Is that what we're going to focus on? Because even yeah, when Catwoman yeah. shows at the end to be working with Jason during yeah, the training montage – 
she's like, you know, yeah, you're not the only one who grew up in a bed in a tough neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, and oh, with this, this all, focusing on. Yeah, and with this all, the the whole story just basically goes around the whole clay room in the belfry. The they're room. training the mud room and uh, that clayface set up with I, uh, with I Tim. Called- as X-Men Danger Room. Yes, yes. It, it is. The Money danger, danger Room. room. But with this, and it's it's like amped up to a level that shouldn't be, and they're going to fight and all that. And it's basically just an opportunity so for I, some trash take talking. It in that, take it in the, in the context this might be a preview of a series to come. It might explain why Catwoman's here. Maybe she'll figure into that series. Because yeah, otherwise... Yeah. Why the fuck is she no in the book? I have no uh, idea yeah, why. She's just uh, there. The way, the way Duke finds out to like, there's, there's cat hair. <laughs> He's in got the cat floor. hair in his oh, mouth. I mean, clubs, and he picks it up and sneezes. Yeah. Therefore, cat hair. Therefore, Catwoman. Who else yeah. could it be, folks? Yeah, yeah. Who, Who else, else could it be? Cheetah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, no. But yeah, and again, it, it's so quick, and it's just this thing. It, it goes with what we put up in uh, the. Uh, the Patreon deal when we were we had that little excerpt that side conversation where Eric loves things that take place in one room. Well, here you got it, buddy, because that's basically it's it's just there. But the room uh, changed, so it, it doesn't does work change. in my mind. But then it moves on, and then the next story is a Katana story, and mm-hmm. it's okay. I will tell you that it's the best interaction that Katana's had with the sword that we've seen since Rebirth, because at least it Definitely. talks to her. It doesn't just yeah. say guilt, guilt, guilt. And you and have it, but I, I hate King Snake, but I'm actually happy to see him here because we have not seen King Snake yeah, in a yeah. long, long and, time. And with the story, uh, again, all I can think of is some of these stories are kind of a, I don't know, like a little bit of a uh, a job interview, maybe. Like maybe this whole deal is like, see if you can handle this because we might have a writer, we might need a writer for Suicide Squad later. And there's two stories, two kind of Suicide Squad yeah. stories. But this is Aaron Gillespie writing. I don't know that the, it wouldn't be bad to have Aaron Gillespie on the well, Suicide Squad. I think that this, it was pretty uh, you know, good. This little, this little snippet it's, was okay. Nothing it's, in this is going to matter. Like Katana but, loses her sword in a explosion and while they're going away she has to go back and get it because her husband goes against orders from Amanda Waller everybody's trying to evac out of the area she turns around and goes back for her sword yeah it goes back because she she eventually gets it then Waller comes at the end she's like you went against my orders but you're all (laughs) and all of these that's the problem that's the worst ending to this at the end There's so many endings in this, and we we talked about this, the last workshop, where you have these things where the the one that drove me more nuts than any was the one that seemed to be the lesson or they were trying to do was the cliffhanger that would never be resolved. At least these have endings, but they're so forced. It's like you get – and when you get to the end, just have – and then just end it. Yeah, Amanda Waller's like, you know what you're going to do? You're going to have a nice day and gives the sword that's already there. So, yeah, the ending's lame. But uh, I think that both the art and the story in this, to me, was a decent enough Suicide Squad and Katana. And and with Katana, yeah, you're always going to focus on the sword. I actually liked what we got here, especially when she's going to kill him at the one point. She's like, no, no, I don't want you in the sword with my husband. And I thought that that was a pretty good deal. And at one point, Katana's pretty much... Just kill me, then at least I'll be with my husband. And I actually you know, even whatever. like the whole wraparound thing. The reason the Suicide Squad's there is to stop King Snake from manufacturing a venom. Like, you know what? It's yeah. not a bad story. Yeah, it actually was decent enough. Uh, yeah. Then we move to the next one, which is a Nightwing story. And I what don't. We talk this about one, when we talk about family. Well, this one had a. Uh, this one I thought was just it was probably so the worst weird. of the whole batch. It was. Uh, Vertigo has kidnapped his half brother and their family because he's yeah. afraid they're they're going to threaten his 
throne, you yeah. know, his uh, countenance, and uh, Nightwing is going in, uh, you know, early, waiting for the backup of the rest of the, uh, you know, Bat family, and he basically has to go up, you know, John McClane style, up a uh, skyscraper, beating yeah. up, beating people up, and the whole so way along, the signal out there to the rest of the Bat family to show up for backup. Exactly. Yep. So, and, and and even later on, there's there's a part where he's like, "Come on, guys, you better you better show up." Vertigo's, you know, fucking around. But the whole thing is about the the family aspect is that throughout his whole thing, there's these captions with pictorial members of the Bat Bat family giving him advice, and they're even like in their voices, like Damien's little asshole to him. Uh, the Bat family the of the mind. Exactly. Uh, I thought that was cute. I thought it was fun the first time I saw it, but then when it continued to the rest of the story, I'm like, all right, this is overused now, and I don't ever want to see it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, it's it's the kind of thing you obviously couldn't make a series out of this. You know what I mean? It probably is a little, you know. But uh, I basically like the Damien stuff. I like when I like the interactions between Damien and Nightwing, and apparently I even like them when they're all in Nightwing's head. Yeah. It's always a lot of fun. So. Yeah. I, I just didn't understand the wraparound where we have to get, you know, it's um, Count Vertigo's half-brother. He decided to sacrifice himself to give Dick more time to get his husband and their child up yeah. to the roof. And so he can contact the bathroom because Count Vertigo has set up a jamming device. And the problem is... By the time Count Vertigo actually gets to the roof to stop Dick, the Bat family has already arrived and blown yeah. him. I'm like, what the That's fuck? That's what I'm saying. Like- it's, again, it's another one of those endings of, uh, yep, let's end this, because it just ends like well, that. There, and there, there was no kind of, like, understanding before this that maybe if the if they, you spelled it's out. Eric, yeah, you, the it's because you don't know what family is. Your family always leaves you, no matter what. That's so you don't yeah. know what a like, strong family like, does. What the why hell are we take, talking about when we why, talk why about Why you got to slice deep like this? I better watch out, because <laughs> uh, your mom's listening, but uh, I'm just telling you that this is what family does. They go there. At, at due diligence they get there right away they don't How? decide like hey you know what you're moving i'll be there next week you know that doesn't happen with the real family <laughs> it doesn't happen there uh but yeah it's okay <laughs> did you did you like the story like is i just again it's i'm thinking like, favorites I, in the showcase yeah i think i felt, it's I my felt least. the same way about eric i like the gimmick at first but yeah. it, it, it wore on me after a while yeah, it's yeah. the kind of thing if this, this had been four pages maybe it would have gone over better but other than that like i, I don't really give a fuck about batwoman the batwoman of the mind or even that much batman of the mind it yeah was i like, like that batman even, doesn't even show Drake's it looks costume is wrong yeah it's wrong and uh yeah i like that batman and, and jason todd they, they ain't going to bloodhaven no, they no, got better that. shit to do i like the fact they tangled with count vertigo to some extent that's you know normally yeah yeah that's so. okay because you don't see him much but yeah and then that's we... the thing though it's like jim and i were discussing you know you think of yeah. the great green arrow villains and shit like that and like count vertigo is one of the biggest count vertigo Merlin. and i hate him yeah, yeah, he doesn't like him. I actually, Tell I don't mind him some. Him. Uh, the next one, I think the art's incredible. The the this next one probably, is the, this was one of the two the strongest art offerings. In the yeah, book, I think I the thought. art, and I oh, think that they the writer of this of this story gets the award for the best name, not only of this comic, yeah, probably Owl. of the year. Owl going going back. back. I told yeah, Eric. I said when we were going through Owl. these, I said, yeah, Owl's on the scene. Uh, but Owl, yeah, with yeah. this. The uh the art by uh I can't even read it in this this Matt way Merhoff. that it's Matt yeah uh it's so good that they realize that that in that little letter at the beginning what you're holding is an experiment there's actually a poison ivy there from this that it, yeah. you know they're really pushing that I think it's the best art in the whole issue it's the best uh, art and I think the story would have worked a whole lot better if this was Swamp Thing and not Poison Ivy 
Yeah, and and you got the whole thing where they're continuing that whole poison ivy being part of the green, so that's okay with me. Yeah, the it's connection, just, that, just the, the whole thing, like all of a sudden, like the succubi is actually yeah. affecting the entire green by t- turning at one point, like talking about I have yeah. you know drained forests into deserts and so like, This seems like a job for swamp. I thing will to tell make. you though, to does. me, this issue actually. Is like really feels like a full out like a treatment that they would say, okay, anybody want to do a poison ivy book? You know, give me an this idea. Is a real show, pitch. yeah, this yeah. Is this is more of a pitch than any other one to me. Like this, you know, really. She'll fight demons. She'll fight ghosts. She'll be. Yeah. She'll be a you know protector of the and, green. And, and, and it's, it's, you do what they did with Batwoman in the beginning of the New Fifty Two. How it was more of a supernatural book of poison yeah. ivy that could work. Yeah, and, and I'm saying this. I think that like you know. This is a job for Poison Ivy. I really think to myself, this yeah. is more of a job for Swamp Thing. Uh, for Swamp Thing. I'm telling you, but even by the end, like this isn't just a, okay, I'm Poison Ivy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. There is a lot of exposition about what this writer thinks Poison Ivy is and how Poison Ivy does things and why she does them. I think that this, in this little bit, is the most complete story, even though it's not my favorite. But it is to me, if you jumped in here and didn't know about poison ivy you actually can learn a little about poison ivy and what she's about and how this guy's going about with it now it's it is very supernatural as well yeah and succubi and things like that but with the art in this this really felt like uh, them putting something together to say look we know poison ivy look at this art the two of us together we could really kick ass and do this and, and i'm with them i actually would be interested to see what they would do uh Maybe. and then they got a hold of al and said listen in this sjw world you have to be a woman to write poison ivy possibly because uh, i i i've seen and i owl believe may al... be a woman we don't no, know no no i i saw no, no, i know I saw, uh, yeah i oh, saw al. yeah so anyway I, but... so this we, we know it's not a certain uh member of a league on twitter because it ends with poison ivy setting uh, the succubi, uh, succubus on fire using a Harley Quinn lighter, and yeah. we know that uh, certain people... But again, like a succubi, a little evil, okay? So yeah. she's done. No, the, the, where a certain league would probably be upset is the fact that at the beginning, children are missing, and Poison and Ivy says, fuck I don't give a fuck about children, I only care about the plants. Now you have yeah. a little the, bit the, of a problem. Like the, the children screamed, yes, but I didn't hear until the plants screamed, and that's yeah, why yeah. I'm here. Yeah, that that might be a little bit of a sticking point. I'm, but... with, I'm with her on that, though. I don't, I don't care about the children's yeah, I, don't I don't care, care about, about the plants. I them in the movies. Now, the next story, uh, it is again. We have a bit of a Suicide Squad story, but a Deadshot story. Yeah. And the only thing that that got me upset is I love the new Fifty Two origin of uh, yeah. of Deadshot. And Eric I was knows. thinking about that the entire Eric time. Knows. It's one of my favorite actual origins that they did in Villains Month. And it was, I'm telling you, if you go back, if you are a Deadshot fan, or even if you're just like, oh, I want to see, go back and get that Villains Month issue of Deadshot. To me, it is one of the best issues of the new 52 i loved it and this kind of goes against it it kind of works this is the uh, classic you know. dead shot yeah this is the classic it's going back but to it the is classic not, this is not a continuity no it's not thing. that's what i'm know, saying not, it just it, it's not but it just and I'm telling you, the it, whole, it threw the me whole off personally for this story too is so like almost old school comic with how like you know ridiculous it is like all of a sudden my long lost brother who i thought was dead he's alive yeah yeah I'm like, all right whatever and, man, and i'll cool. tell you the art in this 
it reminds me of somebody. There's an. It's not a DC artist. I can't remember who it was, but it reminds me of this art, and it's a weird art style that actually, the more I see it, the more I like it for some reason. Yeah. That it's, a it's loose, like, but it's good. It's, it's loose. It's, there. it's a little cartoony, but it's like one of those like cartoony violent deal. Like maybe it's yeah. the Judge Dredd stuff or something that it reminds me of. I don't know. There's something that I've seen recently, like an image book that has this style of art that I like. And uh, with this, though, again, it, it's pretty much a you know standard. There's there's nothing really that great. Yeah, well, Eddie, so Eddie Eddie Logan is is actually alive and he's under control of uh, Doctor Conrad Boyinko. And this continuity, Deadshot tr- tried to kill as a child was tired of his you know mother and them getting beat up by his abusive right. father, so he tried to kill his father by doing a sniper but shot. shot his father, end up killing his brother his Eddie brother. instead. Or and at that point, he, he just exactly at that point he's like. I will never like you know wait. Yeah. I'll never miss again at this point. Now, and, the and, and in the missed. meantime, the new Fifty Two revamp deal was basically that there was a robbery uh, in the a building that Deadshot was living in, and the bullets went through the wall because the guys went nuts. They you know to to kill one person, they shot like seventy bullets and ended up killing yeah. his family, and he basically said never I'm going to be bullet. yeah I'm going to be in a I will never waste a bullet ever again one bullet was, one kill yeah one yeah and it was really good the way it it turned mm-hmm. out I just wanted to throw that out there because I was saying what I liked about it but oh yeah. I was thinking about you the entire time I was just like uh, oh Jimmy I, I like love this it one. so much I love it but go on Reggie tell us what happened well so it turns out Eddie is not dead he was uh, again sold into medical slavery to Dr Conrad <laughs> yep. Bianco who's <laughs> been father who's yep. been uh, yeah, by by the totally shitty father so that he's been experimenting on him and he's figured out how to basically mind control people and he mind controls eddie lawton where floyd is trying to get him to you know break his mind control but he's just shooting floyd over and over again yeah the hive mind exactly uh he just shoots him over and over finally so basically though i mean so this is kind of like a a bullshit ending where floyd will not shoot his brother until 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 he does yeah until he does And and in the meantime, his brother has said, I've been mind controlled. I've done such horrors. Please kill kill me. me. I want to die. Please kill me. So at the end, it's basically like, you know, and I love the guy who's controlling him. Like, no, (laughs) like he didn't think he was going to do that. I know. And I like this guy, too, because he reminds me of this one shot villain. I think it was Jeff Lemire who uh, put it out there was Polar Geist. Who was somebody like going up? I think it was the Future's End story where you saw okay. Equinox's character created going up against this polar geist guy, this freaking cybernetic guy who ride, yeah. rode on polar bears. Like the concept was so yeah, ridiculous yeah. to me. I wanted to see more and more of it. Never saw him again. And this guy just kind of looks like him. Like, he also oh, remind me is of this a the walking, of polar geist. Remind me of uh, Sid Bor- uh, uh What's his name? Uh, Cy Boardman from yeah, uh, Harley. A little like a younger version of Cy. Yeah, it was okay. And it yeah, all like the wraparound one, is you know. that. Amanda Waller knew all along that his brother was there, course, and she she doesn't have to tell him. Yeah. So then the next one's a Doctor Fate story. It was a very story. over the top kind of cool, like, yeah, you know, like a comic book story where okay. the long lost brother returns. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, I see what you're doing there. It's Again, the it, it didn't enjoy, get me angry. Okay. Uh, but it, there was nothing to it. Now the next story again. I'm not a huge Doctor Fate fan. And I did not like this. I, I oh, I, I like this one. Yeah, I, I liked thought it, it a was, lot. I thought it was a waste of time. Where I thought the art was real strong. You know, between yeah, I hated this and the it. Poison Ivy, these are the two best. It's so weird that I thought that the art was awful. 
I, I hated wow. it. Right. At points, it even reminded me a bit of that end of the the New Fifty Two Doctor Fate book, and it drove me nuts. So, and I, I uh, to me, this story was just nothing. It was a bunch of pages of nothing. But you guys talk about magic it costs, Jim. Huh. Yeah. This is this is like we might as well have a cyborg issue a story where he's like, "Am I machine or man?" At the end, it's always you know the same shit. But go on. So you, you using about magic, uh, you know, it it fucks uh, Ken Nelson up, right? Is that what he is? What's his name? Nelson. Ken Nelson. Yeah. Yes. Ken Nelson. Yeah. yeah. It fucks him up, and uh, you know he's not. He has that kind of shitty relationship with Nabu from ancient Egypt because nabu is always calling him to put on the helm and become the magical uh, whatever that he's supposed to be and the so thing he... is i will agree with jim to a degree where you, this is almost the whole thing with man or machine like we're getting in the um it's just the, the metal right thing. now where the like the mother box tells cyborg like you have to either be human or you have to become one yeah, and you know, like yeah. stuff like this because this is the whole thing is nabu is pushing kent nelson to become one with the helm of fate instead of like you know Holding well, on to his humanity. This, this is this is the curse of of having the helm of Nabu. Is that you can't? It's not a part time job. You know what I mean? That's no, what he's I trying know. to say. It's like, we all once know you this. Put it on. It's gonna fuck up your. <laughs> I'm telling and you, it this is you up and do something look, new though. It makes you look like a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. uh, so then he, you know, he so then he's walking around without it. He's feeling good. He's not Doctor Fate. He doesn't have to help people. But then the Demon Wolf, three eyed Demon Wolf, comes back and he realizes. Yeah, I do. Nabu's helm. Well, that's even at one point. The cost of magic is too much. He starts freaking, you know, uh, bricking up the helm of fate into like the wall of the tower fate. Like, I am done with you. I am done with magic. Fuck being a superhero. I'm out. Yes. But it it just busts out of his tower. His no no problem. And we knew that uh, you can't keep a good helm down. So it it slaps (laughs) on his face. Doctor Fate pulls some like uh, crazy mystical bandages on the wolf. Which is bullshit. He's like, but you will not escape with the bonds of Maha. And I'm like, the wolf immediately escapes. Like, God damn it, Doctor Fate, be better at this. Yeah, he's 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 got to do a little more work. But you know, he's kind of he's only been one foot in, one foot out. But in the end, he makes a deal with Nabu. Like, all right, I'll do your bidding. I'll be your magic guy. But you can't let me look like fucking you know Vincent Price hours before death. So uh, they restore him to look uh, a cutie pie again. And. uh, He's gonna. That's his. That's his curse. That's his life. Well, that that was the most fucked up thing. Where the, actually the helm of fate, Nabu, was actually testing Kent Nelson because like he tried to lock him away, away because he was too like you know like into the idea of looking you know, like good at his humanity and all that stuff. And this big wolf monster that came out, it was actually created by the helm of Nabu to test Kent Nelson to see that you will make the hero's choice even if this happens. So it's kind of a fucked up thing where the helm actually put him in this situation where he is going to be this fucked monster. It's basically yeah, exactly. entrapment. That's all it is. And I thought it was a cool wraparound to see that, you know, this is the lengths that Naboo will go to to have a host. Yeah. Well, now, I, what's funny is in the end when he makes the deal with Naboo, I'm like, why is Naboo even making the deal? And Naboo's like, no. Obviously, yeah. I do whatever the fuck I want, so you will be the Dr. Fate that rocks the helm. But, you know, there's always got to be, you know, there's always got to be a cost to whatever power. And this was a exactly. decent way. Uh, I just couldn't feel differently than uh, Jim about it. I thought the art was great in this. I loved yeah, it. I loved I the way these guys' faces like are him. rendered. Oh, you know, I like, like some of the stuff. The stuff with the like where Kent's face is melting and the horrific like look of that, I think looks good. But I was with Jim where a lot of the beginning, it did remind me of that DC YUU Doctor Face series, and immediately yeah. I just kind of groaned to myself. Yeah, like, you know what Don't it is for this too. I, I think is... that's what might be where your problem is coming from because uh, maybe I, I, you know you're, you're just the, remembering uh, especially Doctor Fate that city character you don't want to read about. The other thing that I go with though is while I'm looking at this and I see the art and it's very stylized, it's got this whole deal, you know, oh, yeah. and then I think about reading a and entire issue with this art and i think it'd be too much for me i i don't think i could go oh, a I full 21 me, like, pages gabriel rodriguez who draws yeah. that uh 
lock key lock and key thing. Yeah, I love it, that. It, yep. and uh, yeah. there's somebody. It's, this is another one that reminds me of something else as well, but uh, I can't. Is it Chris Burnham that did? Uh, yeah, he does. Yeah, that too, yeah. That, that's who I think it reminds me of. But uh, the last there are aspects to that style, and especially in, like the lines and the costumes and stuff like that. When you have different sort like shading and stuff like that, I can see a lot of Burnham in that. Yeah, I just get the the idea that it'd be too much for me for an entire. It's almost like when I eat like. Uh, what like a, a coconut cream pie, Reggie? I, huh. I can take two. I can take seven slices. I can't eat the whole pie. That I can. <laughs> that extra slice. I. But yes. Uh, the last story then is actually Scott Snyder, and it's a Scott That's Snyder right. story, a Wonder Woman story, and with art by Ibrahim Mustafa. The, again, these are two uh, established people. You you know what I mean? This is just thrown in there. Yeah. And I said to Eric that it was interesting to me because a lot of people. I've been wondering what Scott Snyder would be doing after Metal, and he won't have a book at that point. And there is James Robinson doing the story with Wonder Woman that seems to really be pushing things, you know, not really going forward. It's really pushing to kind of stay put to something that I said to Eric. Maybe this is another one of these things. I always think that all these have something going on behind there's the scenes. There's a deeper there's, meaning behind there's it. There's always some sort of controversy or you know, conspiracy to me. And I do think that maybe this is to throw it out there so that people can get – like Scott Snyder maybe is watching and thinking like, okay, I want to see what people think of how I write Wonder Woman. Uh, the problem is though – not a lot of Wonder Woman in this, no. uh, really. Uh, there not, is, not but there really is a great story. Quite yeah, really. and it's okay. Is, this, it's this interesting. This is my favorite story. And I, well, I'm like, telling you, when you and I were talking before about, you know, it was before All Star Batman came out yeah. and stuff like that. I don't think it was announced. Like, what would you like to see Scott Snyder on next? And I thought Wonder Woman would be pretty cool. And looking at this, and just it might be also kind of a biased thing because. This whole not Warehouse late, 13, late. Friday the 13th oh, the series that. of the librarians yeah. thing that we got going on this year. I love that concept that yeah. we had here. I got so happy. I'm actually very surprised. In the, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. storage, yeah. I'm very surprised that they didn't go really full out with uh, you know known artifacts and things. Because if you yep. look, you can see a couple. See a monkey paw. On the, the yeah. one page and stuff, but then everything kind of blanks out and gets very yeah, generic. This is your chance to go nuts with shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, I, I really would. I wish that they. I wish that he would have went completely nuts on this art to just show everywhere that you turn that you're looking to see more things. But basically, it's a you know a two part kind of story where in the past Wonder Woman is talking to her mother pretty much about the. Uh, the perfect, the glass yeah. of truth. At one point, you actually think that it might even be like a weapon type deal, but it is the lasso right away. She sees that. Uh, and then in the meantime, Steve Trevor, they have this very secret warehouse that's got like glyphs around the door. 50 feet below and things the Smithsonian like Institute. Yeah, and basically things, these magical, it's all the magical artifacts that the uh, United it's States warded, have It's warded, it's got grabbed. soul traps, psychic oh, yeah, resonators, crazy holy stuff. water hoses. But again, even I would have liked to have seen that. Loaded up with Cold iron yeah. and silver bullets. And I understand you have to kind of push it forward. I would have loved to have seen them have to get through traps and shit like that, all <laughs> Indiana Jones-like. And as this is going on, the the magical artifacts are kind of coming to life in this vault. They're, you know, pages and that's why they've called books Wonder Woman down because so they, they called Wonder Woman. something. And, and she seems to know a lot of the things she points out, some things, and then out of nowhere, this one general all of a sudden starts becoming a uh, fucking lotus plant or something and becomes mm-hmm. an alien-type deal. His head but blows yes, up. I thought that looked cool as hell because yeah, he's yelling did. about the whole idea. Like, we, we have her down there. She's not doing anything to solve this. So yeah, I say, it's like, 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 the, 
We should, get rid of, we should get rid of her as much as we should get rid of all these. And all of a sudden, his mouth just opens up like yeah. it's a flower petal blooming. That, that his head part looked cool. I but then when he was so this big kaiju, no, that's not no, that no. cool. <laughs> it's yeah. not that cool. It actually looks like uh, Thanos with some horns out the side and, and flowers on yeah. it. And it really, like, at the point, I'm wondering, like, how did you get out of that? The fucking, it looks like they're in, like, the Pentagon or whatever. Yeah, well, but, say, this monster is towering over top the entire Pentagon. Yeah, the and the, the problem is, though, it doesn't look like where he should have come out is even broken up. How do you get well, out of that? Like, so the shit, magic. The, yeah, I guess, because that really threw me off then. I'm like, that that's weird. Uh, but, yeah, in the meantime, not really much happens here. It's Wonder Woman uh, learning about the perfect and p- basically her mom saying, like, listen, a lot of people don't like the lasso because they're afraid of the truth and don't tell the truth or whatever. And, obviously, Diana's not afraid of that. She says, you know, why would anyone ever fear the truth? And then she's like, ah, oh, my brave little warrior, you'll find out one day. And then she is attacking this alien magical whatever demon wearing the stuff that she gathered the problem with me is it didn't really wrap around to that when she's like oh brave little warrior you'll find out someday and then perhaps that will always be your strength but yet what you're seeing to me isn't really what they're talking about she should have been using the last yeah that's what i'm saying and even if it was something like where it does not like come fully around no i'm telling you in the past if this guy i think i really got caught up in this warehouse if if we had a setup where this this uh, fucking general was like we had more of him and more of a setup of him and he's the one lying and not and this is the truth and what you never get that wraparound it really yeah. just is a you know a catchphrase ending that doesn't match the story though. Uh, obviously, Scott Snyder, uh, even if Dancing Mike disagrees, the guy knows how to write some dialogue. He knows yeah, his way around sure. a comic, and yeah, the the dialogue and the the thing in this. It is the best in this book. The guy Scott Snyder, but and it, it's a really interesting premise that I want to see. That's more the of. problem. The the problem I have with it is I want to see more, and I don't think we ever will see yeah. more. So that actually throws me off a bit because yeah, I would have loved, and even so, she's already out of that vault. The vault you could spend three issues, and me and Eric would think it's the greatest thing of her. It would yeah. just be her cataloging things I, and, I and whatever. Shit. I don't know why. Yeah, it would have been I so didn't cool. Why it was in this story though? Because the story is about the last. So, and then, yeah, like, that's what I'm just, saying. It really is totally superfluous. Like, I really found it to be. Isn't the last like, something that should be the down there as well, Reggie? It's pointless. It really has can, nothing can to do Can I tell you what it reminds me of? It reminds me of a classic Paul McCartney song back in the day where Paul would have three different things in a song. Next thing you know, he puts them together and you have, you know, one of his big hits that every bit of the song is, is obviously different. But this is a couple ideas melded yeah. together that don't quite fit to me yeah. they they just don't and i wish they did because i'm very interested in and i always i'm telling you you give me a little girl wonder woman and i think it's the greatest thing ever i love seeing her as a little girl and learning things and stuff like that yeah, i know you this go is, back to the 50s when they used to have wonder tot yeah well i i'm telling you right. I, I know this was that was starting to sound creepy so i'm glad you brought yeah. it but i'm telling you and i love yeah. that you go back to the 50s when that shit was acceptable yeah but that with fine. that with with this little wonder woman and learning about the lasso does not tie in to anything no. in the other part 
And I, I just, it, it's a shame because I do like the concepts of it. I like the way he writes it. I think that he, uh, I like his Steve Trevor, uh, you know, and the little like things that. that you're getting, but you're not getting enough. And so it was a little disappointing because of that, because I do want to have Scott Snyder maybe try Wonder Woman, even oh, if it was like an all-star Wonder Woman, something like that. Maybe it's not going to be full out continuity book or main book, but something like that. And I would have liked to have seen more of that. Uh, so that's a shame, but that's the end. That ends the issue. A lot of pages, a lot of pages in that and issue. We got we got the good, the you know the yearbook goodbyes in the autograph yeah. section. Yeah. You know yeah. where they you know all the people yeah. in the class say we had a great time. That's called the gym. Which, it br- it brings up bad memories that nobody signed his yearbook, so he, he I, doesn't read I that. It, I'd it rather one have tier. that though than the bullshit in the front that said what you hold in your hand. Yeah, like, I'd rather I'd rather have all the, the yeah. But again, all it is little- every time they do this. Uh, here's the thing. I didn't well, read I didn't it, Reggie. Read it, for God's I, sake. Okay, I just I'm saying I didn't read it. I'm guessing that most of them kiss the asses of the uh, uh, the Jansons and the Snyders that are the ones that were involved. I, I, that's and just fine. Andy Kubert. And oh, Andy and and Andy Kubert. Uh, see, but it has to all be. Now I'm going to look. I'm just going to pull up one. Andy Kubert and Klaus Jansen are really the best teachers in the industry. Boom. I'm right. Where's my ding? <laughs> that's that's uh, all that's going to be in this pack. So, guys, uh, what was your yes. favorite story in the showcase? Wow, my favorite. Um, I will. I'll. I'll go right away, and I'll tell you that my favorite. I'm trying to remember the, what was the first one. <laughs> it was Red Hood and Duke Roll. No, no, that one. My actual favorite was probably Poison Ivy. And okay. it's funny because I said it's not like the greatest story, but I thought that was the most complete story. It seemed to me to have – It was have, a perfect meld of story and art. It was a roller coaster ride of emotions, yeah. and I thought that it had the – I'm trying to explain. Like, it had the best vision going in that the, the writer and the artist together – it seemed to have a full vision of what they wanted to do. So at the end, it didn't just end with a, here's your sword, Katana. I like the Katana story, too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, that was probably that. my second favorite, actually, which is crazy. But it didn't have that crazy end, like, here's the Bat family that arrived out of nowhere and yeah, stuff that like that. So, yeah, nonsense. so I thought that, that I thought that, that was the best overall story. And the art, I think, was the best in the issue. It was. I thought the art was great. Uh, just the detail of I the really art like net for a role, workshop, uh, like the Red Hood and Duke one art as well. Yeah, and I like these people. They're, they're, t- Jensen, they're these guys are all talented. Every man and woman Young's not a either. Every man and woman, yeah. woman on this is talented, but this person who did the uh, the uh, what's it called the the Poison Ivy deal could could be on an issue tomorrow. Matt Mirror. Yeah. Now I thought that some of that was a little stiff, to be honest. Yeah, with I, you. I, I, I did like it, and the heavy amount of Ivy detail you can't. Can't front on that, but I would say that my favorite was definitely the Doctor Fate story oh, you with with bitch. Poison Ivy as a as a close second. But uh, yeah, I think that was just I I love the art style on that. I like I love you know I like the concept. I won't say yeah. I loved it, but I like the I'm concept. I'm surprised that they did, did, don't go with like a cyborg story in this. Try to get some you know somebody writing something good on cyborg. Oh, that's canceled, baby. Cyborg's yeah, done. Is. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, how about you, Eric? What's your favorite? I, I'm really just struggling here because I'm looking at all the stories and what I thought, and I'm still like, even with the inconsistencies, I still think I have to go with Wonder Woman of the Archives as my yeah. favorite story because it's the story that I wanted to see more of. You were of interested when it was more of, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, what would you give with it overall, With that poison I'm making up a second, I think. And that's yeah. the thing is, actually, I hate Katana, and I get I cringe every time there's a Katana yeah, story. but it was that shocking, was really right? Good. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm good. saying. Except that's that when ending. you know a story's pretty good when it's a character that you could care less about, and you're like, you know what? That's pretty darn good. Yeah. And even the inclusion of King Snake, who I don't like, but yeah. you know what? It's pretty cool. Yeah, Damn, King you Snake. guys! You guys are convincing me that this was a good book. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed you, it. 
What do you give it, Reggie? Well, the worst the worst thing about the, this book the price is it's, eight, it's, gonna it's be. eight bucks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that pretty much kills it. I wouldn't tell anyone to buy it for eight bucks. It's not worth eight bucks. They should lower the price of this and take a hit yeah. if they want people to look at it because take four a bucks, hit. You, I don't think that they're paying. Yeah, know, yeah, you're printing so an oversized deal, but I don't think they're paying these workshop people. Well, you got, much you pay, if anything. You pay well, I think Lowe the workshop people are paying them. Yeah, I think no. But basically, what you do is you pay these people by sales. You know, if it sells great, then you guys get a little extra. But they don't. Yeah. I don't know how they do they it. Would never sell enough. I would think that extra. the minute you're in that workshop, you're signing away shit left and right to be in that workshop yeah. that they can grab this and charge whatever the hell they want. And you don't see a cent. They should, yeah. they should charge three, four bucks for it. That's that's the it should number be four ninety nine. It should be an annual size. Uh, you know, price even though it's oversized because you are giving us. Un, you know, unrefined talent, I guess. Is yeah, what it is I a lot of it, it, you know, but yeah, it's uh, but as far as comparing this to last year, this is miles better than yeah. last year. I love the fact that they had artists and writers yeah. and uh, I enjoyed uh, most of these stories to what they were. And I didn't think any of them were really horrible failures. No. You know, they no. all they all did the job. There's some were better than others. I ended up giving it a seven out of ten. And I'm I'd give it a it. seven out of ten as well. I yeah, actually I surprised seven out of ten here as well. Yeah, Whoa. actually, I'm surprised because I I thought I was going to be much lower when I first read it, but when we talked about it, uh, that there were disappointments to me. The the Nightwing deal was a little off, and the really the biggest disappointment. I really was excited to see what Tony Patrick had for the Signal because of the well. book coming out, but because it really didn't focus much on him. So I can't Not say that he doesn't know the but character. But still, seventy percent more. More signal content than that any is other true, Batman and I was going to say you can't you can't ever say to anybody really at this point like oh he doesn't get the voice of the signal or or Duke because you had We Are Robin Barely. and then went and you got a lot in We Are Robin but that's not really this character anymore. And I'm He's saying that Duke has evolved then. since then a lot. That's what I'm saying. He it's not even the same guy anymore. He is more you know he has evolved and he's matured and things like yeah. that. So really, I I hope that this is just a weird snafu of not getting enough of, of Duke in this because Tony Patrick really going into this book and it's co-written by Scott Snyder, but it seems like he's doing the most of the deal. Uh, he has the chance to define the character, you know, anew for him as the signal. And I'm still looking forward to that, but I really wanted to read this little story and be like, you know what? This is going to be fucking awesome. Like it's in good hands and going. And I still think he's okay. It just, I wish I got more of that from this issue. I realized that he might be allergic to dander. Is, is what I found out, and, and so uh, am I. So a bad there you neighborhood, go. Jim. So there you go. I'm from a bad neighborhood as well, which actually is a bad Quaker town that we live in. Is every yes. neighborhood's bad here? So, uh, yeah. But I just and again, what's the favorite you know, pastime of Quaker town? Meh. Just to go back, I'm even because uh, I'm paging through, and again, he went with classic with the uh, you know Jason Todd, Joker, Crowbar. Again, We've had yeah, enough yeah. of this. We've had enough of that. But uh, yeah, I, I think that both uh, you know all three of us are a little more positive than i thought we would be for this me as well uh now reggie you're you're primed up for the Ooh. holiday special of next week we yeah. have another one of these things again all so, right yeah so we'll have to see uh but yeah uh that's that's that and uh we're gonna go off those are your books for the week reggie and uh i guess now you are going to go and uh you know, go to Jolly Old England, right? I got is to catch the plane doing? right now, so yep. uh, I figured you would. Is it Jolly Old or is it Mario? I'll yeah. see you in a fortnight, lads. Actually, yes. I'll see you. In I'll a see half you fortnight. too. But so yeah. a week. Yes. 
Uh, right. Two weeks. He's gone. He's gone for a month. But yeah, that that is it. Uh, thanks, Reggie. I, I asked Reggie too if he was going to call us in, uh, call in from uh, England, a live call. He said that he probably will not swing. The- <laughs> Yeah, so, a we'll, live we'll, call. You gonna you gonna, you gonna pay my uh, international no, phone? No, you, you're right I, on fucking. You got a phone? You put the Skype on the phone? You call us even, up? I, I, I don't even do international plan. My wife does all that shit. I just mm-hmm. fucking. I That's what Toby. Toby, you grab his phone. You can call in Toby's phone. Just maybe, don't lick it. Maybe, don't lick uh, it, or you'll catch something. Because he called in a couple weeks ago with that. So there you go. I'm gonna set you up. But then again, when we're recording, it may be two in the morning, three in the morning, and you know. That's nonsense, but yeah, thanks, no, Reggie. Gotcha. And off we go. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh, yeah, it's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh, yeah, it's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh, yeah. Let's hear Boom. It's mail with Eric. It's the Boosh. last mail of the night. And we're going to start that off with Andrew in Belfast. He says, greetings, Jim and Eric, and shout out to the Fresh Cut Prue. The Fresh poo. Cut Prue, Eric. You know what that means. I'm trying to get to You know it. what? You've been doing what it all night. Fresh Cut Prue. No, I wanted to do that one. But I. the problem is on the soundboard, I just played the theme. So I didn't go. And now I actually have three separate wrong turn categories on that board. Jesus oh, Christ. yes. Here, you want to you hear another one from him? I know you like it. Here you go. I hear enough LeBron of him. James. Oh, LeBron James. LeBron James? How about this one? Who else in the level car say yeah? Yeah. Uh, no, you should do. Wait a second ask, now. You should ask wrong turn to say LeBron James. He would, get a, he would fuck it up. Oh, I'm gonna say the, I'm gonna have him say the leprechaun one. <laughs> oh my goodness, the tales he tell, Eric. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. And now I'm looking forward you to, go to this work. week in yeah. work. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm off from work for a day. The kids are off at school. Wife at work, and I'm on Easy Street today, gentlemen. That at, at the Eric Shea residence. That's called Pants Off Street. Thus. What better activity to participate in than Uh-oh. to make myself a coffee and mm-hmm. send a little long note to Quaker Look out for pins in there. Yes. Well, yes, watch out for those pins. Well, it was annuals week, or as I call it, skip week. My yeah. micro pull of comics. That's what Eric calls when he jerks off. A micro oh. pull. Boom! This week was two Marvel Star Wars books, both of which were just okay. I bought Dark Arc from Aftershock, which was pretty nice. And in the meantime, go to our site, weirdsciencedccomics.com, and see Andrew's uh, awesome review of that. Finally, and that's a Cullen Bunn book. He retweeted, Eric. He likes Andrew. He don't like us. Finally, following a quick chat with America's Sweetheart on the Slack chat. Is everybody talking to you this week? Yeah, Brandon, Andrew. Nobody talking to me. Just sitting there all by myself, twiddling my thumbs with one tear rolling down my cheek. I, I think that after this, uh, after we record tonight, I'm going to be watching Civil War with my lovely nice. bride. She hasn't seen it yet. so She also hasn't seen Age of Ultron, and she doesn't seem well, that excited that to mind. see that. She doesn't want to really see that 
I don't either. So I, I, I don't know. know. After I'll watching watch the Infinity War, yeah. War trailer, I went and caught Jess up because she hadn't seen Civil War yeah, or Thor yeah. Ragnarok. So That's watched basically both of those. what Tanya wants to do as well. Uh, but yeah, he was talking to you on the Slack chat. I made the decision to go uh, back into Comicsology and buy the Batman annual. No. Well, gentlemen, what can one say? Oh, I know. Mouse droppings. What the hell is Tom? Does my ass look big in this king doing to Batman? Firstly, I should say that this was a damn uh, sight better than most of the crap he's been serving up on that title. I don't know. Yep. Would it shock people if I spoiled that I might like that issuer? He really does have a good writer in there somewhere. If he would just stop relying on his crutches, namely repeated staccato dialogue, crap catchphrases, and pet characters. He needs to just go balls to the wall. It feels like he is a learner driver t uh, taking the Batmobile out for a spin, but he's too afraid to get the speedometer growling and the flames bursting out the back. Secondly, uh, that is true. I, I, I don't know. I, I think that he's probably a very, very nice guy as well. Uh, he is a I don't little, even know that. He's, he's a little insecure with, with his writing and does seem to want people to, you know, pat him on the back a little. But hopefully this all leads to some good stories down the line. And that's, I'm trying to be hopeful, Eric. Secondly, and this is the clincher for me, he's a damn lucky man that the artists that he's been working with in Batman are top drawer. It's a Batman book. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And I was also thinking of the whole deal where his run in Batman, it's getting up there in issues. And that really sets you up for life. I mean, he's a writer now that everywhere he goes, he they, they know he wrote Batman. I don't know what other character you could say is bigger to write a book. It's crazy. The art in the book is generally great, so his work is made to look great, and I think a lot of praise he gets is because people like to look at the book. Thirdly, he took what was a 60% good book and friggin' wrecked it by the stupidest plot device ever. Paint traces and mouse droppings. What yeah. the fuck? Seriously, if I was reading that book as a 16-year-old, I would have just thrown that book in the garbage. As someone slightly <laughs> older, I was at least able to appreciate its limited merits, but only because adding the extra pages meant that a full story could be told in spite of King's crappy, repeated, or one-word dialogue. And we say that. We actually yeah. said that he might be better suited for 40 pages. One word. One word. One word. One word! <laughs> dialogue. Dialogue. Plus, don't show me old man Bruce Wayne, because I don't give a hoot about old man Wayne or old woman cat. If oh, you were giving me old there. folk in, in my book, do it like Snyder and make it all part of Barbados's mind game. Eric, yeah. I didn't like that look either. If if I want an old Batman, you best strap that bat suit right on Alfred and have those skinny legs fucking running up and down the fucking street. With there that you pencil go. thin mustache. Oh, I love it. Aside from this, I have to say it's not looking good for me as far as rebirth goes. I checked back to when I wrote in uh, to you some months ago. Here are the titles that I have dropped in order of dropping. Blue Beetle. Check mm -hmm. where where is it? Where? Damn. <laughs> uh Batgirl. Cyborg. Yeah. Yep. Green Arrow, Titans, yep. Justice League, JLA, Nightwing, Teen Titans, Flash, Super Sons, and finally, sadly, Batman. There's a lot of dings there. Eric. What, what did days. you did you say? Ah, eh, with the Titans is probably. Yeah, what I'm telling you, I don't know why I still nothing's hold hope going for that. on. With I know, but the yeah, I know why so you're cool, staying Jim. on it. You don't pay for it. Yeah. If you were paying for it, I I don't know. Actually, you, if I was paying for it, I'd probably still pick it up. Yeah, you really hang on to those things. World's finest. The yeah. main reason for dropping is the treading water factor. There you go. 
There have been some good arcs across Rebirth, but it's not what I expected. Other titles I'm still buying. Should I ding these as well since I did Detective, Action, Superman, Red Hood, Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, Supergirl, and Superwoman all do the same. He's still buying Superwoman. But are better (laughs) books and more enjoyable for me. I know you guys don't like the last three. How can you drop Titans, Uh, not Superwoman? (laughs) It's so funny. Uh, I'll tell you, the, the book right now, if you ask me, what book, Jim Werner, what book are you most excited for going forward? And it's one of those last three. It's actually Supergirl because I did like that last issue with Jody Hauser and Steve Orlando co-writing that, that I think that we might be getting a book coming down the line that we can really enjoy. Uh, the ones I really, really enjoy, though, do something different and tell the story more pro- promptly. I'm not going to ding, okay? That was getting annoying, right? New Superman, Nightwing New Order, Uh, Batman White Knight, Black Lightning, and the Metal Books. There's a lot of Metal Books, Eric. And I enjoy Doomsday Clock a lot, too. Uh, yes. Enjoy to Saints I still, discussion. I still enjoy Action Comics and Super. I do too. I look forward to it every time uh, we get those. He did. He liked Hussein's discussion of political parallels in last week's letter. By the way, I really enjoy the miniseries, which I think forced the writers to pace properly. I'm going to pick up Batman Creature of the Night. I won't think. Following the interesting review, you guys gave it on the Patreon Spotlight. Excellent review on that from both of you. Boy, that nice. that actually. That is uh, few and far between. Usually, when I am blowing your mind, Eric, you are off looking at the Korean Hulk. And when you're blowing my mind, I'm just not paying attention. I'm just yeah. thinking of what I'm going to be Possibly eating. Possibly eating a sandwich. Eating I don't know. what I'm going to be eating next, what I'm eating then. Usually, it, it, it's far, few and far between that me and you both combine like some screwed up freaking, you know, I don't know, go-bot. Where's that Korean Hulk at? Where is he? On Rebirth, if anyone asked me what to read, I'd tell them Rebirth 1. Superman Reborn, Eric. Did you say Superman ah. Reborn? Oh, jeez. I, I got it. Oh, must no. be Superman <laughs> Reborn. It must be. And add be. a push, the button, and the Oz effect art. Then add Doomsday Clock. That would bring them up to speed and save them a fortune. There's a few trade volumes they could get with enjoyable arcs, but there's no real Rebirth factor to them as such under the guidance of brandon and trav what, what was it what trevor was tre- trevor i've been buying more and more marvel haven't been exclusively a dc buyer for years two points on this firstly i've been reading uh brian michael bendis's 2012 2013 run on all new x-men and i've been loving it i also more or less love his work where i've read it but uh, it had been on the slide at marvel with the exception of the riri williams story and in invincible iron man which i loved if he writes at his best with the new challenge in dc then he will be raising the bar a lot and will force some of the other writers to up their game. Secondly, I'm nervous about Marvel Legacy. I love all the new Marvel characters, and it worries me that they will go down a boring road of dusting off the classic characters. Now, I'm telling you, Andrew, don't don't get in that Slack chat and talk about that, or Trevor, he'll, he'll have you. He'll, he'll have what you, you got to read that, What you got to read is this. That Ben Riley Scarlet Spider Man. Yeah, that Eric's been loving every issue. He tells oh, yeah. me all day. Great. He he won't shut up about it. That Eric Shea. Much like I prefer the New Fifty Two era of DC. I hope in rolling, uh, rolling out Legacy that Marvel doesn't throw out a lot of good alternative or next generation characters that they have at the moment. Finally, just to say, Mark Wade's run on the Champions is what Rebirth Teen Titans could have been. A great balance of teen characters perfectly pitched at younger readers. No Beast Boy mouthgasms, for example. I heard yeah. a lot 
of hype for that Champions book when it first, you know, hit. And then it kind of died, died off out. immediately, yeah, it seemed yeah. like. Uh, okay, gents, I've taken up enough of your time just to say I agree with Jim's wife around the forthcoming Milk Wars. Not Milk Wars. Just give me my Young Animals books, DC. That looks like a load of crap. Until next time, au revoir. And that's Andrew in Belfast. And then he has a PS with a picture that I'll probably have to throw out there on the Slack chat as well. Uh, it says, P.S. George Lucas was in a restaurant in the suburbs of Belfast a few weeks back. And I- I'll tell you, if you don't know, Andrew is a huge Star Wars fan. I mean, humongous. Who's this George Lucas? Uh, George Lucas? I have attached a selfie picture of him that he let the restaurant staff take in which he looks gloriously grumpy. Okay. He does. He looks so angry. Hats off to him for not smiling it up. He's a legend. If he's grumpy, he ain't afraid to show it. I just he was imagined. Tour- I'm trying to uh, eat. So, God damn it. He looks so grumpy. He was touring the Game of Thrones set locations in Northern Ireland where while he was here too. Uh, new, oh, now Game of Thrones is finishing up filming here. You'll be interested to hear that the forthcoming Krypton TV series is being made here as well. If I spy any members of the House of L in Belfast, I'll make sure to let you dudes know. And that he says laters, and that is Andrew. Thank you, I keep Andrew. That's going to be a thing. Yeah, and the next and last email is from the Hollywood Kid, and it's Luke Hollywood. What's up, Jim, Hollywood Eric, kid? Reggie, Chris, Brandon, Trevitt, Trevert? Josh, Jeremy, Andy, Abby, and everyone else in the Get Fresh crew. de boop boop What up, Fresh Cup crew? Ah, uh, you gotta love when our annuals week comes around. It's time for catching up and reflection. While so few books on the shelves, it gives you a chance to ponder your pulls and really scrutinize what you're picking up. I know after picking up the absolute state of an annual that is JLA annual number one, I definitely took a long, hard look at myself. With Rebirth label... With the Rebirth label being dropped from the books next week, I'm sure you guys will be maintaining the annuals week tradition of the Rebirth scorecard. But even if you don't get around to that, I'm doing. I'm going to bring back another male staple from the past that I haven't heard in a while, the Do or Die 25 Monies pull list. And that has come up a, a bunch today, uh, this, yeah. this episode. So that's also the official currency of Lick Slip is money. Leak Slip. Good. Leak Slip. That, I got to have him say that too. I'm just going to have Wrong Turn do the whole podcast. So that's what I want. Um, number one, six monies, green lanterns, Eric. And hearing that makes me think of this. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escape my sight. No Warfords, evil mites. Warfords. Aware of my power, green's light. Yes, green's it's not the last Green Lantern book on his list, though. The first bi-weekly on my list. I know you guys haven't been too happy with this book recently, but you've been a little more positive since Tim Seeley came on yeah. than I have been. But even with the new creative team of Tim Seeley, I still have great fun with this book. Yes, the continuity issues and willpower at 5 million percent power rings can be annoying, and some of the arcs were underwhelming, to say the least. It's another one that just treads water constantly. But at the end of the day, uh, he made me say it. I've loved watching Simon and especially Jess's transformation from rookies to experienced ring slingers with a highlight going to Jess overcoming her fear and anxiety issues and becoming a badass in her own right. Some of my favorite individual issues in all of Rebirth come from this book, especially from arcs like the Phantom Lantern and the Training Day arc. Kyle Rayner may be number one, 
But thanks to this book, I'll always have a soft spot for Simon and Jess. And it's funny, me and you already had a soft spot for Simon. Oh, and yeah. I have liked Jess. So Number two, 12 Monies, Hal Jordan, The Green Lantern Corps, second biweekly on my list. Can you tell I like The Green Lanterns, Jim? Yes, it's I can. It's a good thing to like. Wow. At the start of this book, I was completely lost with the continuity where the core were and what was up with Hal. And it did it did take an arc or two to really get the ball rolling. I'm loving the book right now. It actually, uh, when this book first started, Venditti seemed to be going through his own little Green Lantern reborn with what he was choosing to Seriously. go with and not go with. So I do think it did take an arc to kind of get up to speed of what you know we knew or didn't know happened in the New 52 from going forward. I think once Kyle got his costume back, and became a Green Lantern again. The book really got good, but I'm slightly biased. The whole Sinestro Corps Green Lantern Corps team up was really interesting for me, and the big fallout of that was probably one of the best oversized issue 25's Wall of Rebirth. Also, this book is usually one of the nicest looking Rebirth books with great cover and interior art. A great book, but let's be honest, any book with Kyle Rayner in it is always going to be on his list anyway, and Makes that sense. is true. I said, uh, we were talking about this this week, and I said, you know, all the things we get mail all the time, and we talk to people all week, and me and you talk together, and I rarely hear anybody say, you know who's killing it? That Venditti. In fact, so little is said that it, I go, you know, months without ever even hearing his name, it seems, even to the point where when we talked about the book this week, I had to actually go and like, he is still on the book, right? And I look, I'm like, yeah, he's on the book because I never hear anybody talking. And I think it's because these stories, again, are just treading water. And that whole Controllers, Jim. The, that's exciting. And it's funny because I don't know that we have talked about that yet in the podcast. So, Eric, Controllers. You may have, I, I think we have, though. So uh, with the Sinestro Corps Green Lantern Corps team up, I really, really like the idea of that. I, but it ended up just ending to end it. And maybe it was like, maybe Venditti wasn't real comfortable with it anyway and decided, you know what, let's just yeah, end or, or editorial or whatever because I was really interested in it. And I said to you this week, I think it was this week at work, that the Sinestro Corps teaming up with the Green Lantern Corps, this should be a story that is a all-time story. I mean, if it was told as an event or so, like this would be something that people would go back and, oh my God, remember that point when the Sinestro Corps and the Green Lantern Corps teamed up and they were doing no. this and that? No, I mean, yeah, that's what's going to happen now because it just kind of got swept under the carpet. Huh. It, it really had potential to be something huge. And you then sweep it, just under the was, carpet. it was just left over. You sweep it under the rug or the carpet. I don't know you do i'm telling you it, it's so bad you cut the carpet and sweep it under oh god that poor carpet 16 monies nightwing new world order this is where my love for the mini starts i didn't read all of higgins run on nightwing back in the new 52 but after reading the first half of this mini i'm highly tempted because he's a damn good writer he's one of my favorite writers yeah. uh that nightwing had its ups and downs and then it got forced to end uh, that was not only that, control. it got forced to do a lot of stuff because of the death of the family yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, so really, by the time it finally got to do its own thing, all right, we're done, we're done with this. Forever yeah. evil happened. Yeah, he really got screwed yeah. big time. I'm a sucker for legacy. And, and even the, the court of Alice crossovers. Yeah, yeah. And some of the concepts that Higgins has come up with in this Elseworld book are really interesting. If, if you want to go, uh, we, we don't mind shouting out. Uh, podcast and it, of course it's a big one but if you really want to hear how much kyle higgins loves 
Nightwing and Dick Grayson. Go and listen to that Fat Man on Batman interview with him. And you will come away from that. If you like Nightwing and you listen to that interview, you will love Kyle Higgins without ever reading an issue because you realize that he may even be a bigger fan than you. Uh, And I really did like that interview. I'd take a mini of just Lois Lane, Blue Lantern, in a heartbeat. Yeah, it'd be crazy. But yeah, I really do like that. Since this book is just a mini and wrapping up in a few months, I'll suggest The Wildstorm as a replacement because that book knocks my socks off. Each month it comes out. It's getting cold around here. I don't want my socks knocked off there. I don't wear socks. Number four, 20 monies. DC Metal. I'm a huge fan of Brother Scott and Brother Capullo, so there's no way I could forget this book. This event has managed to be dark and disturbing while also being fun and one of the most entertaining events I've read in a long time. My only problem is the wait for number four is killing me, even though I did enjoy Batman Lost. Yeah, Uh, the wait is killing me. Also, the... The dilution is that is that the way you say it? The diluting of the dilution. story with the yeah the dilution of the that? event. I'm telling you that might be something. Uh, how it has been diluted by uh, all these other tie-ins and stuff like that is driving me nuts. Uh, so by the time you, I, I sit there and I'm like, oh, what was in Metal Three? And, I and tell I'm you telling anymore. you, I start thinking of things that were in other stories because Bats it's out been of hell, so long. Gotham yeah, Resistance, yeah. Batman Lost. What, what, what am I thinking yeah, about here? So that's the problem. Uh, I think that this would definitely read better in a trade when all is said and done, and it might be at the end of the day. You do no, no, all is said and done. Okay. <sighs> Dilution number five, <laughs> twenty-five monies. Doomsday Clock. Now I know after just one issue, it's a bit crazy to stick this on the do or die pull list. Hey, it's your pull list, but it's yeah. me. It's my list, so get used to it. Boop, yeah, she right. says. Seriously, though, I enjoyed the first issue a lot. And while I can see where Jim is coming from with it being more Watchmen than DC based so far, I've got my faith in Papa John. Do <laughs> not let me down uh, because he never did. The Green Lantern's dirty, and I'd be very surprised if he did the Watchmen dirty now. And I'm confident the DC Universe will get a lot more spotlight in future issues. Brother I know. Scott, Brother Green, I know, it Papa just didn't, it did, didn't read to me like a Jeff Johns issue there. Number six, bonus. He's going to steal a, uh, a pound dollar seventy nine monies from an old lady and buy a digital back issue of Green Lantern with Kyle Rayner in it. At least then, if I don't like any of the books that month, I'll still have a great back issue from my boy, Kyle Rayner. I'm surprised he's not getting that volume one Kyle Rayner uh, thrown in here. That's it. My do or die pull list. If anybody has any complaints, they can come on down to Leak Slip and he's catch these fists just like Eric Shea. I or they can forward it. all compliments to WeirdScienceDCComics at gmail.com. Congrats on the 152 episodes, Milestone Bitches. Milestone Bitches. Your boy from Leak Slip, the Hollywood Why is he always threatening me? XOXOXO. Everybody's threatening you lately. Everybody wants to serve you up those knuckle got, sandwiches on a silver I got Jedediah, Hollywood Kid. I got a ghost in my they're all They're all going to kill you. But, yes, we're going to go off and finish up the books right about now. Many long years ago, a fellow named Robin Hood. He used to rob the rich, most every chance I could. You shouldn't get me wrong because he was no square. With his trusty bow and arrow, he could part you here. His brother was Little John, another was Alan Neal. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's installment of Vermillion's Visions. Josh Vermillion here. Uh, you guys know how I like to do things. Going to be bringing you guys a book uh, trade from not... not DC, not Marvel, one of the uh, smaller companies, and I know I usually end up going with something from Image, but I'm switching it up a little bit this week. 
Um, I've done a Xenoscope book in the past, and I decided to go back to Xenoscope and do another one. And this week it is going to be Robin Hood Volume 1 from Xenoscope Comics. Uh, it's the first five issues of that series. Um, the story's written by a bunch of different people, but um, the dialogue in the, in the main book is mainly written by Pat Shand, uh, with art by a few different people as well. There's not one artist throughout it all, but I will say that the art isn't the it's not a very jarring change like it's a it all flows together pretty well on the art just a little spoiler there uh for starters like i said i've covered the grim fairy tales comic before from xenoscope um on this segment and i addressed it a little but i just want to start out before i jump in by to talk about the the blatant over sexualization of pretty much all xenoscope book covers i can understand why these covers and the over over-sexualization would drive people away, and honestly, I mean, it drove me away for a bit too, just because I'm like, I don't need to see this overly sexualized women th- for an entire issue, um, I, I, like, that's just not something that I need for my comics, uh, so it did drive me away a little bit too, and while the, the title character here of Robin Hood does wear a kind of skimpy outfit in the book itself. Um, it's not nearly as overdone as it is on these covers, and it's not at all the focus of the story in any way. I think you should give Xenoscope a chance, because both books I've checked out now, uh, Being Grim Fairy Tales and this, spoiler, are have been really good. Um, the character of Robin Hood here is actually really well developed through these first five issues and is a whole hell of a lot more than just a sexy blonde lady with a bow like like the covers would would have you to believe um so i'll just kind of jump right into it here with the first issue uh it opens up with robin and this is robin with a y uh all bloodied and hurt she's crawling away from a completely crushed car saying this is how it starts but we don't actually get to see much of that yet Instead, the second page shows a man and a woman in wearing cloaks, and they're standing around an altar with a baby in front of them about to perform some kind of sacrifice. But a bald guy in a robe named Shang shows up to put a stop to all that shit. Uh, so it's a pretty wicked fight happens right here. Uh, Shang has a flaming sword that can... It's not just on fire, but it can also shoot fire out of it. And the woman in the cloak has some X-23-esque claws... Um, but they don't come out of her hands, they're actually, like, attached to her, to her wrist, and they extend past her hands. Eventually, Shang does get the best of these two, and ends up taking, taking the baby girl, saving her. Uh, he takes her to a group of, there's four blue spectral beings called the Keepers, and I kind of get the idea that these Keepers exist throughout the, uh, all the different Grimm books, um, but I've only read the first volume of the Grimm Fairy Tales and this, so... I'm not entirely sure on that, but I kind of got that idea that they are kind of throughout the whole Xenoscope Grim universe. Uh, they tell him to, quote-unquote, take care of the child before she grows up to become a problem because they think, you know, being born in this dark altar place, they're going to be, that she's going to be, you know, an issue and be evil. But Shang doesn't think that that's right because, you know, it's just a baby. Uh, So he takes her out of this realm of mist and onto Earth. So flash forward uh, to when Robin is around 10, and her life on Earth definitely isn't great. 
Um, it shows her rolling up to a bunch of guys, a bunch of older guys that are known for loaning money. They kind of look like they might be drug dealers who have a lot of cash and they loan it out too. So naturally, uh, these older guys that look pretty rough, she's going to stab one of them in the foot and steal his wallet. Uh, so after stealing his wallet, she runs away to the pharmacy buys some medicine, and gives the the rest of the money to a homeless man sitting outside. So you kind of are already getting that that vibe of the classic Robin Hood, steal from the rich to give to the poor. Uh, but her mom is real sick. It never actually says what exactly is wrong with her mom, uh, but she needs a lot of medicine to stay alive, and her dad is pretty much a piece of shit. So once he gets fed up with dealing with a sick wife and an adopted daughter that robs dangerous people to help pay for the medicine, he throws both of them out. Um, piece of shit. Uh, so now she has to steal even more money to get the medicine, uh, but it all gets even shittier uh, when she gets the biggest score of, her, score of her life. She robs a man on Wall Street and comes running home with, with a whole bunch of medicine and only to find her mom has died while she was gone, laying dead in, in her bed, um, which I can't even imagine what that would be like. Uh, but after that, her life keeps staying pretty shitty. Uh, but first, we get to see some more of the Realm of Mist. Uh, there's this real big piece of shit king uh, named King John that is working working the people of, of this town called Bree, uh, or this area called Bree. He's working them to death, basically. Uh, one of the citizens is kind of fed up with all this, all this King John, you know, working them relentlessly. Uh, so he goes to see this this sorceress witch lady. Uh, she tells him that she can't save Bree with her powers, but shows him a vision of Robin and tells him to hold out for a few more years and this girl will be the one to free the people of Bree from King John's, his awful, horrible rule. Uh, so now we're going to see Robin as a high schooler. Looks like she's around 16 years old. Um, and she's been, you know, bouncing around from foster home to foster home, uh, different schools um, in the past couple of years since her mom died. So one day after school, uh, she kicks, she, she she's on the lacrosse team at this school that she's at right now. And she's a fucking monster, apparently, at lacrosse, like best on the team. Uh, so she kicks everyone's everyone else's ass during lacrosse practice. Uh, and then she's cornered by Cal King. Uh, he is this piece of shit son of the richest guy in town, Oswald King. And this Oswald King guy is, is the type of rich that buys off elections and has every single cop on the force on his payroll. And Cal knows that his dad is powerful. Uh, so Cal confronts her about talking shit about his dad. And she doesn't take too kindly to him grabbing her by the wrist. Uh, she takes a lacrosse stick and nails him right right in between the legs, right in the crotch, uh, grabs the keys to his new Bugatti that his dad just just bought him and takes off in it. Uh, she's, she's driving away, but as she's driving, Cal and his friends are waiting at a crossroads in another car, and they pull out and slam right into her driver's side door as she is going by, which brings us back to, to that first page of her crawling away from a crushed car. Uh, so Robin is all fired up. She's hurt very hurt, but she's all fired up, and she starts going after Cal and his friends, so it's three on one, she gets a couple of hits in on him, but Cal hits her in the back of the head with a baseball bat, and she she goes down, 
Now, at this point, we already know that Cal is a complete asshole, but it really goes over the top here. So, after knocking her out, Cal actually, he rapes her right there in the middle of the road. And if, if that's not enough, because he's a disgusting fuck, he cuts out her left eye afterwards. Now, I will say that you don't actually see the rape happen on panel, which is definitely a good call by the creators here. It's just kind of implied that it happens off panel, um, and then it's confirmed later on in the next in the next few issues that that's what's happened. But eventually, after all of that, the cops show up. Uh, they think that she is passed out from, from the blood and the pain and everything that's happened, uh, but she's actually barely conscious, and she hears them saying that you know, they know that Cal did this to her, but they are not going to do anything about it because he's Oswald King's son. So yeah, they're, the cops here are pretty much pieces of shit too. Uh, so now, just a quick look back in the realm of Mist. The same man shows up at the sorcerer's house again, sorceress's house again, asking for help. You know, this is a few years later. Um, and this time, she says that the girl is ready to come take her place uh, and in her home in Mist. Um, even though she's bloodied and beaten, she shows him the vision, and this guy's like, are you sure this is the girl? And the sorceress is like, you know, she's ready. Uh, so this, so, uh, Robin is sitting in her jail cell, um, but the sorceress doesn't have the power to bring Robin over, uh, herself, um, so to, to the realm of mist, because, you know, that takes a lot of power. So the man offers himself as a sacrifice, uh, to boost this sorceress's powers. Uh, the sorceress agrees, you know, thanks this man for his sacrifice, um, and grabs the uh, the healing Robin from her jail cell and brings her through into mist. Naturally, Robin is, you know, she's confused as hell and demands to know, where the hell am I? Uh, but the sorceress can only tell her that she is in mist and she is home before an arrow actually comes and bursts through the sorceress's neck. Um, King John's soldiers show up, and they're they're demanding to know who this mysterious girl that the sorceress just pulled pulled through a portal is. And the issue ends with Robin raising her fists to fight these soldiers, saying, "I am Robin." Um, and that's like I said, that's where the first issue ends there. And you guys know how I do things. I don't want to give away too much of the rest of the trade here, uh, but I will say just a few, you know, kind of the basis of it. Basically. Robin becomes like this town of Breeze savior, um, and the whole the whole rest of the book is about her wanting to save this town of Bree so that she can eventually get back home to Earth and get revenge on Cal and his friends and the cops and Cal's dad. Uh, that's that's what she wants to do. That's the whole basis of of the rest of this first trade here. Um, and I'm just gonna say right now, I loved this book there were so many great things about it uh subtle things very obvious things i just loved every bit of it uh one of my favorite things is the obvious parallel uh between this realm of mist and and earth so on mist there's this king john who who rules over these people of brie and throughout the book you see robin kind of realizing that that king john and this oswald king on earth are very similar even though Oswald King isn't isn't a ruler over these people he uses his money to give himself power over over the people in in her town that she lives in on earth so it's clear that 
that there like this like I said the the parallel between the two realms is very clear and it I like the way that it kind of unfolds and you see that see Robin realizing that and I I like the development of Robin as a character going from you know this this great little girl who just wants to steal to save her mom uh, her adopted mom who's the only mom she's ever known she just wants to to save her and then going around and she becomes this pissy I mean, on like, I can't blame her for being pissy, but this pissed off teenager uh, who's just running around talking shit, hitting people in the junk, stealing cars for the rush of it, um, and then to becoming this this hero in the realm of mist, um, or what she wants to be a hero in the realm of mist. She wants to save these people of Bree. That's the that's the whole kind of point of the story here, um, and I just thought it was really really good. The art. Like I said at the beginning, um, there are a couple different artists on the book, but you can't really tell um, that it that when the art changes from issue to issue um, because the both styles are very similar. Um, it's a very there's a lot of big panels in here, uh, so it's a pretty quick read for the most part. There are some times where it's small panels and more talking, but it's all interesting enough, and it's all you know you want to see what's going to happen. The characters are likable enough that you really want to see what's going on. Um, so it doesn't take a while to get through a lot of that dialogue, even when it does get talky at points, uh, which is something that I really, really like to see. You know, even if there are a lot of a lot of word bubbles on a page, uh, that it's interesting enough talking to get through it quickly and to have you excited for what's going to come next. Um, and that's something that, that this book did really, really well. And I just I just like the character of Robin Hood in this. Um, it's not your stereotypical Disney version of Robin Hood, it, where it's like what a fucking fox or something in the in the Disney version of Robin Hood. Um, it's this girl who's come from such a shitty life, uh, but she's always been that way. Where she wants where when she steals money to buy her mom medicine instead of keeping the rest of the money. To you know, maybe maybe buy next week's medicine or next month's medicine. She gives the leftover money to a homeless man. She's kind of always had that had that mentality of looking out for the little guy and taking from the people that have too much. And that's something that I like in the character of Robin Hood, um, especially this this version of Robin Hood. And I thought Pat Shan did a did a good job of you know subtly developing her over the course of these five issues and telling this complete arc of Robin Hood as a character. And, you know, I've said it before on this segment, and I'll say it again. That's one of my favorite things in a trade, especially a Volume 1 trade like this, uh, where it can tell... It tells a complete story here. Like, you you can read this trade and be perfectly content with this story of Robin Hood and, and the story of her as a character, her progression. It tells a complete story, but it also leaves it open-ended enough to where... You want there to be more, and there is more to the series. There's a couple more volumes, and she shows up in some other books um, in the Grim universe. But like I said, it tells a complete story, but you definitely are left wanting more in a good way, not wanting more like, oh, this was shit. Please tell me something. Wanting more as in wanting to see what's going to come next, which is something that I, that's my favorite thing in a trade. If a trade can do that, uh, it automatically is pretty it's better in my mind than a trade that doesn't do both of those things. Um, like I said, I just really, really love this book. Um, 
and this is something that makes me want to check out more of those other Xenoscope books. After reading, after reading the Grim Fairy Tales, I really enjoyed that book as well. Uh, but I just kind of had the mindset where maybe I'll continue the Grim Fairy Tales stories, but I won't, you know, try out these other characters that might exist in the same realm of mist or whatever. But now, after reading this, this gives me in the the incentive to want to keep reading more about Robin Hood as well as try out some of those other fringe Xenoscope uh, uh, different characters in, in this grim verse uh, where they all kind of interact and kind of play off each other. Uh, like I said, the, the Keepers or whatever, I kind of got the impression that they're kind of overarching throughout all of those different grim books. So that's something that I would like to read more about and understand a little bit more. Uh, but that pretty much wraps things up here. I guess I haven't even given a score yet. I don't know. Like I said, I I love this book a lot, and just talking about it here re- makes me realize how much I, I like it even that much more. Um, I don't want to go overboard and say this is like a 10 out of 10 perfect trade, um, but it was it was really good. And like I said, don't get don't get discouraged by those over sexualized covers. Give give some Xenoscope books a chance. Um, if you find some if you see something that you know, you read the description for it, and it sounds like something you would like. Maybe, maybe take a peek in, see, see if it's something that you would like. Because, like I said, I've only read two trades from Xenoscope, but both of them have been really, really good. Uh, so this one, I, man, this is tough. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a 9.3 out of 10. I absolutely love this book. Definitely recommend anybody out there giving it a shot. Um, it, like I said, the oversexualization on the cover does not play into the story at all. Her outfit is kind of skimpy in the way that like a Wonder Woman outfit is skimpy. It it's not overdone in a way where you're only focusing on hey, what is she wearing? You're focusing on her as a character. She's a very strong female lead character, which is something that's that's very good. I, I like to see that a lot. I love like I, I really enjoy strong female characters. I wish DC was doing some of them a little bit better right now. So instead of me having to go find one in the Xenoscope comics, but definitely, definitely check this out. Um, I recommend it to anybody out there. Um, but that pretty much wraps things up here. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. Not sure what I'll be back with next week. Haven't really decided that yet, but we will see. Um, want to like I end every segment with. Want to plug the Patreon. Everybody go check out uh, Patreon.com/slash/WeirdScience. And I know I plug it at the end. I just want to let you know I don't plug it because I get some of the cut or anything like that. I am a badass supporter. I don't. I don't want any of that. I don't do nearly as much as Jim and Eric and Reggie do. That's all of them. But they put out a lot of content on that Patreon, a lot of great content, and it is well worth whatever whatever tier you want to subscribe at. It is all well worth it. Uh, so definitely go check those out. Uh, even even if you don't end up liking it, just check it out. See what see what they put out there, and see if it's something that you would like. All right, I'm done rambling here. That brings us to the end, so I'm going to send it on back over to Jim and Eric. Thanks, guys. Robin Hood and Little John running through the forest, chopping fences, dodging trees, trying to get away. Contemplating nothing but escaping, finally making it. Oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly, what a day. Ooh, 
talk more of these annuals Ooh wee. annuals week and this is the book that i hinted at uh earlier of the one that i really didn't like that we're going to be talking uh, about tonight and that is green arrow annual you ready for it, Eric? no you God, ready sun sticking out of me are you ready are you ready are you ready let's get ready to rumble or whatever you ready to rock <laughs> Green Arrow, annual number one, written by Ben Percy, art by Eleonora Carlini, Hi-Fi, and Tom Napolitano. Ben Percy gives us an annual that seems to have little focus and would have been better suited, stripped down to ten pages, and put in that holiday special coming out next week. I do like Count Vertigo. This is just in general. I'm not saying in this book. I am a guy. You're not a big Count Vertigo fan. I am not. Uh, I am. I do like him mainly because it's Slim Pickens. I mean, really. I'm telling you, he's a one-trick pony, and when he's not, he's just ridiculous. I know, but we were talking about it. What else are you going to get with Green Arrow? You, You want the burned? Is that what you want, an annual with the burn? You, you yeah. want to see an annual that tells us what Dante did after the Inferno oh, went Dante. down? Yeah, what Dante. About that, that big uh, burn guy. The that big burn fire. guy. You want that? You want, a, you want the burned annual? We'll, we'll see how Dante went. He, he swam to the shore after the Inferno went yeah. down. He swam there and then immediately called his tailor because he wanted one of those red suits. He, you know, you can't be Dante without uh, a red I'm, suit. I'm looking up right now a list of Green Arrow villains. Let's see who I'd want more. Got Brick, China White, Clock yeah. King, Constantine Dracon, Count Vertigo, Cupid, Deathstroke. Ooh, Deathstroke would be Cupid. good. Hannibal Bates, Komodo. You can't have Merlin. Deathstroke any, at the moment, though. You, you can't have that. So. I don't want to pee Richard yeah. Diaz yeah. Jr. I'm like, you know what? And those are his big villains. Yeah, yeah, those are the big ones. Oh, let's uh, go that's... for the foes of lesser renown. I'm says, telling you, uh, you could have Onomatopoeia. would have been Acrobat. cool. No, stop sir. Stop embarrassing yourself. Stop. <laughs> Stop the angler? It. Yeah. The angler. I, I, the I would think. Archer? Is any time uh, Captain Boomerang, uh, Captain Boomerang could come and yell that he has a better weapon. Anti-gravity. Yeah. Anti. Yeah. No, this is the problem. Well, it's Bad a problem, Penny? but it's not a problem because if you are writing Green Arrow, you really, if you could come up with a pretty kick-ass villain – you're right there. You know, oh, that yeah. villain gets, you know, front row seats if it's answer? okay. No, these, these are nonsense. Borch? Wait, oh, oh, this is what I'm going to do now. See, now we're gonna, I want to remind you of that super size annual. This is angry dog bark and grouse sounds. You like that? You like that? You want to hear some friendly dog sounds? Here we go. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it sounds like a, a goddamn freaking whale. Ah, uh, yes. Let's get on with it, Eric. All I wanted to say was I the like gangster? Count Vertigo. You do not like Count Vertigo. Don't. And of those that we uh, 
mention, Merlin obviously is now still in this. He is one of the villains we're going with now. You've already had Clock King, so you, there's two of the big ones. We're, we're all the done. fucking notes right now. Yeah, so I do like the Count. I do like the Count Vertigos. Oh yeah, but he amounts to nothing here. Uh, but someone for Black Canary to beat up, and in the end, this is a present. I'd rather leave unwrapped, Eric. Unwrapped? You yeah. want to wrap it? I'd no, rather leave I it wrapped. I don't no, want to I'm telling it. you, I don't even want to get it, is what I'm saying. Actually, I fucked up. I should have said it. <laughs> <laughs> This is a present I would have rather left under the tree. Would I, would I have been better served that yes. way? I blew it. <laughs> I blew it, yeah. Sometimes you, you hit it, and sometimes you get something like this. That's not appropriate because I'm angry about that. That is true. That is true. Segar Gregor Reshi. I want that on, on a bumper sticker. Segar Gregor where it's like, all right, let's do another take. Wrong turn, don't do more than no. one take. Get out of here. No. He he's the Ed Wood of sound bites. He he got it right the first time. He ain't gonna ever do it again. I got no time with a hyper time. Ah uh, yes, you, you, you like songs, no Eric. Time with Eric hyper you, time. Do you like songs? I'm a guy who's known to like Here. a song. Every okay, now and again. You, you like a little song now and again. Here's yeah. a little snippet of a song that Wrong Turn and me are working at as a duet. <laughs> There's a little snippet here. <laughs> Just to wet the appetite. Do I get any credit on this song at all? <laughs> yeah, me and you came up with it, but unfortunately for you, you didn't show up at the studio today. I did not. And I ended up uh, having to work with Wrong Turn all day to get all these sound bites. It took me nine hours, it seemed, <laughs> to get them to give me eight sound bites. It really is a lot. And I did notice, too, with working with them a full day and having to do pretty much two jobs during this full day. That after about 45 minutes of doing the same job, he starts to go insane. He starts screwing around with things. He oh, starts yeah. changing settings on machines. He starts pretending that he's going to use a machine that he shouldn't be. At one point, we have that big stone grinder. You know what yeah. I'm telling He tried to turn that on at one point. It would have taken his freaking arm off. You should have seen him. I had to keep yelling at him. Then he's, oh, I'm going to go to the bathrooms. And then I have to go find him. Oh, it was the worst. It was the worst. You want to talk about this issue? Not really. Green Arrow. Ooh-wee. How about that Green Arrow? You start off, and I don't know about you. As the story progresses, you're going to have this Christmassy holiday. You know, he, they do say Christmas. This is yeah. one of those where Ben Percy's full out. He he goes Christmas. He doesn't want to oh, hear that Green nonsense a holiday. He does uh, Christmas, I, well, I he does say, but most books will not do that. They'll just go holidays. Happy holidays. Happy. It's weird with Ben Percy, who is very much a guy, pretty much a social justice warrior, how he plays out his books to not go that. But this is a Christmas issue, and it does start out with this Christmassy writing. Well, it does writing. say on the cover, happy holidays. Yeah, yeah. So then you find out later, no. But yeah, no. uh, I don't know about you, because as this goes, you're going to get stories with each of our main characters in this book, and it does take place. Whether they're our main characters now Well, or that's not. the thing. It says, uh, you know, this issue takes place before the events of Green Arrow number 25, which to me, a lot of times with this is you'll, you'll have an issue, say, I'm trying to think of a Batman even, or, you know, so 
it'll say this takes place before Reborn. This right. takes place after Metal. This takes place before this, that, and the other thing. Uh, Green Arrow 25, I know that was the anniversary issue, Eric, but something in my mind, this is not a you know an all-time great issue. I sat there I, and thought to myself, Huh, Green Arrow number 25, I guess that was something big. Yeah, you had to have been like me. Basically, you saw, okay, Green Arrow 25, I guess they were in the Ewok Village then. I guess that's they where were they are here. the burned. Yeah, that's, I'm like, really? You're really spelling out Green Arrow 25? We're now on 35 uh, in the regular runs of books. Uh, 10 Still issues ago? Same shit. You, you want me to remember 20 weeks ago for no reason, you know, say, say just... Do something with it that says this is before hard traveling hero. This is oh. before this. Something that. that I would know and, and, and to put that. This, I wish it was just like this happened someplace in between issue sixteen and seventeen. <laughs> Something oh, okay. nonsense. Oh, you mean sixteen? Uh, it's a reverse Benjamin Button here. You go. Those. But what I was all going with is as I'm going through here, for some reason, two times that I read this once, for, well, twice for review, so three times, and then once again, never quite saw the Oliver Queen printed out in the holiday freaking deal there i don't know why because it just it's such a weird deal now as you go on each other character has this out when roy shows up you have roy harper and that nice little fancy writing and stuff like that for some reason i didn't see the oliver because it just didn't mean anything to me at this point because i'm assuming that what we're getting is an issue where i don't need it to spell out that this is in the mind of oliver so you go off there in the Ewok village, as we used to call it, where they were hiding out when Oliver, you know, the, the crap hit the fan. He, they yeah. were all hiding, uh, and he was a wanted man and all this. He was in the woods. And I, I don't know. I guess that Ben Percy thinks that this is like, you know, those are the golden ages of this the golden book. ages of Green Arrow. Oh, I'm telling you, was, yeah. You know, on trial for the and dealing with no wait, we're still dealing with the yeah. burn. Oh wait, yeah, they were he's all still dealing. kind of a wanted no. man who thinks yeah. that you know they murdered Wendy Poole. Shit, uh. Ewok yeah. Village it is. <laughs> Ewok Village. And this was, at one point, Oliver did seem to want to kind of, remember at one point Black Canary had to say to him, like, you, you got to get your stuff together and let's get out. He he really seemed like Ewok Village for life is yeah. what he was saying. But he had a tattooed Christ- on his back, I think. Yeah. No, he did. It's Christmas. And Emiko wakes him up. He looks up, oh, my, my, it snowed, you know, and that's great. It's great when it snows on on Christmas because it's like everything is how everything should be. What is and what should always be, Eric? And they go and can it never be? No, I'm telling you, this is he thinks it's all great. He goes, he gets some smooches with the black canaries. He goes up. uh, Roy's there. with Roy. Diggle's there. Everybody's having a great Everybody's time. Everybody's there. All They're all the there. Christmas tree. Yeah, the Ewok Christmas. They have a Christmas tree. And this There's is itchy something. itchy and lumpy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's, it's life day. Eric, there you go. Where's Jefferson Starship? Oh, God, oh, have a better time than me. <laughs> oh, it would have been. Jefferson Starship could have shown up. You'd have all the all the freaking, you know, everybody. Oh, well, even Henry Fife is there. Yeah, Henry. The there. gang's back together yeah, in the Henry Ewok Village did. celebrating oh, a Henry. Christmas miracle. You, Henry, you didn't cut down that tree, you silly fella. And then you see that oh, this, no, this, dream, this dream is shut down because there's a beehive in the tree. I told you this is something that happened to me as a very, very young kid was the only time that we ever had a live tree as, as my, you know, the Werner family growing yeah. up because that did happen, though I don't think 
that there was ever live bees. I told you. In my mind, there was, but I don't know that there was or wasn't, whatever. All I remember is we had a live tree, and I saw— with live bees. Stick with the live bees. No, the problem is I saw this, you know, little beehive thing, and it freaked me out. Oh, yeah. And in my mind— it was just like I was – so when I saw this, I'm like, ooh, Ben Percy had the same issue as I did as a kid. But it's quite – it's not quite the hell scene that it it should be. You know what I, I mean? I don't know. This I, is... I picture Nicolas Cage and the Wicker Man getting the bees poured ah. on this whole thing. Well, you know, I'm bees. telling you, I don't know who's uh, over overacting more, Oliver or Nick Cage in that because, yeah, he's screaming, all hell breaks loose. And you see now he is actually in a store – Using a virtual, virtual reality, reality a dream deal. machine, that dream machine. And I decided him on the market this holiday yep. season. The now. guy there, and he's like, "So, what do you think? Pretty cool, right? It's called the dream machine, hottest item on the market this season." So we're getting okay. Now I'm starting to get it. And then he says, "You know, Oliver's like, it felt so real." And then the, the sales guy's like, "The virtual reality unit performs a neural scan. You can then program it to reliable man." And now I'm like, "Okay, neural scan, shit. You know, it, it bad. Like something's yeah. going bad." And we're gonna get one of those stories, like the Silver Shamrock, Eric. That all the hell, everybody's Amazing. in. Everybody's going in with this. Everybody's used this. Everybody's all. Oh, and this is what. But no, because then he walks away. He's like, "Huh?" Almost like. And to me, he's like, "Hey." No thanks. No and he thanks. Walks away. I just remembered I don't have any money because this yeah. is before Green Hour number 25. Yes. So yeah, I this can't is afford before this. Green Hour number 25, which he really shouldn't be in town either. No. But he's like, and uh, again, though, is this the real part or is it not? We don't. It, it, this, you assume that you, this is the, the real thing part. Is too, I assume this is the real part, but there's a problem there, too, because I'm pretty sure the guy trying to sell him. He's hit some hard times because he's working retail, and I think it's Count Vertigo. <laughs> this is the problem. There's Oliver there. No thanks, guy who looks like Count Vertigo and has a Count Vertigo Count symbol Vertigo on his hat, hat yeah. and works at Vertigo Designs. And even but, that, he's, can you imagine if you walked into like a Best Buy? Say we're in a Best Buy right now, yeah. and they're just like you know employees that are walking around with an IBM hat or like just yeah. a weird like a yeah. specific freaking person that like a design that they're selling that. Vertigo Designs. That's a, honestly, this is a goddamn Dreamcast he's trying to pedal. It seems like. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm just saying though. Is you know who is your uh, you know stuttering Steve? I, I'm trying to think who your villain is as as a kid. But th- this is Oliver's. Oh, we, we my, my villain as a kid. It's T.J. Lalina. Oh, T.C. T.J. Fuck that really, kid. I can't really make a good connection with him. But with this, uh, uh, he's still you know, on my goddamn hit list. Remember, like, like I, I, I could just see Oliver's there, and he's like. Oh, you know what? You look like somebody I know. Huh? What? No. Wait a minute. That that hat, it's got that design on it. Eh? Vertigo Designs, right? Oh, huh. yeah, I see that. You're the gangster. Yeah, uh, we, we, the we, gangster. We went through all of those oh, villains. No, angler. Yeah, the angler. Oh, it's, it's Onomatopoeia. I got oh. it. Hey, how you doing, Onomatopoeia? What this is, again, so I could only assume, I would only pray that this is just a continuation of a constant of a dream. dream deal. Yeah, now, in my dream, mind, though, make sense. in my mind, though, this should be what we would think is the bit where there was a neural scan. There was an implant. It's actually, you know, in there and everything else. He's going to jump back and forth between things and all. The problem is we never see anybody else in this issue using that virtual reality. So when Not all one. the other people, including the entire city, it seems at one point, besides Black Canary, are all affected, are we supposed to believe that at that point it's because they've all gotten this gift at one point or tried it out? 
Or is it that the Count Vertigo singing and it's mesmerizing us or them because this is what's going on. This is where I think this is way off in this issue because we never saw the moment that I think that everybody used this machine, no. and and but we didn't see it. So I, how I'm can just you saying, assume? Like, oh, this is the hot item right now. I remember when you know Tickle Me Elmo is the hot item. You didn't see me tickle me fucking have Elmo. It. So. No, I wasn't either. I remember when Pound Puppies were a huge thing, and I only oh, got about time. fifty of them. Eric, Damn right. I didn't have seventy five. You had to rescue all. It's those like when puppies. everybody went to see Return of the home. Jedi. Yeah, not everybody got to see it in the theater. Eric, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. You freaking you pretentious prick. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes off then and goes outside and has a car waiting, but it's not really a fancy car. It's no, And it's just damn. an old guy. It looks like an Alfred wannabe. May I take your bag, sir? No I don't stranger. know who you are or where we're going, but you know what? It is kind of cold out here. I'm going to get in there and, and, you know, he has his bags. He has his things. Where are we going? It's even like the whole idea. It's like he's just walking down the street. Sir, Mr. Queen. I'm sorry, but who? May I take your bag, sir? Next yeah. battle. Sorry in the car. Hey, where are we going? <laughs> he, did, did you say you had candy, sir? Here's the thing. What should go forward from here is when he does go, because he does go home and his mom's there, somebody's got to ask her about stranger danger here because Oliver never learned that. Now, the other oh. thing that I thought was off here is he comes out, and you would think at this point – he is in reality, but now he's going to kind of get a little warped out, right? They're heading home. Why didn't the art show a progression of him getting in this car, which to me looks like a family car? You, you know what I mean? This is, And then when they pull up to the house, it's now a limo. Do something like that, and then you're like, Oh crap! His his mind's warped. He doesn't he, he doesn't know where he is or what's going on because they. You're home, up. sir. Yeah, you're home, sir. It, it looks like my car. And then <laughs> he walks hardly... in the door and he's a little boy. Yeah, and then he walks in the and door and he's a little boy. Might be trying to get sexy with him. I don't yeah, know. He's and got this a weird is the, Oedipus, Oedipus There's Oedipus a complex. very weird progression here because you see through this that out of nowhere his mom looks like uh, Oliver looks like he walked into his mom having sex with Merlin. Yeah, uh, Merlin is there on the side. But you don't get that shirt. progression right away no, because you don't get it right away. So when you what, walk in, you have yes. Mrs. Queen yeah. walking out looking like, well, "Oh, you're home, son. <laughs> Want to see these?" I'm telling you, here it is. Ollie, is that you, Mom? I hope those gifts are for our family. I'm like, this is getting sexy. Oh, what gosh. the heck is going on here? Because you don't know that she's buttoning up. Unfortunately, it's just a, you know, a static picture. I think that she's undressing. <laughs> I admire how you keep buying prompt. <laughs> what is going on here? Oh, and even that, goodness. though, if you want to get past the dream hole, I don't even know if he's dreaming this aspect of his life. But as the, the as the scene progresses, though, it's a weird thing because this is the dream. But we actually get some substance from it because we find out that uh, Moira was having an affair with Malcolm. Yeah, Merlin, but that's which like Oliver you said, though, because he's in the background. No, how would it, how would this be going on? But the thing is, too, where she walks in, I hope those gifts are for our family because I admire you buying all the presents for the shoppers. Like young selfish Oliver Queen ain't buying shit for anybody but no, himself. No, he wouldn't have done that. She's like there. He hasn't learned like, a lesson on an island has, yet. Has anybody seen my mom? Why are you here, Jody West? Uh, that's all I want to, you know, what's going on? At, at the one point, though, Count Vertigo, because we didn't even say when Oliver does, we were joking. When he does walk out, it does look like Count Vertigo is straight up working at Vertigo Designs with a Count Vertigo hat on. Uh, but he does say that this virtual reality does this neural scan. It can relive yeah. old memories 
or to engage in fantasy sequences that stimulate pleasure or fear or excitement, depending on your mood. Now, again, if you're going to go by that hey, whole uh, Mr. description. Mr. guy, I just want to say to you, maybe having bees attack the people who want to buy this, not the best selling yeah, pitch. Yeah, how about this? How about back off a little on the fears and the nightmares yeah. and just give us the dreams? Just the dreams. Make not the nightmares. I, I don't need no, nightmares and dreams. I, said, I just this like is, the dreams. All this is is like an acid trip, Eric. And I, I told you that one of the big things is I, I always wanted to avoid is because I heard of these bad trips. Like, oh, yeah. this, this guy thought he was a Tweety Bird and jumped off a, a bridge and jumped off the roof or whatever. I I only ever w- had one bad trip, Eric, and that's when I went to Cleveland. Boom! Boom! Nice. <laughs> you See, know, yeah, I avoided the LSD. I went straight to mushroom. No, I'm I'm against that stuff. So there. Uh, but so yeah, much. all of a sudden he's a little kid. But this is where when you're going with what happened in all this, this could be a progression. Number one, if this is what did happen, it said it a neural scan. It'll tell you. It'll show you visions of your past. He would have never have seen that. Obviously, he doesn't know about it. But it it pointing out the fears. This would be something that I think he would have feared. That yeah. his mom, especially now, and again, this was at 25, so who the hell knows what he thinks? It's just nonsense. But yeah, they go out the whole then. Thing, like, hey, is dad here? No, he's gone away to business to Japan. I'm like, all right, Emiko is being conceived Emiko is conceived at this moment. Uh, they go out and they're walking and like they're they're at the ocean. They're doing things and then you see – again, hey, it's fucking Christmas time in Seattle. Why yeah. are they walking in the ocean? Uh, barefoot. Barefoot, Eric. They're going, and he's like, "Look at all the starfish. It's like a star city." And again, if this, if you're gonna go fully out with fear, this might be the thing where he, I don't you know, know we're playing with. I don't know either. I don't know because again, if you're gonna go with this and what it says, was that this takes place before you know issue twenty five? That kind of screws things up because at that point. He wasn't even sure his mom was alive. He thought yeah. she was dead. So, you know, what progression are you getting that, oh, my mom was sleep- is sleeping with, you know, Merlin? Well, it doesn't matter. At this point, he thought she was dead. Then he's getting starfish. And then out of the. And then Diggle shoots out her. Out of nowhere, Diggle, happy Christmas, old pal. Because he shoots her. He now wakes up from this dream. Into what appears to be possibly another – it has to be another dream because this another scene dream. never took place because we already – yeah. So we have the start of a virtual reality that goes into a dream that goes into another dream where now Diggle has him captured. And this is one of those where, again, I said I wish that we got character moments that meant something going forward. We know this. We know everything here. Diggle's pissed. This is why Diggle left. Diggle was pissed at Oliver because Oliver, Oliver ended up having sex fiance. with his ex-fiance. And we know that Oliver said it before. You guys were broken up. But, you know, Diggle's like, and then, no, there's, you know, that's the bro code. The shit out of him. You yeah. know, you, you shouldn't have done this, Oliver. You really shouldn't. And he's like, you know what? This day, You don't help when I see the movies and the songs. I still think of her and what. And he's about to kill him. But again, then it stops. And then we go off to Roy Harper, where out of nowhere, we're not even in like any sort of existent reality going on here. There's no thread between these. So you go, again, I've never seen Roy using the the freaking virtual reality thing, so I don't know that he's done that. And I think that that is a big faux pas of all this. And now we're going through basically Roy's, you know, history with his alcohol and drug drinking on Christmas Eve and the freaking, you know, the bartender trying to kick him out. He's got a peacemaker bat. And all that makes me think of is Stephen King's Silver Bullet, where that was a big prominent thing. 
And I'm like, I don't want to have any connection between that well, and this. Yeah, because and, at and, least and, uh, that made sense. I'll give you the deal. I don't know about Eleanor Carlini because at that, you know, for the most part, you would think the artist kind of would have the lead way to do that sort of thing. But I know that Ben Percy's a huge horror movie fan, so maybe oh, he it? even put it out there like, "Oh, it'd maybe. be cool to do that." But you know, like you said, now it's in the continuity. Uh, but yeah, he he cuts Roy off. Roy goes off. He tries to call Jade. He gets in an accident. He, from the accident, he wakes up in an is, ice who, bath. What kind of bartender would cut Roy off on Christmas at a place called Ebenezer? bar yeah. or Ab- Ebenezer's tavern. Yeah, you know, he's a squirrel, Jarek. Wait. Yeah, then then you have the whole thing of this guy at Is the Roy rehab. Is snow? I, I don't, yeah. And the guy at the rehab there actually has like vertigo eyes going and he, then he cuts his hair, throws all of his equipment in a furnace and then becomes a little boy crying. There you go. In a, in a forest fire. In a forest. Boom. And then we Boom. move on to Emiko Queen. And we go to Emiko. Emiko is fighting the... Uh, Wild, wild dogs. Dog gang. And yeah, you even said they were really pushing the wild dogs at one point, And it was yeah. right as they were showing up in the Arrow show on TV. Yeah. It was a really weird synergy that we don't often get with comic and TV. And then they just died out. We never heard anything about They're it. Never with them. But in this, she's fighting them. Dick Grayson comes down, thinks that Emiko's sexy. I, to me, the age difference is a little, th- it throws Well, that's me why off. you actually never see them kiss, yeah, yeah, I think. It does because throw actually, me the off. way you describe them, like, they're making out. I'm like, all right, they never actually get there. It's just no, the young girl's fantasy so, about an older man. Things. But yeah, she has a crush on him. Yeah, uh, Shadow. Shadow. Yeah, I do. Shadow comes out. The next time I'm kissing Dick Grayson, Shadow better not show up. But Shadow then Seriously. kills him or at least shoots him. Says, you know what? You know this. He's not good for you. Whatever. Let's go. They jump into a helicopter that is being flown by what I thought originally was supposed to be green arrow but no it looks like count That's vertigo. Count vertigo. and it just it, well, how does this make sense is this going on now is it a dream we don't know it, this well, shadow's thing. not here so i don't know maybe yeah, he yeah. maybe she is at this yeah. point in time i don't know yeah and, and, they go off, and then we get we get dino lance who's now going back to the ewok village has to go through the tunnel to get there and it's a pretty cool like count vertigo symbol look kind of show but really it doesn't mean anything because all through all of this the reason that Black Canary is not affected is that she has a thicker uh, eardrum membrane. Yeah, so that but, virtual reality thing served no purpose. But that's the problem is when we get to this and when that happens, she never says the virtual reality. She just says that that keeps me from that. At that moment, Count Vertigo singing Christmas carols that seem to be affecting everyone. And you could go that that's what she's talking about. Everything is up in the air and nothing is explained. While she goes off, she sees that the the city has pretty much shut down. There's 430,000 emergency calls. And all I can say is that Seattle has no idea how to take care of itself. For for one night, you you can't do anything. 430,000. People call them because they can't open a can of goddamn vegetables. Why well, are they called? Sometimes. Well, and she goes, and then she's like, "I don't have a horn on my motorcycle here, but I have my canary cry." And then canary cries to the point where I, I swear to God, I thought she was going to kill innocent people. And then she's like, "Going." She canary cries, says, "Don't start anything with me for some guy who gets out of his car." Uh, really, really. And then and everybody sees. in Seattle is walking into the Puget Sound. Then they, all of a sudden, yeah, they're, they're walking because then all of a sudden you see them going into the bay, you know, the sound. And that's where you, you see a signal 
coming from the Space Needle and Silent Night, Holy Night going. And that this is where I have the problem is when she talks about having this, you know, thicker membrane, you can say that it's from this Count Vertigo signal that's going out, or maybe it was from the virtual, but why are all these people affected? We never saw it. Yes, know. I know that they said, and you can read between the lines, Ooh. but where are the people who didn't go, like you said, where are the people who didn't get the Tickle Me Elmo? Where are the people who wanted to get this thing and, and couldn't because they were sold out, all this stuff, because everybody's just walking blindly into the bay also why and at the one point see... i was actually gonna make a connection for a second because they're like you know the whole thing where emiko she's taken away by shadow and it looks like count vertigo is flying the helicopter yeah. they're going with maybe at this point because i don't remember the continuity because it doesn't interest me all that much maybe shadow like made a deal with count vertigo look i'll help maybe. you out here as long as i could save my daughter but no but when you get weird. back to puget sound she's walking she's into it everybody yeah else she's walking, walking into the puget sound now the other thing that gets me here is that at the last thing we saw with roy he was a little kid crying that the forest was burning. The yeah. last thing we saw with Oliver was Diggle was about to kill him. Why would that make you in the real world just walk blindly to the sound? I, I, I this would be something happens. you'd be trying to wake up from. You'd you you know go why didn't to full we have out. Stream, Jim? I, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> there was nothing to it. With, with all of this is Ben Percy wants to give you that black mercy type of style, but he didn't want to go black mercy. Why did he throw Thank in God. the fears and stuff like that? Because I can say that if Oliver thought that – and, and make something like you're traveling somewhere in your head so they're just – nothing connects. Nothing connects in this because Canary just basically is like, huh, it's a good thing that the, you know I, I would have went deaf if I didn't have this membrane because of the Canary cry, the concerts, this and that. I don't get affected. So that's it. I'm going to go fight. And then he just – she ends up fighting Count Vertigo and then uses the Canary cry to wake everyone up. And then they start you know running freaking backup and backup support. Uh, at one point, she's falling. They shoot arrows with you know lines on it so they catch her, things like that. And uh, then they all just wake up and win the day. And, and we just... subdue Count Vertigo. But since it's Christmas, even villains deserve a happy ending. So yeah, they and put him the... in a dream state. Then you just make kick him me think right that he's God. back at his home country, surrounded by a harem of women. Yeah, yeah. You just you just just kick me in the butt because now you have a cliched holiday ending. After all this nonsense. And, and, and we really, go even, back and have a real Christmas at the Ewok yeah. village. And even with this, like, you don't even get, like, some of the cool things with, say, a story, like a Christmas story that you have with this. You do, you can't even play up the whole thing of the, like, consumerism and things like that. Like, oh, man, have it start out with, oh, man. Everybody's got to get a hold of this virtual reality dream machine this year. I don't know what the big hype is. And then you have Oliver go have everybody have it. Have, you know, him like, oh, well, I, I don't really buy a lot of gifts now. You already point out he didn't have any money. Somehow he did. But he gets these gifts and at least give them to our main characters. At least start yeah. off in the Ewok village where he hands these gifts and like and then Henry's like, Oh man, I even started I was the one who started the design on this. This is awesome. I want you know uh, uh, puts it on. They all you see them all have it on. Now we understand what's going on. All we saw was Oliver in, in the freaking strip mall store. But then yeah, at the end. Oh, even bad guys deserve a happy ending on Christmas. No, no, no. That's not true. Nonsense, Eric. Nonsense. He almost killed most of the people of Seattle. Yep. Come on. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, you, why'd you do that? Oh, it's Christmas. Okay. 
I get it. I get it. Go, go jump off a bridge. I, I'm telling you, it, it just even just that ending, I'm like, really? That's what you're giving us after all this? We get a cliched ending that's supposed to be like a wink, wink. Hoo-wee, I'm drinking my eggnog now. Yeehaw! Yeah, like I said, make this a eight-page issue of just Oliver himself. Don't even include anybody else. Have Oliver where he puts the virtual reality on. He goes into a trance with that, and Dinah saves him. Boom. Christmas, you know, Christmas holiday special issue, eight pages. There you go. It would have been better served that way. I gave it a four out of ten. I really liked the art a lot. I, I liked it a lot. The art was really good. And the art, uh, you have a bunch of artists on this book, uh, including Juan Ferreira. Uh, and it, everything seems to fit. You know what I mean? Like every yeah. time we get a new artist, they really did pick well with the artists that they have with Ben Percy because there's never a time where you seem to get this issue where you're like, holy crap, that doesn't look like everything. Even though they have different styles, they all kind of fit into an overall view or look that yeah, this it all book has. Together well. So I, I think that that was well done again. And Eleanor, Eleonora Carlini has been on the book a bunch of times. I, yeah, I no think that was great, but the, the story was just, it just, it, it was missing so many parts to make it a good story. So it just drove me nuts. You but mean an element of it that makes it make sense? Yes. I yes. Mean, it was missing that because it was just all nonsense where we just wanted to show a big dreamscape Second between all these heroes. Rishi. Whether it made sense or not, we're going to do this. And they did it. And I have to give it a 4 out of 10 as well because yeah. the only thing I care about this issue is the art. And, you know, there might be a few scenes here and there that are kind of cool, but none of it yeah, makes sense. Yeah, but even that, if you're, if you're having an issue like this, you're doing this. It's a Christmas issue. It's an annual. It doesn't mean much, but you get you have spelled out. Look, this neural implant. This has a thing where it's your hopes and dreams and your past and all this. Give us something in this issue that shows us more about the characters. You have the opportunity to show us their nightmares and dreams, Eric. And even so, that, you like to have the whole idea where you start out the whole like the hot item for this holiday season, which is a big deal to a lot of people. It causes people to become monsters to try to get that. For the time frame, you could have put out a cool ass fucking Black Friday annual and shown how terrible people are. And like, yeah, that's Green what I'm Arrow saying. Use the consumerism. Use the it. consumerism with that. But even if you did have this where they have it in, what if we saw that Oliver? Uh, was thinking back of when he first heard that he Emiko was his, his thing and uh, his sister or whatever, and he was jealous or he was mad or he was this. Or we find out that, you know, something about characters, something that if you're going to give us their inside and their deepest thoughts and fears where he has this weird Walk idea really. in his head that, you know, he wishes that Emiko wasn't born or we see that Emiko – uh, actually hates Oliver deep down inside, but really doesn't. But that the idea is there. Something oh, like no, the that. Bees. Yeah. No, you got bees. You, you got. You know, where's dad? Oh, it's a it's a star city. Oh my God, Diggle, why'd you kill my mother that I think is dead at this moment anyway? And you're not talking to it me. Looks because a lot like my girlfriend, man. Thing. I got a lot wrong with me. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't make sense. It it just didn't make sense. Plus, I'll even. Uh, Tie it back. I, I don't have it uh, open. At the end, was Diggle with them at the end? Because I don't think he was. No, right? he wasn't. He was no. off Merlin. He shouldn't have been. That's what I'm saying. At least they got that right. At the end of the Christmas party, I closed the issue. I hope that he wasn't in the Ewok village at the end because he shouldn't have been because they spelled it out. Why did you take Merlin? So he would have already disappeared in the water. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Fuck. Ay, ay, ay. Just give us something. Give me something from this from this issue that I can go forward with. At least I learned something about a character's inner thoughts or dreams or nightmares. But I got nothing. Bees. Bees there. We're going to move Bees. on to the next issue. Next issue. See. Hey, did you, you see know what that, that uh, Roy Harper, he has a problem with drugs and alcohol? No, I didn't. Really? Well, you, get, you can find out here. What are you talking I, I, I'm going to blow your mind here. Did you know that Emiko thinks that her mom is a little too controlling? Did, did you well, get that? I guess. I did. I had no idea that she had a thing for Nightwing. Now I know, Jim. Fucking yeah, five, there you five go. out of ten. Okay. No, you already said everybody has a crush on Nightwing. It's true. Including Nightwing. Ah, uh, yes. See what happens, Eric. When we have annuals week, we can let the books breathe. Eric, we could we could talk about all these things and just have such a a dandy old time. Dandy old time. We I think we talked about Super Sun's annual longer than most people have podcasts. Eric, Super yeah. Sun's annual. Here we go. Mystic U. Number one, written by Alyssa Quintney, art by Mike Norton, Jordi Belair, and D. Ron Bennett. Yes, it is the DC equivalent of Harry Potter. But for those who like Gotham Academy or just want more magical characters in their books, Mystic U, number one, is a very good start. It's not perfect, mind you. There are some hurried moments, and the school doesn't feel as big and populated as I'd like. But the art and overall story is good, and the characters are the main draw, and I like them already. And yeah, uh, just to tell people, I've talked about this, and you have talked with me about it a lot. Uh, this was a book that was supposed to come out back in the DCYOU before Rebirth. This is a book that's been hanging around on the shelf for over two years. It's been a, you know, a long time, and we actually talked to Alyssa Quintney actually on our site. Actually broke, I think it was what happened was the Felix Faust Sons character uh, was mentioned on an interview that we did with her on our site. And it was kind of one of those things where nothing was really out and about at that point. She also no, it we just kind of went away. And we were the first ones who were told that it was Mystic with a K. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember every time we talked about it, we had to spell that out. Uh, but yeah, we had a thing. And we have a an interview. We used to do these five questions with, it was called. And I would ask people really goofy questions yeah. one of them always fun. being how many chicken wings can you eat it was all supposed to be for fun and i remember that because there was more info in this goofy little interview that i did with her uh it got picked up by i think cbr maybe even believe it. it got picked up by a bunch of other sites and all the other sites on their comments all throwing shade at us because we didn't answer follow-up questions and and only ask goofy questions. But that's what it was all about. Yeah. That really was. And I'm, I'm warning everybody. We didn't have these five questions to get to the bottom of what happened to Mr. No, I wanted to know I want, what I basically would go on and look up their you know biographies and things and see funny things that they've said and ask them about it. But I will warn people. A lot of people are saying like, oh, you guys should interview people. First off, nobody likes us, and they're not no. going to come on the podcast. But if they did – you were not going to get a serious interview out of us. You will get a lot of jokes, including that if – I'm telling you, I'm trying to think of a, some uh, you know, a writer or something. But if their name it reminds me and Eric of something funny, we're, we're going to center on that. Like all questions would be Can about that. Can you imagine that. if we had an interview of five questions with Sal Cipriano? No, it would be about his sexy, sexy brother. brother. I'm telling you, yeah. You have, I'm trying to think, like, if you had Jordi Belair, there's going to be a question about the French Prince of Belair. It's going to be in there. You'd have to. But yeah, that's, we're just goofy. And what I was yeah. just, what I want to tell everybody is this book wasn't just written recently. 
This has been around. It was canceled. It was completely shelved. Alyssa Quintney told me. And Same afterwards, with the dark, uh, dark universe. Yeah, afterwards, I had talked to her a bunch of times because now and again, you'd hear rumblings. Oh, my God, I think Mystic U's going to come out again. I'd get a hold of Alyssa Quintney. Hey, is it true it's getting out? And she's very, very nice. One of the oh, nicest yeah. ladies we've talked to. And she said, she would say, like, yeah, there's a possibility. Keep your fingers crossed. I'm like, oh. And I think in the meantime, she had already told me she's been paid in full. Oh, you yeah. know, she she has been fully paid for this. She's like Eric B. and Rakim. Eric paid in full. But uh, as it went on, she twice, I think, since then, hey, it's coming out. Then it wasn't. It always got shelved. So this really, to me, I was really scared because, again, She's very nice. I, I would hate to not like this issue. And, uh, of course, an issue that we were excited about as well. But it getting shelved this many times, you can only you can only guess that, you know, you see a movie. You hear about a movie that's you know, has five different script rights and then it's put on the shelf for five years. Then it's coming. You're not going to expect a good movie. But sometimes you, you get shocked. Yeah. I was shocked with this. I really was in a very pleasant way. Because I liked it immediately, too. I don't, I don't know about you, but because of all these delays, and again, it's two and, two and a half years or so, I open it up and I turn and I'm like, this art is really, really good. And, and it really shocked me, even to that level, that they couldn't figure out a way to release it earlier. Now, we well, have the thing our... is, too, I was thinking about it, too, because not only do we have the Gotham Academy connection, but... A little bit before this, because I think the final issue of Supergirl was number 40. I could be wrong with that. But yeah. they were doing the whole, like, you know, superhero high school in space. They were doing that. I just – I really think that – I it, even with the the stuff that I'm going, like, you have Zatanna. There was not a lot of Zatanna then. Uh, you have a couple characters, but they're more of the kids of the characters and things like that. The art's really good. I really think that maybe at that point it was more – the Gotham Academy was going strong at that point. And I think that they might have been afraid that this would be, you know, kind of take that off of that. It might have been a thing because, you know, it was like, you know, she was did the story. She was paid for the story. It came to editor Eric and like he opened the first issue. Dr. Occult, you died in Just League Dark. (sighs) Not on my watch. Not on my watch, buddy. Uh, Though when it goes, uh, I will say that I think that the time between. I think it actually helped it because it's coming out now. Number one, it's very Harry Potter. It really is. And in the interviews I've seen now recently with Alyssa Quintney, she she doesn't make any bones about it. There's even a Harry Potter joke in this. She is not trying to pretend that she came up with the school of magic story. She's trying to have fun with it in the DCU. If anything, to me, it's an homage to a Harry Potter, uh, making it work in the DCU. Now, in the meantime, because of that timing, and it's a couple years later, I think it plays out better. And and also, the luck of the draw, there's not a lot of dark characters right now in, in no. the DCU. You've seen Zatanna in the Detective Comics book a little, but didn't get a lot. Atrigan, uh, Earth is hell. Come yeah, on, Jim. Atrigan, but I'm saying, this is where people have been starving for some dark and magical characters and you get them in this and i have to admit i had a smile and it starts off where you see the main story and the thing is i'm really intrigued with this main story and it's so weird because i try to make this work in my head because i'm like all right this main story like has six months uh post malevolence yeah i'm like 
oh, this is cool. All the dark heroes are done. Shit is going wrong. It's almost like a Terminator thing where we yeah. have reached the end. We have to go back and cha- like try to change the future from yeah. ever happening. But like, um, I gotta wonder, like, uh, you know, Doctor Occult's dead, and even like the whole idea when but, we go back and, in time to go thing. to Mystic U. I am also, gonna tell you something. The here. Enchantress and you know June Moon being a part of this thing at this point, I'm like that doesn't make much sense. Well, here we go. Uh, I'm gonna take you back in the time machine. Weird science time machine, Eric. You, give me some time machine sounds. Well, how would you I time machine? I really sound? had some. I actually had you some sound effects before. I just wanted you to do them that. yourself. Uh, I can't. This was. I can't do it. This was going to come out with the DCYOU. It was one of those where it was going to be in. What was the model of the DCYOU? It was the Story model of that the continuity. Yes, exactly. That's why you get this. Uh, unfortunately, it's distance in se- itself from there. But that this is 100% when they said what's Story coming out next, continuity. including this book, was story over continuity, that they were putting the continuity aside and going. And that's why. And I even had the same issue with, with you. No, I'm, not getting as, I'm not getting as crazy as you. Well, you Crazy. know, oh, Doctor Cole, da, da, da. but he was I did. Killed by think, Nick Necro. Oh, that's a secret. Nick Necro. Uh, what Necro. I thought was, oh, Nick Necro. What I thought about was just the fact, like, you know, Yev Zatano is a big character. She's here. They're going back in time and things like that. Where that doesn't really sit well with me with how the books are and going with yeah. this. So it, it actually, to me, coming out now as a three-issue prestige out of continuity story. It fits fine. So yeah, it, fine. It, this is not in continuity, and it was part of the story over continuity. So, you know, case closed. Dagger in to my go. heart. Good to go. But, yeah, you see in the beginning where this malevolence has destroyed the world. It's gonna. It's destroyed almost all the magical characters at this point, and there is Rose Psychic and Zatanna seem to be, you know, last woman, women standing, and she, Zatanna goes up and pretty much then – Rose and Rose like it shares a body with Doctor Occult. They switch. Yeah. They swap back and forth. Yep, they swap back and forth. And in this, basically, Zatanna has to give her power over to Rose that she can take it, and they're gonna go. And Rose uses it to go back in time, and then and really does spell out really well with the whole like, listen, are you sure you want to do this? Everything you know is done. You know, you're you're not gonna remember anything. And she's like, you know, it has to be better than this. That sort of yeah. thing. And they go, and you you don't know, but you're hoping that Rose would know. And and it's one of those – it does spell out then that it's going back in time, but it's also going back in time and kind of changing time and manipulating it. And as it, it does happen, you do get the, some of the main characters in this book where you, you see this whole thing. I actually think – uh, that a couple of these characters, well, actually one, was kind of created at this point. Oh, P- uh, uh, Pia? Of, yeah, Pia. I, I don't oh, think yeah, that she, she was... Oh, yeah, she was created for this, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that she was in the reality before. I'm not just saying for the book. I'm saying, oh, I, think okay. Ro- I'm saying I think Rose Psychic actually... You know, you could even go with the fact that maybe it's the, you know... Uh, you know, Sargon's son and Felix Faust's son may have even been created from this because she well, does say... Well, yeah, because say, I tell you, and the co- uh, continuity that we have, I know there's no continuity for what yeah. we have, but, like, the big deal was, like, Sargon died and his daughter actually took over. She was Sargon yeah, the Sorceress. So I think that's, inc- you know, th- I think it's a very cool way. It's going back in time, but time is being warped and manipulated. I mean, it's very and, and similar also, to... And also, it's its own thing. So for this continuity, yeah. these could be characters that are But you know what I'm saying is because she says... She says something where she says, uh, you know, will you when uh, I'll be fine? Satana says, will you? Even if this works, our reality will be altered. 
You yeah. won't know what you gave up. You won't remember any of this. She doesn't just say we're going to go back in time. It's altered reality. I do think that that's what these characters were created. And it's one of those wraparounds where as you go through this issue, you realize then by the end that all of these characters, it's one of these characters. Now Enchantress is, is you know basically Enchantress, but as a younger girl. But one of these characters is the malevolence when it goes yeah. back. And, and you could almost... I know that they kind of want to point out a little feel, but I'm pretty sure you can take Satana out. And uh, is it 100% that you think it's Pia? Because it has to be her, right? It, it well, has Pia to... believes herself to be a healer. Like, yes. She, did she turn out to be a destroyer, Jim? She might have been. It's just that once once you have a story like this, you can only think that the one who the, – the person who thinks or you think is the nicest one and becomes well, even best that, friends. The one who's the biggest dick you have to take right off in my mind too. So we also have to take out Felix Faust. Well, that's son, what I'm I saying. Guess. Felix Faust to me is out of the equation because he's too much of a dick. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So Pia though being the best friend immediately with Zatanna and being such a great and cool character. And you can only assume, a healer. Yeah, you can only assume it's her. But I, I think there might be a twist by the end but i really if you want to ask me what really the scene that stole the show it's immediately when they go back in time and it's satara and his daughter zatanna uh you know having their magic show and in vegas and i think that this this scene is awesome i think it is so good because you have zatanna over here Rose talking to Zatara and Zatara is in, in there. Even in my mind, this has changed things already because I don't think this is how it originally played out. Because yeah, in my yeah. mind, Ro like Rose Psychic went back in time and is trying to alter things oh, yeah, by she getting is. you know Zatara. So Zatara overhears this, yep. and this is what ends up sending Zatara to hell. Is her doing her magic for the yeah, first time? Yeah, and I time loved it because she's never because done she's magic. Pissed. So you know, Rose goes and is basically probably showing up and like, hey, I have to talk to your daughter. She's a powerful magician. Uh, my daughter, she's mundane. She's a child who's utterly mundane. And yeah, Zatanna yeah. hears and it, it breaks her heart. And they go to do the show. And again, through this whole thing, Zatanna hasn't shown that she has any abilities. So the whole yeah. show is Zatara with his cute daughter as, as an assistant. But she's talking back. And I really like the way that Alyssa Quintney writes this, especially Zatara, where you only get a little, but you know, he's doing this and she's talking back. And he's like, you know, magic is a tradition in our family. You know, some of the incantations I use are hundreds of years old, and those are the modern ones. And I really like that. And as it's going in, Satana's like, huh, not quite mundane, huh, Dad? And he's getting so mad. But I'm telling you, the, the line that made me fall in love with this book was part of this act, which is so funny when he's like, hey, you know, teenager Satana has to do things her way backward. And I really like that. And basically, she says backwards, you can go to hell. <laughs> you know, And, and you can, the demons come out of, the, out of nowhere do. and take yeah. him to hell. Yep, take him to hell. So I'm like, that's awesome. That is so good. Like, I wish that we just had her writing a Zatanna book just with this and then going to find it. But in the meantime, Rose, who she doesn't know now. Uh, just shows up and says, hey, you know, your dad's fine. I, I've known your dad for many a year. He's been in binds bigger than this. He yeah. will get out. Uh, but in the meantime, I have a place that I want you to go, and it is Mystic You, and she comes out of a portal there with Rose, and it, it's awesome. It, it looks really good. I mean, you have a Pegasus going there. You got it, it all. It is totally freaking Hogsworth is what it is. Yeah, it is. And again, if, if you – Hogwarts. If, I don't even know Hogwarts. why I said Hogwarts. Yeah, I but, don't know. And here's – I'm going to say right away – Hogsworth. <laughs> where, where's idiot. wrong turn? 
if that bothers you, if it would bother you that a DC book is really borrowing heavily from Harry Potter and Hogwarts or whatever you said, oh Hogwarts, God. if that's going to bother you, then then don't get it. No. I'm telling you right now, you will not enjoy this. Uh, I don't mind. I can go with this. I can have fun with it. When I read Gotham Academy, immediately when I read it, I'm like, this is like you know Harry Potter here. Yeah. This is great, and I love it. I really like this. Is definitely of all this those is people, a magical Gotham Academy. Yes, it is. And anybody who sits there and we say on the the podcast like, oh, uh, you know, Swamp Thing, that's a Reggie book. And Eric, uh, you know, I don't know what the hell you like. You know, Blue Beetle, that's an Eric oh. book. This is my type that's of all book. I like. It's so funny that people hear me yell and scream, but these. Almost you all add ages. children and stuff. Jim's all yeah. about oh, it. I love, love it. Yeah, children. I love children. Lord's Mulder candy. All ages books. All ages books that are written not down to all ages. Written oh, yeah. to just uh, you know somebody. Most kids can read. So you know as well as me. So unfortunately, but if if you don't write down to people and you give me an all ages book like this where kids are in school, once you go to school and things like that, I'm in. And well, this I love. I it, was so. complaining about you know how I like having fun, but that Super Sons Annual was not fun. It was just ridiculous. Yeah, this is the fun. This is fun. And again, if you're gonna get upset, oh, this is just Harry Potter. Like I said, you're more jaded than right. me, and you can you can step aside. But if you're out there listening and you want to see a frog smoking a pipe, I've got a book for you, Eric, because <laughs> there's a frog smoking a pipe. But yeah, you you even in this first deal, you see the whole cast of characters that we're gonna get. They're all kind of hanging out. You even see Cain and Abel coming up from from the distance and all that. And uh, as they go, you have Zatanna there with Rose, uh, and that's where Cain and Abel come up. And you have all these things going on. And basically, she's like, "I have to go." Rose says, "I have to go uh, and do my presidential things at the academy." But in the meantime. You know, you know, make yourself at home and see what's going on. And, you know, zippity zoop, Eric, she puts her in a Zatanna like outfit Outfits that looks more kids. like a maid's yeah. outfit than it should, I think. But all then teenagers. She, yeah. Yeah. And she even bumps into Felix Faust's son. That's like the first thing you see this, you know, this moody guy, Eric, with the sunglasses. He, he, nobody knows about him. Actually, they all know about him. But yeah. yeah. And that's where you even get the whole, uh, you know, Harry Potter deal because the girl comes up. It's like, don't let leather pants Draco get under your skin until you showed up. He was our biggest celebrity offspring. And like, who is that? And he's like, oh, that's a walking bad boy cliche. His dad's Felix Faust. And you even get a little deal where Zatanna at this point doesn't know. And it's like, is this name for him? No, that's name for him. You know, all that. But I, I really like it. And you're really, really drawn to these characters right away in my point, in my opinion. Uh, but then they go, listen, we got to go to the main hall. They're having, you know, if they had a sorting hat, then I, I will tell you, I might have been out. But they don't have that. They go to, Thank you God. know, this, they have this big thing. And what gets me here, and I told That's you this the thing before. thing is, too, it's a problem because you – you have a magical school, and now everything is Hogwarts. There was magical schools before Hogwarts, and that's yeah, just I what know. we're having here. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, really, that is true. I read a lot of books before Harry Potter that had magical yeah. schools. Uh, but then they're like, oh, hey, let's go into this, you know, the big hall. And when they go in, they're like, whoa, and damn, wow. But yet the scenery doesn't give that to me. Yes, no. there's a dragon on a chandelier, 
But, but that I dragon wanted, was hanging out in the courtyard all the I whole time. Really so I've seen that, that dragon. I really think that maybe originally this was supposed to be something different. Like you well, go it's in. It's supposed to be when you first go in, like in Harry Potter, where yes. you see all the chandeliers and all the tables yeah. lined to up me, with all the stuff. To me, when they went in, to me, I would have rather that they like go in and you're in like this vast universe. You know what I mean? Like something different. This does not seem the woe and the wow, but you do see some characters. Uh, two in particular on the left side in this, and it's Frankenstein and, and Etrigan. Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh, Etrigan's there. We don't see him throughout here, uh, but he's there. He's standing next to uh, Frankenstein. But yeah, they're they're going there. And he might show the... up in the next book or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he might. So. I, I would assume he might. I didn't expect to see Frankenstein show up as no. a professor. Yeah, no, and he's great. like, and uh, you know, Rose is giving this big uh, speech for more than 300 years. Young people have entered this hall hoping to discover and develop their magical talents. And I like this. I really do. And I like the fact, again, this is not in continuity, so you can have fun with it. But it makes me laugh that, like, you have all these characters that are kind of getting the next generation of the things. Now, I will point out as well is not everybody. You have to, like a Felix Faust and all this, there's there's a lot of characters in here with some bad parents. They're not all yeah. just good guys. So you're going with that as well. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of things going on. You do then see a lot of people being dropped off. You see Sargon, you know, he's there. You're David? starting to learn. Yeah, you're starting to learn more of the characters by seeing their parents. Uh yeah, you see, oh, and, and it's cool, right? And, and then the thing you, is, too, another thing, you know, Pia has an overbearing mom who's not happy yeah. that she's not going to an Ivy League school, but going yeah, to Mystic Yeah, you see U. that her mom isn't that, uh, you know, And overbearing moms, they leave to evil, Jim, so I can they see the more things pointing towards but the again, malevolence. But again, too, if you want to go nice, she's kind of like the Hermione, if, if we're going to go Harry Potter. Like, she has a, a mom that really isn't any sort of thing with magic or whatever. Lousy muggle. She, She's just yeah. She's just she's a she's a uh, mud blood, Eric. But uh, she comes there, and Can't even later, even later, it's spelled out, and they say she thinks she's a healer, and that really threw me off later. Yeah, but, yeah. You're going, and now it it's just basically well, that's the from, thing too. She thinks she's a healer. There are some. There are a lot of things I didn't even think about putting to malevolence because at this point in the book, I'm not even trying to jump to conclusions. I just want to have the story unfold, yeah. but. Even the story she talks about, like, well, how did you know you had powers? Well, my cat died, and then I picked it up, and it started yeah. from, like, you just – that's necromancy is yeah, what that is. I'm You're telling a goddamn you, evil monster. I read Afterlife with Archie. That's how that shit went down, Eric. Shit went bad after that. Holy moly. Jughead, what are you doing? Don't go to Sabrina. Uh, but, yeah, you go in, and this is – What did you discover what you could perform? Uh, how, oh, how about you? How did you find out? We had this cat, Pushkin. He's about Pushkin. 18 years old and really skinny. About six months ago, my mom gave him our Rottweiler's heart meds by mistake. Oh, my God. So Pushkin just went limp, and I thought he was gone. My mom did, too, and she's a doctor. But when I picked him up, he opened his eyes and started purring. I'm like, yep. kill it. Kill it right Sometimes now. Sometimes dead is better, Eric. Sometimes dead. And we'll find out the cat. The thing is, too. And not only that, like, you know, P will end up going home or whatever, how the story goes. Her mom's dead. Fucking Pushkin yeah. killed her. Dead. Dead. No, we find out her mom died of a heart attack 10 years ago. She, she oh keeps bringing her back. She's a zombie. Uh, in the meantime, before this scene, because that's them talking in the bathroom, you find out they're 
roommate. There's three of them, and their roommate is June Moon. And I think it's a pretty cool deal where June Moon's there. They're like, hey, that's our roommate, June Moon. They go into the bathroom, start brushing their teeth and stuff, and Enchantress comes in. And they're like, hey, June, you you have a makeover or something? Call me Enchantress. I'm like, ooh. And, yeah, then you have a really weird scene where you have an – That's the thing is, too, if you just look, you know, you see June Moon is doing her eyes in the mirror, and then they're like two panels later. Now she's got black hair and combing it. And like, all right, she switched right there. Yep, yep. And uh, with this, they're going, and uh, you have Pia who drops down her hair products down the drain of the sink. It's like, oh, I can't get, you know, those are expensive. Reaches down, pricks her finger or something. She does say, oh, man, I got it on something sharp, which seemed weird. And then comes yeah. up and like, oh, this is what happens. I There's get this all goo this green on me. Goo. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, this is kind of what happens and things like that. But we do find out. This is how her power manifests as a healer. This green goo actually like manifests around her, which has healing properties. And basically, uh, it goes down. It looks like and hits plop, and then boom, plop is a thing, and plop becomes sentient and goes off. And that's a character. Tell us about plop, Eric. Oh, this this uh, plop is the name of an old magazine that Reggie would actually have. If Reggie was on, he'd be all about this whole thing. I think he used to write articles for us about plop and it was this yeah. kind of humorous dc magazine that actually featured stories with kane and abel and eve and it was just some kind of wacky kind of nonsense kind of book but having plop here i'm like well, that's cool because we do have kane and abel in this book and now you have plop yeah i'm actually uh gonna ask reggie though he's in england so i would yeah. assume that he is asleep right now yeah it's I'm like just two gonna, or three in the morning i'm just gonna ask him if he read this real quick because like i said he you he loved plop and he would yeah. talk about it and my eyes would get glassier uh, I had no idea what he was talking about. But yeah. Are you coming? Uh, what were we talking about here? Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, did the uh, mailman come yet? I don't know, but his eyes are getting pretty glassy. Boom, boom, yeah, boom. Yeah. But yeah, you go on and that that's the, you know, introduction of plot. But then, you know, we'll go we'll go pretty quick uh with this where you have all the, you know, the characters meeting each other through class through a scavenger. The main characters event. on this hall, this dorm yeah. kind of area kind of thing. Yeah. We got a lot of students in the school. We're gonna we're gonna focus on five. Yeah, and that's the thing. I did say in my six, including now, Joe. I, yes, I understand that we only have a couple issues with this. If this was an extended series, if this was an ongoing series, I would have thought we would meet some other things. Uh, but really, it seems that's one of my only down things. Really, is that it really seems too contained to be in this huge school. You you yeah. have a huge school, and again, this is the other thing. With Gotham Academy, kind of got it right as well. What Harry Potter really got well uh, is that Hogwarts became a character in and of itself. Uh, you don't get that here. You don't really get much of the school. Uh, Alyssa Quintney's really glossing over like the, you know, and even the scavenger hunt. It starts with the scavenger hunt. Usually you do this so that we can learn about the school and learn about things from the past of the school. They had this in Gotham Academy. Yeah. Uh, you don't get much with this. Basically, this is just Zatanna saying, you know, I'm going to go off on my own and then sees Plop and then gets saved, you know, by uh, feel. I always I, I don't know. I want to say his name's Sylvester. Yeah. Is yeah. Right? So, but it's I I'll, well, I'll have to keep looking because she does not shove the, the names of the characters down your throat. No. 
She really doesn't. Uh, there was one thing like in this book that actually said Felix Faust's son's name, and I thought it was Sylvester, but now that we started yeah. talking about it, I, I forgot we'll go about through. it completely. Like, like, I know David, I know Pia, obviously yeah. I know June Moon and Zatanna. But yeah, as they're going, they're all going through this scavenger hunt. Like I said, I wish that we learned more about the school through this. Uh, but yeah, uh, Zatanna almost gets attacked by Plop and, and this sort of thing. But the big thing is that David Sargon and... Uh, June, oh, well, it's Enchantress at this point. Uh, they're going off with their thing, and they think at one point they're going into the House of Mystery, but then they end up actually just going into the, you know, the faculty Well, house. I'm pretty sure that is the House of Secrets, uh, yeah, because, it's, which it's, is, you know, Dr. Occult at one point yeah, was yeah. the master of the House so of Secrets. So she does and, say— know, Dr. Psychic is Dr. Colt, so this kind of would make sense. Yeah, well, yeah, so that makes sense because it does say the Domus Secretorum. So it is yeah. the House of Secrets. She says, crap, I thought the House of Mystery was the skinny one when she sees that. They go in, and this is where the faculty is standing around, and they are trying to figure out who the malevolence is. And this Did you is like that graveyard? Getting- uh, it's okay. What what was it? I I didn't even take notice. The, the graveyard up to the house of mystery, oh, yeah, uh, house of secrets, is uh has a tone. It has Quitney. It has, it has Seely, a landing. And yeah. Lan- Lansing. And like, uh, yeah, we Lansing. also have Dove, which I'm yeah, like, yeah, Dove. Dove's dead. But I think I just saw this whole thing where they're putting their their own names on it and stuff like Seely. that. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, I did this when I was a freshman in high school to the picture I was doing. I added my name to the tube. So I got psychiatric evaluation. Yep. What the fuck? Yeah, there you, go. you also see Brand oh, over there on the other side. Yeah, the Boston. Brand. Oh yeah, I do see Brand. That's pretty cool. And then yeah, as they're going up to, you see the House of Mystery. It seems in the secrets. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying in the other weird oh, other yeah. place you see it. They're going to the secrets. Uh, and they get in. And they do hear, uh, the faculty talking, and they're talking about you know, did you find anything out, Rose? And you know, we got to figure out what's going on. The cards are all saying that it's one of these new students that is going to end up being malevolent. So we see it's a setup. They're there as a setup. You know, Dr. Psychic has gone back in time, has now alerted everybody to this malevolence. So hopefully we can put a stop to it before it ever happens. Yeah. And you get some cool characters there. You have Merlin, you you know, you have a Baron Winner uh, deal. And uh, what's it called? The one I didn't know and I did look up because I is Donovan Kane. Uh, right. The guy, and it, he was a pr- professor of parapsychology and was part of Night Force. Uh, that's why they mentioned Baron. Oh, old Night Force. Yeah, Night Force. So I thought, oh, that's cool. I don't yeah, know anything Merlin, about Dr. Night Cole. Force. You have all these, and you know, basically, they want to figure out who the the you know the malevolence is going to be. At one point in this, they pretty much are like, screw this detective work, and we kill them all. Them. And we, we solve all the problem, but you, uh, thank God Rose steps up and is like, no, no, we're not going to do that. But, yeah, you have the most uninteresting guy, uh, Joe, who looks like just a hipster guy, uh, looks like a hipster version of Conor McGregor, uh, and he gets what we think is killed by Plop. It looks like Plop comes and eats him because he's wearing his hat, and it's very Scooby-Doo at that one point. Uh but it is, in fact, shown. I think it's a weird progression, away. too, because, like, we have this whole thing where, you know, Pia and Joe are supposed to be doing the scavenger hunt as well. And they hear a scream. And Joe's like, wait here. I'm going. And then he runs off the next like panel. You see Pia running up behind where he would have been. I'm like, 
Yeah. There's no Joe. Like, why didn't you run after yeah, Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Uh, but yet, and and Plop's wearing the hat, just walking. And as this is going on, and that's the whole thing. Uh, the scream was because Sargon, you know, Enchantress wanted to go make out with Sargon, yeah. and his friggin' gem actually blasted her, thinking that she was in danger. And she screamed because she has, she has a burn mark on her head. Yeah. Now. Well, at that point, you saw he ends up shooting through uh, Plop. Plop dissolves a bit, goes, and and all this. It's cool though. And and through this. Through this progression, Plop is actually gaining more sentience and knows what's going on and eventually becomes a student by the end. Uh, yeah. But yeah, then you go With to the house. Of, hat. Yeah, and then you go to the House of Secrets again, and this is where we we continue this whole thing about you know what what's going on at the school now. They know that this Plop, we, we don't know much about it. You know, let's talk to the kids. We got to tell them that they're safe and all this. And that's where they have a meeting. And it, what's a, you get them talking about the, the school? It's safe, you know, everything's fine. Yeah, and Mr. E is given a whole big like a, like Some a response. I couldn't remember. Yeah, Mr. E, come on, it's Mr. hilarious. E. Mr. E, and there, there's there's now guards on the campus, and they're actually sentient trees that'll be yeah, around all the time to make sure that nothing actually happens to the yeah. students. Because at this point, everybody's still concerned because they think that Joe's dead. Yeah, they think Joe's dead. And now, in, in a story like this, the fun thing is the classes. And you do go off into Divination 101, where it Madame is Madame Xanadu. Xanadu. And that's cool. But yeah. again, this leads to a little more uh, character progression. You have David there, where he has his gem. And she says, no, no, no. Try to do this stuff without the gem. you know." And The says, gem's not your source of power. Yeah, it only yeah. is a way to freaking focus your power. So you don't need this. You're going to be yeah. reading auras. We don't need that. Yeah, and when and it's she, P's turn to read Aura, she actually starts feeling – it's not only like reading Auras. It's seeing like your partner, how they would look in your mind or if you hear things, feel things, whatever. It's just, it's just a, a beginner's course on this whole like you know, uh, feeling like you know, Aura-seeing yeah. type of shit. But in like Pia, she starts feeling the, what the plop character is feeling, like the fear and like the loneliness and shit like yep. that. So she, right away, we're given the idea that Pia has a connection to plop. Even yes. though we know right away because her powers gave yeah, uh, yeah, Plop gave life. life. Uh, the other thing is weird when she when Madame Xanadu gets the gem, she does talk to the gem, right? Because she yeah. says to the gem, and like, it's a really weird deal when she does it. But the art's so great. Uh, but yeah, yeah, and ends up then we find out that Plop is sentient. Rose is about to kill him, uh, and then she even consents. Okay, he is. There's something going on here. Uh, he goes off. But eventually, like I said, he ends up going and attacking. Now, David, without the gem, now can make out with Enchantress, goes right to her and goes oh, to great. make out. And, and uh, I love it, too, because all the students are put down. Like, you, everybody has to return to their dorms. Everybody's yeah. under, like, a, a uh, what the hell is it called? A curfew now. Yeah, yeah. So everybody has to go back until the, the student body figures out what's going I mean, like, the teachers have to figure out what's going on. And Pia and Zatanna are locked out of the room because uh, Enchantress has a sock on the door so she can make out yeah. with David during yeah, this time. Making out with him and, and, and once more. I mean, yeah. at one point she's like, it's just getting good here. And, and they're going. Plop ends up coming out of the, the radiator and yeah. engulfs them, goes out. Everybody's fighting. And it's funny because then when it, basically Plop lets him out and lets him plop out because he starts talking to Rose. Uh it, it's funny because Enchantress is just covered in goo. They're there. They're all confused. She's like, actually, that was kind of amazing. I might even want to do it again. Like, she <laughs> loved it. And then that's when David's like, like, I yeah. will never take that ruby off ever again. And again, <laughs> I'll be like, now I'm starting to, we're near the end of the issue. I'm like, 
really liking these characters. Like, I really am having fun with them. (laughs) Then you have this aside where you go back and Joe is actually, he ran. He ran when when that when he sold plop he ran all he was wee 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 all the way home, and he's there and his mom's like, listen, if you want to go to engineering school, I don't care that you dropped out of that other school, but you got to get your ass out of bed. And it's funny because I only kid rock music. I'm telling you, I can only guess that this is what they think. You know, the creative team thinks is the worst thing. A kid rock fan who reads truck magazines. (laughs) It's so weird. Uh, But yeah, they're talking, and this is when Plop has said, we get this because Plop's like, I've harmed no one. I did fight one young male who dropped his head ornament, which was the hat. And uh, you can even go to the fact that I can wrap around and say, boy, Plop was nice. He picked up that hat because he was like, hey, somebody left their hat. Uh, Yeah, he becomes, Plop becomes a student now. A student. and, And pretty much with Pia sitting, and then that's when you get Frankenstein. The gun show is in town, Eric, and this mystic you. Sleeves are not for oh my god, Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah, sleeves are not, you know, they are not needed. Also, maybe a little uh, junk in the trunk down there. Uh, he, he's he got something going on underneath, Look, but yeah. One thing about Frankenstein, he's always packing, no matter what it is. Yeah, and I like it, too. Again, I really think that Alyssa Quinn, yeah, I, I hope that she gets a chance to do something else at DC. Because I really like, she does not force anything, even at the point where you have Rose there and she has talked to Plop and like, huh, do you have a name? And then it's never said. It's said through Frankenstein, who then starts asking and wants to ask a question to Pia and says, can and that, anyone no, give me the definition? That's even the best part where it's like, you know, Frankenstein knows Plop's name, has yes, no idea who Pia is. That's what I'm saying. It's such a good progression of, do you have a name? And then we get the name because Frankenstein knows it and Pia's sitting next. It goes, you, sitting next to Plop. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that was so well done. Like little touches like that I thought were really good. And this is where – I think that possibly – do you think that they would make Plop bad as well? Because, boy, it does seem like Plop is there and they're, they're even – can you consider this cheating? Because yeah. it seems to be. So it seems like this is where things start going wrong in an innocent way to and me. And the thing is I don't know if you could say that Plop's evil, but I think if Pia decides to go evil, they do have this connection. Yes. She did bring him to life. Yes, I could see him problem. becoming evil if Pia does. Because they have such a connection, you know, because they, they're talking to each other, you know, telepathically about things because she, she's like, uh, sorry, I didn't catch that, Professor Frankenstein. And Plop's like giving her the answer and then she repeats it. And he's like, excellent response. What did you say your name was again? And, and the so weird now part, it- too, is I don't expect it to be this, but just because of the way the slime is covering the eye, when Plop looks at her now that she used the answer that he gave him, he looks angry to me. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It seems like, yeah. But I don't think it's may... supposed to come off that way. Yeah, I don't know. Like but she's having a good time and smirking the, with him. The book ends with what we said before where they're talking, the, the faculty's talking again and said, okay, we narrowed it down. It's these five new people. The, the five new kids, it's one of them. Uh, and we got to see how this is, and this is where you go, or the one who thinks she's a healer. So you're going with this. Yeah. And, and Mr. Reese just like, all right, I kill him. And, and it's funny. He's like, okay, who is it, me or you, Rose? Because if it's me, I'm going to kill him right now with my cane sword. If it's you, you could do it your way. But I really would like it to be me. And she's like, ah, but that's how it ends. They don't really even have a response with him. It's like, okay, we cannot ignore the signs. So, Rose, what do you want to do now? Do you want me to kill them? Or would you prefer to handle it yourself? And there's no other. There's no option C. And you get this ending where you have Devite 
Enchantress, Felix Falson, Zatanna, Pia, and Plop all walking. I'm like, it's pretty cool. And it's like a yearbook type picture. Yeah. It says next, uh, Greek life at Mystic U. It's to die for. So yeah, I really, I really liked it. I, and you also get the flying dragon there too. I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I, I was very shocked that I liked it as much as I did. I was very shocked at the quality of the artwork, uh, only because it's been canceled all these times. I, I can yeah. only keep thinking that why didn't you just let this come out as its own thing and its own little side story six issue mini at that point? Uh, I know that it's being condensed into this three issue prestige deal. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm glad that it finally came out, and I'm glad that we got it this week. Oh, it's I hope Sebastian that... Faust. Oh, Sebastian. Yeah, that that sounds pretty good. Uh, I would hope that where me and you have always said that, why don't they try something new for annuals week? Where some people are like, oh, I'm yeah. not getting anything. They go. Hopefully, this is a book that people walk by. I I hope I I'm not gonna say you know crazy thoughts that it's gonna sell. This, you know, tons of books. And also, it is $5.99, so that yeah. price deal. Uh, though, if you think about it, it is going to be six issues worth of story is what they condensed into. If you got it as six issues, it would be a monthly, and they'd be three ninety nine each. It'd be more expensive. But people just plopping down the money, plopping, Eric, uh, aren't always going to just want to pay $6 for a book they didn't like. And I'm looking. I, I, I like the cover. So hopefully it sells like no, no, the cover doesn't stand out to me all that much. It's as much as I, I just went back to the cover as well. It's Zatanna and the rest of them. I'm like telling the you, people, this, people just that who, painted style. Yeah, but people who like Zatanna, we haven't gotten a lot of Zatanna and people did, uh, you know, take notice when she was in Detective Comics. So sure maybe did. that'll go. And I would hope that it sells 15. I don't know that it will. I hope 20, I really honestly. Don't. Yeah, I actually think it's I don't think it will, 11. but. Yeah, and it's a shame. I, I really like it. If, if you're listening to us and you like that idea of the Harry Potter type deal. Yeah, and if you could just get beyond the fact that, you know, it is Harry Potter with the, the magical DC characters. Yeah, you can have some You can have times. a lot of fun with this. Yeah, like I, I did as well. Once I said, okay, this is an out of continuity story and they're just having fun doing their own thing, yeah. I had a great time. Yeah, I did too. I actually had such a good time that I gave it an 8.9. I, I liked the art. I thought the story was really well laid out. There was a little bit that was rushed. I would have liked to have dealt – and not just rushed, but actually not rushed. I would have liked them to have settled down with some things. I mean you could have had this – if it was one issue, 21 pages, you could have had them go to Mystic U and have Pia, Zatanna, and June Moon Enchantress – just kind of hang out and learn about things for an entire issue, and I would have enjoyed it. And then the next issue have the boys involved and things like that. But we're, we are kind of rushing through all that. And even uh, with that, I really do like the wraparound setup we have about oh, this yeah. malevolence coming and it, the possibility and it's that one it is of one of these five students. Yeah, and like so. we actually went back in time to stop it, and things are going to be altered to try to save the timeline. Yeah, I thought that was really good. Uh, what would you give it? I'd give it an 8.5. No, just an 8 out of 10. Okay, I gave it an 8.9. I, yeah. I actually really liked it. It's funny because I'm looking at the the uh, credits page thinking that I'm going to find somebody that really spells out the time frame of it. But, of course, I'm not that smart. But, yeah, uh, yeah and, and Alyssa uh, Quintney, I hope that she gets a chance of writing something else. And Mike Norton's art is really, Oh, the art's really amazing good. this Yeah, issue. it's really good. I mean, this is not a half-assed done book. It is not. Now, again, it's funny because we know the history of the book, and I, I keep wanting to say it to make myself look smart. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think DC's smart to kind of gloss over that. You know what I mean? You don't want to announce that, hey, look, the book that we canceled seven times is finally coming out because, you know, we want to get money from it. it. It's better than that. It really is. So don't even listen to me talk about the nonsense of it being canceled and then, uh, you know, all these times and never coming out. It is a really good quality book. I think it's worth the money. And if you like magical characters as kids in a school, boom, just go and get them. Uh, I give it my stamp of approval, Aaron, uh, whatever that means, but we're going to move on from here. All right, and that's it. Eric, what is your book of the week? Book what of the, f- the week. I guess my book of the week would have to be Batman Creature of the Night, I that think. That is mine. That is my uh, book of the week, but I'll give I'll give a shout-out to, to Mystic U. I, I think that some people – Oh, not Batman uh, Annual? No, well, Batman Annual. No, I just everybody's buying Batman Annual. I I just wanted to give a shout out to Mystic U because uh, because I heard because you might have liked that more than no, that there's people may be shocked that I may have liked that issue. No, I I just want uh, some people to get on that Mystic U and maybe it's funny. I was actually a dick on the DC Facebook page today because they're doing the whole like you know they put out Mystic U and one of the comments was, "Hey, this is out already, already." Yeah, yeah, there's. My watch. You're not getting away with that comment. Uh, Yes, so we're both going to go Batman Creature of the Night. Again, for the last uh, bit, we do have that on our Patreon account. As the spotlight, go to patreon.com slash weirdscience. And as I say at the beginning of each and every month, if you go, you kind of get a free month before you get charged. So you can check it out and bail on us if you don't like us, if you don't like Eric's jerk-off face. So, yeah, but continuing on here... With what we're going to talk about next week, Eric. There's a lot of books. It's not an annual week next week. I don't know if you're aware of that. I don't know if that's a shock to you or I'm treat it, it may like an shock you. Review. It may shock you. I may have liked Batman annual, but next week we have Bane Conquest number eight. Yeah, you're not getting away with one book. I look here and the first like three books are yours. I know how uh, many I have. Yeah, Bane Conquest number eight. That will continue that on. We have Batman number 36, which starts the Super Friends arc with Batman and Catwoman meeting Superman and Lois, possibly, Eric. We also have a crazy book that will be Brandon's Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number or two, number one. What a title. Batman (laughs) Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Number one, I see it is a Bane story is what I heard. We have a book that most people even mentioned tonight. A lot of people love, a little more than Eric Stray. It's Batman, A White Knight, number three. I'm enjoying that. Yeah, I know. Not as much as me. Eric's no. Bad. You're not in my club. Bat, buff, boo. Black Lightning, Cold Dead Hands, number two, will be out. I hope I like that one a little more than I did so the first. I. Uh, we also have Cyborg number 19. We're going to finish up that series. We have two more issues. This is the beginning of Kevin Graveau's first of two issues. I don't need that nonsense. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Jeremy will be reviewing a dastardly and muttly number four on the site, and I'm sure he'll uh, also have an audio for that on the podcast. We also have what you always love, Eric. You wait. I know you marked it on your calendar. The DC Universe Holiday Special 2017 Number one, and there's a lot of big big names on this, uh, so we'll be talking. I about still don't that. Care. Dead Man number two. Uh, there we go. Uh, you <laughs> thought that first one was nonsense, so we'll see. It was terrible. That continues. Hey, that, that we're not doing reviews here. We're just talking, Eric. I'm just spelling out what's gonna come. Okay. Hey, what you doing? Deathstroke number twenty six. 
it's it seemed like the uh, Defiance Squad story's been taking seven years to end. I, yeah. I'm enjoying it, but boy, it's really going. Green Arrow number thirty-five. We also have Green Lanterns number thirty-six. I believe it is Tim Seeley's last issue of that. It's kind of an epilogue tale. Uh, is that does that sound right to you? You think it's Tim Seeley's last issue of Green Lanterns? Oh, Green Lanterns. I always get these mixed up. This is the problem. I keep getting – I wanted to – I was thinking Nightwing Night the, because that's coming up. Nightwing. Do you think this will be his last issue of Nightwing? I do believe so, but they have been okay. pushing that's it. That's the I think epilogue. Maybe Sam Hunt – oh, no, no. They, this is the last issue because we're finishing up the Raptors Revenge arc. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I knew something of his was finishing up, but, they, but yeah. Uh, Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica number three. I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, the Jetsons, number two, we'll see if we're going to be covering that on the site, but I doubt on the podcast. Justice League, number 34, this is the first issue for Christopher Priest, or as he likes to be called, Priest Eric. Then Nightwing, number 34, that's what I, I looked at. I was looking at the review copies, and I, I went to something to see if it changed, and I got it mixed up. But yeah, Nightwing, number 34, we'll end that. And Superman, number 36, Eric, that ends... What so I you're, do, you're doing app. this first issue of Preso, right? Uh, I guess, because we did not switch. If I do the first one, that's it. I, I guess I'm in for the haul. The Is that long how that haul. Yeah, because then you'll just jump in, you know, half-assed. I, I know how you play. <laughs> I read the books anyway. <laughs> half-assed. You'll, you'll show up and you're like, hey, I thought you said there was a priest in this book. All I see is sideboard. I'm like, oh, God, here we go again. I got to explain everything to you. Uh, yes. Who knows? The only reason I say because you have Justice a lot of League, books. I have seven reviews to do this I week. I think I have six. So do yeah. You? Yeah, I, I have a lot. I know that I had a bunch as well. I'm going to check. I have, I'll check. Should I check now? I have one. Actually, I don't know that I have a lot. I have one, two, three, four, and possibly a oversized. So I have. So I will do it. You've lost out. You lost out on your chance to get on a uh, hopefully a good Justice League book. Oh we'll well, we I'm will still see. reading it. We will see. No, no, half ass. Half assed. You do it. This is what you say. I'm like, hey, uh, you gonna read that Justice League? Uh, <laughs> I'll get to it. Is, is something like that? <laughs> give yeah. me, give me something you'd say. I'm like, hey, by the way, uh, are you gonna read Justice League for this week's podcast? Don't tell me how to live my life. <laughs> there you go. See, and then, <laughs> then you slam it, and then I hear the hello, weird science. I don't know why I'd hear Dan Shrezzy jumping. That. He's doing it. All right. He's gonna do it. He he joined it. He's gonna do it. Do you think he knows he's still part of the podcast? No. Hello, weird science. Ah, uh, it's good to hear from you, Dan. But that is it, Eric. That is the end of the podcast. What do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird. Proud. And we'll see you at seven. Seven. Oh!